You're listening to Football Friday Night On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with high school football scores, updates, and news by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back to the final segment here on Sports Talk today. Adrian Bradis, along with Angel Munoz and Paul McKinnon. Let's head out to the sack right now. A huge game, and it looks like the uh, Franklin Cougars have taken the lead. Let's join Alex Nicolas and get Football Friday Night started a little bit early here on the show. Last time we checked, America's was leading in this game. The, t- the, t- the, the tides have turned in this one. Franklin now on top of America's. Let's go out to Alex Nicholas, who's joining us now here on the phone lines. Alex, give us the latest. One eleven left here in the fourth quarter. Franklin leading America's 25-21. You're right, Adrian. The last update you guys had, it was 21-19. America's was holding a lead. America's are, and America's was on a 14-play or probably about a 60, 70-yard drive at that point. They lined up to go for a field goal, which was about a 33-yard, 23-yard attempt. And then America's would have false start a pre-snap penalty when moving them back. They would again try to go from the field goal. This would be, they would be kicking to the south. This would be on the far hash. The snap would be low. And the kick would be blocked. And then Noah Alvarez would pick it up and run about 69, 70 yards to the house, untouched. Extra point would be no good. And this is where we're at now. It's going to be a fourth down. I'm going to call it about 12. For America's, the ball's going to be on the far hash at the America's 40-yard line. The Blazers are out of timeouts, one eleven to go. And a 25-21 game that saw America's hold pretty much a 14-0 lead uh, for a few, uh, a big chunk of that opening half. So Moore comes out out of an empty formation, trips to the near side on fourth down. Moore with a deep drop, stops, looks, throws in the middle of the field, and it's going to be intercepted. Intercepted, I believe that's both. Sparks, and it is Bo Sparks, who's had two touchdown catches tonight, 96 yards through the air, and he comes up with a big interception, and that should just about do it, fellas, with 63 seconds left in the ballgame. Alex, stay with us right here as we, as you kind of gather yourself and, and uh, you know update some of the stats in this one. So Mark Moore, Paul McKinnon, uh, drives is trying to ma- make something happen, driving down the field, and the pass is intercepted. Not only is Bo Sparks impressive in the wide receiving aspect, but now he comes up with the biggest defensive play of the night. And, yeah, and playing a lot of D-back. I mean, like I said, I saw the first half. Uh, he, he stopped a touchdown that turned into a botched field goal. So even something that doesn't really show up in the stat page, uh, Bo Sparks made the play, breaking on the ball, stopped the touchdown, when in turn turned into stop the points because they missed the field goal wide left. America's a lot of missed opportunities in that first half. As I said, 14-zip at that time. Had a chance to go up three scores with that field goal. Would have been 17-zip. Did not get that accomplished. Franklin down the field scores the touchdown with seconds on the clock. Uh, 14 to 7 halftime and and to me that's when this game really ended back to Alex out at the sack right now Alex give us the latest what is Franklin doing Franklin is just sitting on a victory formation 29 seconds to go Cameron Bird to a left knee and that will do it and gentlemen that will wrap up at least a share of the district title uh, for the Franklin Cougars that'll mark the 12th district title but again next week you know, there's a team in that south end zone that's watching this game with a lot of intrigue. That's the Pebble Hills Spartans. Pebble Hills will face Franklin next week, which could come down to split district champions or if Franklin's going to take it outright. Um, and just like Paul mentioned, I, you know, when I look at this game, it's missed opportunities really for America's. Uh, you know, there was a, 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 a sequence, and I think Paul mentioned it early in, in the first half, where if, uh, Cameron Bird was hit. They called it an incomplete pass. looked like a potential fumble 
where America's would start in plus territory. So it was that type of night, even though, like Paul also mentioned, it seemed like America was dominating early on in that first half as well. Wow, Alex. Hey, Alex, would you will you hang on with us? We'll bring you back on closer to the top of the hour, and then we'll we'll get you a full game recap as uh, as we get ready for that Montwood and Pebble Hills start. Would you hang with us? Sounds good, man. Let's do it. All right, Alex Nicholas out at the sack. Paul, I can't believe it. Franklin pulls it off. Yeah, I'm sure Americans can't believe it either because it's when they felt like they they had uh, you know right in their hands. <laughs> Alex is is way too nice. Uh, looked like a fumble, not looked like a fumble. Was a fumble. He got blown up uh, by Sepulveda. And never uh, his arm didn't come through for a pass. That was a fumble. Uh, refs refs did him a favor there. Wow. Uh, yeah, but uh, but America's you know still themselves to blame. Uh, the way they dominated that first half and to only come out with a fourteen to seven lead. As I said, that's 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 when I told and and getting the the third quarter kickoff to start things off. I told Alex, you know, at the time we're sitting next to each other. I said, uh. Uh, there's the game right there. Recapping yesterday's games, Paul. First off, we had the Chapin Huskies defeat El Dorado 48 to 7. Eastlake also topped Socorro 43 to 20. Chapin High has now won six games in a row heading into that game against Elvia next week. And they really have that uh, air game crank, uh, cranked up. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's their passing game or, or Dorado's lack of a pass defense. Guys running uh, wide open. And uh, Mason Standifer, I, I tell you what, I like his footwork. This is a guy you root for. Remember, as a sophomore, he got the starting job at Chapin, broke his collarbone about a month into the season, didn't play the rest of the year. And last year was COVID. What kind of a season was that? So you have a guy who's a three-year starter, but really, is he, is he a three-year starter? Maybe maybe he needed that month to, to get his feet under him. He looked okay season opener against America uh, against Andrus, excuse me, but but boy, they really do have it cranked up now and got a couple of nice, nice receivers. We were talking about coach of the year candidates previously with Steve and you know Tony Martinez was mentioned Gary Coder out of Riverside was mentioned got to throw Ryan Warner as maybe an honorable mention and just the way that he's helped turn around this Chapin program yeah I would agree and, and again it's it, it kind of came out of nowhere I mean I, we were uh, talking I say we I mean me talking poorly about the Super 5A district like you know what is this okay Delvin wins and then the rest of them are you know garbage somewhat well Chapin has changed that narrative they, they really turned it around and you know looking forward to uh, next week's well you know Delvin's got to win their game tonight against Bel Air Bel Air hasn't shown up in the first half I don't think all season long I'd be surprised if they did tonight but Delvi 2-0 Chapin 2-0 up at Irvin Memorial Stadium next week that would be a fun game to watch Eastlake uh, topping Socorro they allowed 20 points against the Bulldogs but it seemed like the Falcons pretty much had this one uh, in the bag yeah I, I would say gift points I think those are the same 20 points Socorro got against Eastwood uh the week prior, and I don't know what did Eastwood put on them. Eight, yeah, 80, 80, yeah. 84, I think, tying the, the record set by Socorro back in the day, who put the, the same number of points on Parkland, I think, in 88 or something like that. Most of that coming from a, uh, Alex Nicholas tech, uh, text. That's my memory from a week ago, so don't quote me on it. But uh, yeah, uh, gift points, Socorro non-competitive in that 6A district with everybody moving up and down. Uh, too bad those guys have so many people because they would, they would love to move down to 
a regular 5A or maybe even a 4A so the Bulldogs could compete. It's been a while. Pre-game show is right around the corner. Adrian Broaddus along with Paul McKinnon will get you underway here for uh, week number 10 of Football Friday Night. uh, Reporters across all the city of El Paso will have our Cisco Movers game of the week with Austin and Jefferson. Another big one, Riverside Clint will decide the 1-4A district title. So stay tuned, stay with us. You could listen in on our free mobile app powered by United Bank. And uh, also tune in as we continue here on Football Friday Night. Stay with us as, as it continues on 600 ESPN El Paso. No Bo Bagley tonight. It's Adrian Broaddus along with Paul McKinnon, and we are bringing you Football Friday Night Week 10 edition. So many playoff uh, implications on the line across the city of El Paso tonight, and there are district title contenders that are also uh, that will also clash. It'll be a great Week 10. Paul McKinnon, thanks so much for doing this as always, and uh, should be a lot of fun this week. Yeah, this is always the fun time of the year. Uh, nothing like next week when, when everything's on the line, but uh, almost every game is meaningful even the bad ones oh the good team is going to kill the bad team uh, yeah but this is what happens uh, you know when they do or surprisingly when they don't chaos we'll get back to alex nicolas for a recap of franklin and americas we'll run down the full week uh 10 lineup but first let's get out to our cisco movers game of the week it's riverside and clint joe rodriguez is out there joe take it away give us the preview for this matchup tonight Thank you very much, Adrian. Out here at Riverfront Stadium, yeah, for this uh, game of the week, uh, possible uh, district championship could be decided here tonight in a game between the Clint Lions and the hosting Riverside Rangers. I do have to say that Clint already took uh, their opening drive. Uh, they won. Uh, they were the first team to receive, and they have just crossed the 50 and are into Riverside territory. It's going to be interesting to see uh, for this. Clint's, or excuse me, Riverside defense, how they stop this all-out rushing attack by the Clint Lions, a team that is averaging a total of 384.3 yards per game on the ground and is 95% of their offense. And right now, thus far, uh, three running plays or three plays in the game for the Clint Lions, and they've all been rushing plays. On the other side of things, the hosting Riverside Rangers have played 10 weeks in a row. Their bye week is the final week of the season, which is next week. And over these last 10 weeks, or 9 weeks, excuse me, for the regular season, it's the Riverside Rangers team that has averaged 55 points uh, and while only allowing 15.7 points. So this game should be, without a doubt, one of the best uh, that we have on the slate tonight. And right now, uh, as I'm finishing up this report, the Clint Lions have just crossed the 30-yard line and are threatening to get into the red zone on their first opening drive. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio. Right now, we do have uh, 9 minutes and 39 seconds left in the opening quarter, and it is a scoreless ball game between the Clint Lions and the Riverside Rangers. And Adrian, with a win tonight, Riverside wins this district title. A 2-4-A would be their first title since 2005. That was the penultimate year of Tom Work. I think 06 was his final, and they just got nosed out in that one. A second-place finish in that district uh, before J.J. Calderon took over. So a huge deal for Riverside. Remember, they lost this contest to Clint last year. 14-7 finished as runners-up behind Clint. So, you know, they have uh, blood in their eyes tonight. But uh, Clint off to a good start. A wishbone team, Clint, is, as you 
heard Joe Rod say they want to run the football, and it sounds like early they are. Riverside, same thing. 2,000-yard backs in their backfield. Nobody else has that. The quarterback, Angel Munoz, has been hot of late. In fact, he's the team's leading rusher. And then you throw in Jose Guardado, who's good for 100 or a couple every week. So, yeah, should be a run fest out there, and uh, Joe Rod's watching it. It really is our game of the week, deservedly so. You say uh, Angel Speedy Munoz is leading them on the ground, but uh, Jose Guardado right behind him, 1,285 rushing yards on the year. The Rangers in the past three games, he talks about the 55 points, about si- averaging 66 points over the past three games for the Riverside Rangers offense. And and when you say offense, really it's not just the offense because the defense is pretty darn dang- dangerous too. Remember they come into this, uh, into this contest as the number one team in takeaways. I think it's wow. 27 coming into this contest. The Valenzuela kid is the one who has the most six fumble recoveries. Talk about a nose for the ball and an interception as well. I think we said this a week or so ago. He's got seven all by himself. That's more than a lot of teams. One more game to get to right now. It's a it's a final out at the sack with uh, Franklin topping Americas. Let's go back out to Alex Nicolas and get a game recap of Franklin and Americas. Alex, go ahead. <laughs> One six, district 16A continues to prove how close it is. The parity of that district as Franklin ekes out a 25-21 win over Americas. This was a game where Americas led 14-0 in the opening stages of the second half or the second quarter. Franklin would get a late touchdown there from Cameron Bird to Franco Hernandez as the game went into halftime 14-6. And then it looked like Americas may put this one away. Mark Moore with a six-yard touchdown run at the 320 mark of the third quarter. Making it twenty-one to six, America. No, I think we 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 held Alex for too long, and now I think we lost him. Alex, we're gonna try one more time. Do we have you? Do you do we have you still with us, Alex? Nope. No, I don't. I don't think we have him. So unfortunately, we lost Alex right in the middle of that one. We'll we'll get him back on. Yeah, just like America's lost the game that they they you know had Bam. in their hip pocket. Yeah, that's a little harsh. The good news is, you know, it didn't really mean anything to America is whether they won this one or not. If they won tonight, we talked about this. All it meant is that they were going to force Eastwood to beat Coronado tonight. Eastwood would have lost to Coronado. That would have been it. We would have had our four playoff teams. Now the fact that America's is lost, Eastwood can lose tonight to Coronado if they wish. Those two teams finish with each other next week. Coronado uh, America's at Eastwood, and uh, the winner of that game likely is going to claim the fourth and final playoff spot. The other three guys, East Lake, Pebble Hills, and of course the front runners, Franklin, who clinched at least a share of their first district crown since 2018. Uh, they're already in the playoffs. Back out to Alex out at the sack with uh, Franklin topping America's 25 21. Alex, take it away. Yes, sir. Throw was at basically uh, Franklin was down 21 at 12 with 253 left in the third quarter, and then Cameron Bird would get hot. He hit both sparks from a six for a six-yard touchdown pass, and then on the very next possession, Bird to Franco Hernandez for a 30-yard touchdown pass. That would be uh, make it 21-19 Americas, and then on the ensuing drive, Americas would drive. They would take nearly eight minutes off the clock. They would go 16 plays, but they would be stalled. They would try a 28-yard field goal from the far hash, kicking to the south end zone, far hash of the press box, and it would be blocked. Noah Alvarez would pick it up. He would go to the house about 69 yards, and then on the next possession, Mark Moore on a fourth down and 11 with their own interception of both sparks. Big game for both sparks. And if you're Americans, you've got to just feel like this is a game that got away. They outgained 
uh, Franklin, 409 to 263. Mark Moore, uh, really kind of a coming out party in terms of confidence and efficiency. Um, 33 carries, 150 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Was also 11 of 16 passing for 150 yards, 259 rushing yards for America. 109 of those rushing yards coming from Sedante Gomez Scott, a good-looking sophomore who had a, also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, but Cameron Bird, 23 of 32, 236 yards, three touchdowns. At the moment, he'd be leading. District 16A with 27 touchdowns, but of course Andrew Martinez and Eastwood getting uh, getting ready to face uh, Coronado here shortly. Both Sparks eight catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. And like I mentioned, only 263 total yards for Franklin. 27 total rushing yards for the Cougars. They ran 16 times, 27 yards. That's 1.6 per uh, per carry average on the evening. So like Paul mentioned, uh, Franklin uh, clinches a share of the district title. Their first in 2018. 12th in school history, and they will face Pebble Hills next week with a chance for an outright district title. Final from the 4 o'clock game at the sack, it was Franklin defeating America's 25-21. to 21. And, and Alex said coming out party for Mark Moore. I'm, I'm not sure that's accurate. I think it's been a coming out month for Mark Moore. Once Caesar, Caesar Drennan went down, uh, they haven't had that other weapon in, in the backfield. And really everything has just fallen onto Moore. Of course, he's a quarterback who looks to find people. Anthony Rivera, sophomore receiver, pretty nice. But uh, normally, you know, at this level, you want your best receiver to be more than, than just a sophomore. So it, it has been on Moore's shoulder. He's been good. The team hasn't been good enough. Again, he was terrific tonight. But uh, just a little short the thing i'm interested in what does this do for the for the trailblazers do they get fired up that they got on the field with the best team in 6a and should have beaten them and do they carry that to eastwood next week or do they take the disappointment of man we should have won this thing and we somehow found a way to give it away yeah, that's a tough loss for America's right there after battling so uh, hard in this game and then fall, ultimately falling in this one. Let's run down week number 10. Uh, it's a very interesting week. Bye weeks for Bowie, Fabens, Cathedral, Centennial, and Anthony this week, but everybody else in action. Our Cisco Movers game of the week, it's Joe Rodriguez out at Clint and Riverside. He told us that the Lions were driving in this one. Be interested to see if we get a scoring update from Joe Rod here soon enough. Austin at Jefferson, this would be a, is is a huge huge game. Jeremy Caranco, our reporter, out at this one, a huge huge game between both teams in this one. Paul, yeah, both these guys tied for first. In case you just uh, just got into uh, high school football this season, four way tie atop a district. 2-5-A, which was the old uh, 1-5-A. That means if you've been gone a really long time. Andrus, Burgess, Austin, and the Jefferson Silver Foxes. Before we get too excited about Jeff, though, you know, they really haven't beaten anybody yet. Who are their three wins? El Paso, Bowie, and Irvin. I think it's going to be enough to get them into, into the playoffs. Tonight, we find out, are they really as good as, as they seem to look? Austin, a tough-minded team. Maybe the toughest-minded te- team in, in this uh, city. They don't beat themselves. You have to beat them. This is an, an enormous Enormous opportunity for Jeff. The good news, they're playing uh, at Silver Fox Stadium. Austin is five and three on the year, three and one in district play, just like you noted. Jefferson on the year, six and two, three and one in district play. Up next is uh, Bel Air taking on Del Valle. Bel Air on the year, two and six, struggling going into this one. Del Valle, uh, seven and two on the year. Uh, they just dropped that game to Centro Central, uh, so that's an interesting one to kind of keep in mind. JD Sursley out at that game. Brandon the Iceman Cone will be out at Coronado as the Thunderbirds, who are one and seven on the year, one and four in district play. 
play. They play host to Eastwood, who's four and four on the year, two and three in district play. And really, this is only an important game to Coronado, a team that's been overmatched. We've been talking about them all season, very young, everywhere. Skill positions, young, young, young. The only uh, veterans, I would say, in the offensive line, and that's not counting a coach's kid, Bob Anderson Jr., who's just a uh, sophomore. But if they somehow find a way to beat these Eastwood Troopers, they pull uh, pull even with those guys at uh, two and four. Eastwood would fall to two and four. Coronado would be two and four. America's now sitting at three and three. So uh, Eastwood knocks off America's in a week. Coronado finds a way to, to finish up with a victory. We'd have a little three and four action, three way tie. So a big game for Coronado as they they're just holding on by their fingernails to 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 playoff hopes. Speaking of holding on to their fingernails for playoff hopes, how about the Parkland Matadors who are 1 and 7 on the year, 0 and 2 in district play, trying to get their first district win at Isleta who's 4 and 5 on the year, 1 and 2 in district play. Jaime Chavez out at that game. Yeah, the good news about that one they're in uh, 15A Division 2 which only has 5 teams, which means four are going playoff hunting and one is going home and one of those 5 in your district district are the Hanks Knights. Uh, what I just said about the Coronado Thunderbirds, just repeated. Young, 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 and uh, overmatched, I think, by the rest of the district. Knights go against Horizon tonight. They're 1-7 and seven on the year, 0-2 in district play. Horizon on the other side, 4-4, four 2-0 and four, and oh in district play. Been surprising going into that Canyon Teal game next week. That should be interesting, Paul. Absolutely right. They've been hot, and uh, once they uh, assuming, assumingly get through the Knights tonight, looking forward to a terrific Week 11 matchup. Canutio going to Horizon. Uh, Horizon's been hot, but Canutio from Jump Street has been one of the top two or three teams, maybe the top team uh, in the city of El Paso. So that should be a fun one. Rhea Dauto is out at Andres El Paso. Andres on the year 6-2 and two, uh, overall, 3-1 and one in district play, while El Paso is 3-5, and 2-2 two and two in district play. Big game for El Paso. We told you a four-way tie for first in, in that district. The team right behind it, 2-2. Two and two, That's the El Paso High Tigers. They got a win tonight. If they don't, bye-bye to any playoff chances for El Paso. Another game that we'll be at tonight, it's Alex Nicolas out at the sack. Game two of that doubleheader. Montwood, who's 2-6 and six on the year, 1-4 and four in district play. They'll take on Pebble Hills, who's 5-3 and three on the season, 4-1 and one in district play. Huge game for the Spartans. And yeah, Pebble Hills needs a win just so they can con- continue to be a game back of uh, undefeated Franklin. That's who they finish with. Next week, again, one of the four really good games we're looking forward to. Uh, a week from now, if they're a game back, that means if they beat the Franklin Cougars, they get to be co-champs and the one seed coming out of that district. Uh, that's big. That'd be big stuff. But to that young team, remember all the sophomores, Guy Ochoa, starting quarterback, sophomore, uh, coach's kid, uh, you know, sophomore, the sophomores all over the place. Marcos Torres. Burgess at Irvin. That's another one that we'll be monitoring tonight, getting uh, updates via text. Burgess, who's uh, five and three on the year, three and one in district play. Irvin, two and seven, struggling. Zero and five in district play. Yeah, I remember they were tri-champs a year ago, and I think I think the Mustangs have uh, blood in their eyes over COVID 2020. Remember, Irvin and Andrus uh, tied at three and zero. Burgess just just two and zero, and desperately trying to find a game so they could get to three and zero. One of the teams they they were trying to hit on, I believe, was uh, the Irvin Rockets. They couldn't get that done. Ultimately, Burgess still at just two and zero got to be tri-champs. Sounds like some kind of a bargain was struck in the uh, uh, El Paso. ISD uh, offices, so 
But, uh, yeah, I think Burgess wants to put a hurting on, on Irvin tonight. So two other games set for tonight. Mountain View at <clears throat> San Eli. Tornillo at Crane. That one's already underway. We'll get you scoring updates across the city of El Paso and keep you posted with more scores as we continue. Football Friday night continues right here. Want to give three scoring updates for you, Paul. Clint scores on their opening drive as they lead Riverside 7 to nothing. 7.42 left in the opening quarter, writes our Joe Rodriguez uh, for this one. An interesting start for the Clint Lions as they uh, strike first in this game. Another scoring update I've got for you. Parkland on top of Isleta, 7 to nothing. It was a 40-yard touchdown pass by quarterback Eric Ortiz to wide receiver Demarion Crest Daniels. A huge drive for Parkland getting on the board first. 7 to nothing with 10 minutes to go here in the first. Andrews on top of El Paso, 7 nothing as well. That's in the first quarter. Uh, I think it was a Malcolm Anderson touchdown. 37 yards out. It's not like he hasn't had, what, 10 or 11 over the last couple of weeks? And a pick six in the, in the last two weeks. So something to look forward to tonight. We will uh, ping around to uh, the great city of El Paso, get some uh, scoring updates from Joe Rod. From We'll get some updates from Jeremy Caranco and from Brandon the Iceman Cone coming up uh, in just a little bit. Stay with us as Football Friday Night continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. Adrian Bratis, along with Paul McKinnon, Angel Munoz. Paul McKinnon requesting Halloween music today. Love the Monster Mash, man. This was big <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, man. Let's, uh, let's run down some scoring updates for everybody right now. In our Cisco Movers game of the week, it's Clint 7, Riverside 7, tied game out there. We'll get to Joe Rod in just a little bit. Austin on top of Jefferson, 7 and nothing. We'll get to Jeremy Caranco also in just a few. Parkland on top of Isleta, 7 and nothing. Coach Jaime Chavez will join us shortly. And Andres all over El Paso early on, 4 14 to nothing in this game. And Adrian and Jeremiah Cooper siding a 37-yard return, I think, of an interception. Remember, he's been down a couple of weeks, went down in the first half of that Burgess game. They lost that one 35-34. Boy, they sure, sure could have used maybe the best player in the city in that one. Just got one other scoring update. It looks like Del Valle's on top of Bel Air, 7 to nothing in the first quarter. Those are some of the scores that we've got right now. We'll, we'll ping around to some of our reporters, get some other updates. Let's first start with our Cisco Movers. Game of the week. It's Clint Riverside. Joe Rodriguez is out there uh, for this one. Joe Rod, go ahead. Two minutes left in the opening quarter, and it is Riverside and Clint tied 7-7. Like you guys mentioned a few moments ago, Clint took their opening drive 75 yards over the course of five plays to score uh, on their opening touchdown. Manuel Ulguin scored on a 24-yard touchdown run uh, for the Clint Lions. The extra point was good on the ensuing possession. yards with a one-yard touchdown run by Jose Guardado to even things up at the 501 mark in the first quarter, making the score 7-7 on the second possession of the of the game. Uh, the Clint Lions win three and out, and right now uh, the Riverside Rangers are into Clint Lions territory on their second possession. We got a second and five coming up from the Clint 33-yard line. So with one minute and 30 seconds, we expected this one to be a fast-moving game, and that it's certainly living up to that. It is Clint. 
and Riverside tied 7-7. All right, Joe Rod, great game out there. 7-7 score between Clint and Riverside in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Let's jump out to Austin Jefferson. Great game going on also right now. It's Jeremy Caranco calling the action right now. Jeremy, go ahead. Yeah, 328 at Fox Stadium is now Austin. They just scored again. It's 14-0 Austin over Jefferson. It was Sean Rodriguez on the last play for a 10-yard touchdown run. And before that, Luis Fernandez, a big play for the Panthers, a 10-yard TD pass to Israel Luna on a third down and goal from the 10-yard line. Jefferson did stop Austin on the opening drive. However, they couldn't do much on their first drive. Austin then on the next play goes five plays and 72 yards, and that's where they're finding their strength right now is Sean Rodriguez. Guys, Jaden Wilson, his line is suited up. However, he is not playing right now. Um, but then Sean Rodriguez, the junior uh, fullback, who's doing pretty well. Um, the big guy getting finding lanes, finding gaps, and looks like Austin might stick with him for right now. We know Jaden Wilson was a game-time decision. He is suited up. We'll probably see him later on, but already a big start for Austin, and on that second score, it was a fumble from Nathan Alcala that set up that play, so Jefferson's got to play perfect and limit these turnovers to stay in this game tonight. A big one, biggest one in Jefferson history in recent years. Their best finish was 1989, second in district. They've never won a district title, so they got to come back already. 3-16 first quarter is 14-0 Austin over Jeff. Wow, that's a great game right there. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for that report. Paul, 14-0. And, and uh, we're reporting uh, Jaden Wilson, our Brandon Cohen, of course, reporting that uh, hip issues for Wilson. He was, uh, as Jeremy said, a game-time decision. He's dressed, but it sounds like they're trying to go with Adam Rodriguez, a nice option. A, big, a, def- a guy from the defensive side of the ball, but a guy, a big guy who's going to just smash into line, which is what Austin likes to do. And, of course, Izzy Luna, not a bad option either. Uh, I think it was week two. Austin goes up against El Dorado. Wilson got hurt in that one as well uh, about midway through the third quarter. Luna, they plugged him in, a touchdown run with about six seconds left in the contest to, to come away with a big victory there. So they're without their best player, but that doesn't mean the, uh, Austin is unarmed. Oh, by the way, the first touchdown was a pass from Rodriguez, something uh, the Panthers never do, except when it's a big game and they need to break out a trick. Last week it was penalties that hurt Jefferson. This week, may, an early turnover that b- b- puts him back. It's 14 nothing. And, you know, that's where games are, are won and lost. This is a big game. It's a big uh, for these Silver Foxes. We talked about it before. They never won a district title before. So it's got to mean, you know, it means something to Austin, but it means even more to these Jefferson Silver Foxes. they got to be wound up pretty tightly. I do. I did see them uh, against Burgess. Had an awful first quarter. Actually, uh, an awful first 20 minutes. But they rebounded in that one. Uh, wound up... Uh, Coming, coming up on the on the wrong side of, of the victory, but uh, they still fought back and were a much better team later in the contest. That may, may be the case again tonight. Another great game going on right now. It's Parkland taking on Isleta. Last time we checked on this one, Parkland was on top of Isleta 7-0. Let's go out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, who's now joining us and giving us another report. Go ahead, Jaime Chavez. True. 2.21 left in the first quarter at Yisleta's Hutchins Stadium. It is now part of 13, and Yisleta's zero with the extra point pending. Eric Ortiz just fired a 28-yard touchdown pass to D.C. Daniels. We're waiting for the extra point as uh, Alexis Mata lines up uh, his special teams unit for that extra point. And here the ball is down, the snap, the kick. 
It's right through the uprights. It is now with, with uh, make that 221 left in the first quarter. It is now Parkland 14 and Isleta 0. Eric Ortiz earlier fired a 39-yard touchdown pass to D.C. Daniels. That extra point was good. And Parkland is moving the ball well against Isleta with uh, Isaiah Beasley leading the way for Parkland. He's over 900 yards rushing on the season. Six carries, 37 yards rushing for Beasley tonight. And Isleta, they have to win to stay in the, the playoff hunt tonight. Uh, it also depends on what happens uh, next week. So we've got... 221 left in the first quarter at the Sledders Hutchins Stadium. It's all Parkland. Parkland 14 in the Sledders 0. Thank you so much, Coach. Appreciate the update right there. Wow, some hot action with uh, Parkland. Already on top of Isleta 14 nothing. Indians trying to avoid three losses in a row, Park, uh, Paul. Yeah, but it goes back to what we talked about uh, prior. They're in a district with only five teams. Four of them go to the playoffs, and the fifth team is the extremely young Hanks Knights. Not worried for a sled. They'd like to get a win tonight. But uh, on the other side, Parkland, Eric Ortiz, remember the sophomore quarterback, the fifth option. You know, Parkland went through quarterbacks You know, like people go through their socks. Uh, earlier in the season, they finally settled on Ortiz. He's been the guy ever since the, the El Dorado game on that exciting Thursday night. Uh, Parkland lost that game on a, on a kick return uh, as, as time practically ran out. So Ortiz has the job. He's keeping the job and he's off to a good start tonight. Couple of touchdown uh, passes in a key contest for them as, as they don't want to be the fourth seed coming out of this district. Going through quarterbacks like going through socks. That's yeah. a great one right there. And uh, Atlanta, by the way, on top of Houston, one nothing right now. Uh, Braves got uh, bases loaded. Uh, that's a shout out to our, our guy Alex Nikolas, who's a huge Astros fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, through, like gritted, through gritted teeth, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man, let's go out. we got another game going on right now. Bel Air on top of Del Valle. Actually, excuse me, Del Valle on top of Bel Air. Last time we checked, 7-0. Let's go out to J.D. Sursley and see if things have changed since then. Go ahead, J.D. A minute and 35 left in the first quarter. Del Valle of 7-0 over Bel Air. Yeah, Metallic. Um very first drive for Delvaya with a terrible punt by Bel Air. Just run, pass, run, pass. And then Ada Juan Archuleta with a three-yard run touchdown. Bel Air was driving on the, last, on the last drive and actually fumbled at the 20. And Delvaya is driving now. A uh, minute and 27 left in the first quarter. Delvaya 7, Bel Air 0. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, J.D. Wow, wow right there. Del Valle on top of Bel Air. Just seems like nothing's going well for the Highlanders. I would say no surprise. I'm not sure there's another team in the city that's given up more points in the first half and scored fewer in the first half. Bel Air usually wakes up around the third quarter when uh, games are already out of hand. Another game to get out to right now. It's Eastwood and Coronado. Brandon, the Iceman Cone, out at this game. Brandon, take it away. 4:17 left here, opening quarter, and it is already Eastwood 30 to nothing over Coronado. Eastwood's first possession at the 8:57 mark of the game. Quarterback Martinez, after marching down the field with ease, ends in an 18-yard touchdown pass to his wideout Curtis Morillo. They go for two just to be silly, and they don't convert, making the score six to nothing. Troopers over Coronado. Coronado so far can't stop Eastwood's running back Sam Lopez. The kid's got 10 carries. For 65 yards already here in the first quarter. Then at the 417 mark of the first quarter, Eastwood's second possession, Martinez throws a 13-yard TD to his wideout. Michael Caldera, the PAT was good, making the score. Eastwood 13 to dunking. 405 left opening quarter at Coral Brook Stadium. All Eastwood so far. 
13-0 over Coronado. Great stuff, Brandon. Appreciate it as always. Thank you for uh, giving us that update. Uh, East, Eastwood on top of Coronado, 13 to nothing. Uh, we got another big game going on right now. Let's uh, let's uh, go out to the phone lines right now and join Ray Adauto. It was it's Andres and El Paso. Last time we checked on this one, Andres was on top of El Paso, 14 to nothing. Let's see if anything has changed since then. Uh, it is Ray Adauto who's joining us next. Ray, take it away. With 11 minutes nine seconds left in the second quarter, the score has just moved up. It is now uh, 17 to nothing address uh, over the El Paso High Tigers. So from historic R.R. Jones Stadium on the campus of El Paso High, Andrews comes into the senior night game for El Paso at 6-2 overall, 3-1 in district, while the home team Tigers are 3-5 overall at 2-2 in district. Both teams would like a victory tonight, but clearly Andrews has the edge. We've had the scoring this way. At 6 minutes, 7 seconds left in the first quarter was Malcolm Anderson with a 27-yard pass TD. PAT was good. Andrews led 7 to nothing. At uh, 5.21 left in the first quarter, Andrews intercepted a Tiger pass Jeremy, Jeremiah Cooper on a 38 runback TD, making the score 14 to nothing. And at 1.21 left in the first quarter, it was Andrews again with a 36-yard field goal. Uh, done by Sean Owens, and as you're just hearing on the PA, at 10:59 on the uh, in left in the second period, we just got another score by Andrews for six yards. Number six, excuse me, the quarterback uh, has just been phenomenal. Elias Duncan for Andrews, and uh, it is a 42-yard scamper for for Elias. Great job once again. So as the point after is coming up, and I'll give you that as soon as the kick is up and good. Nope. Looks like it is no bueno, which is no good. <laughs> 10.59 left at R.R. Jones Stadium at the Andrews Eagles, 24 El Paso High, zero. And Adrian, it looks like uh, Andrews uh, just too much for El Paso. As El Paso sees their playoff chances uh, leaking away, they're sitting at two and two behind all those three and ones. Their hope was to get a win tonight, or for Burgess to take a loss against Irvin. Uh, that hadn't worked out uh, yet either. And the reason El Paso finishes up with Burgess a week from now, uh, back in the day, El Paso used to really get under the skin of the Mustangs. I can remember Alvin Jones with a punt return of about sixty yards with about six seconds left in the game uh, as the Jones boys squeaked by uh, versus El Paso. That's how tough it used to be. The Tigers versus the Mustangs. Uh, El Paso. Has taken a turn for the worse over the last uh, four or five years, and Burgess has profited from that. But uh, yeah, they really needed to, to stick around. If they lose tonight and uh, Burgess gets a win and moves to four and one, El Paso High is done for the season. It's been a nice run. Three to the, out of the last five games they've won, and that kind of came out of nowhere. But uh, playoffs, if they can't come back against Andrus, uh, they're going to be out of the picture. Looks like we lost Joey Panisi, who is out at Horizon Hanks. We'll get to him in just a little bit, but first. Let's go to Alex Nicolas. He's got a game preview of Montwood and Pebble Hills. Alex, take it away. The playoff race for District 16A continues in the nightcap as we have Pebble Hills and Montwood. Pebble Hills comes in 5-3 overall in the season, 4-1 in District 16A play. A win today will lock up Pebble Hills' fifth playoff appearance in school history for head coach Mark Torres in this sixth season. 
for this Pebble Hills team, we've seen a growth. A very young team, but a team that's really finding themselves late in the season, averaging 393, point, uh, 393 yards per game, excuse me, led by Gael Ochoa. Ochoa currently right now is the third leading rusher in District 16A, tied for second in rushing TDs with 15. He's also completed uh, 90 of 150 passes for 1,234 yards, 10 touchdowns to his credit. His top target is Jaleel Bosse Jr. at 23 catches, 449 yards, five touchdowns, and also has a touchdown on the ground. Marcus Torres, another developing weapon for Gaia Ochoa, another sophomore, as you're going to hear the theme of tonight here for both teams. Torres, 26 catches, 355 yards, three touchdowns, five carries on 98 yards. He's sort of a jet sweep specialist, if you will. Also returned a kick uh, last week or a few weeks ago for a touchdown. These Deal brothers, these Robert Robert Deal, seems like these Deal kids are hot FBS prospects, even if it's in Garland or in El Paso. Robert Deal, he's their leading tackler for Pebble Hills. Two interceptions for the Spartans, again, who, look, who can clinch a playoff spot. And like Paul mentioned, seeding is very important late in the season and, and not having a drop-off game. I think that's a message from Coach Torres this evening. For the Montwood Rams, the talk is not about who's on the field for Montwood, but who's not in uniform, and that's Yamil Oaxaca, who I'm looking at the 50-yard line, standing right next to Coach Ariel Famaligi, has a his jersey over a hoodie. He will not play tonight. Also on crutches, Isaiah Claudio, their emerging sophomore running back, that five rushing touchdowns. He is out today. So a number of unknowns for Montwood. We do know Kevin Melendez will be under center. Melendez completes 58% of his passes, 15 touchdown passes to five interceptions. 484 yards for the Montwood Rams, who are mathematically eliminated from the playoff race. Three straight losses, so a new cast of characters as Coach Ariel Famaligi trying to build towards next year. The talk here in the press box is we've seen a high number of sophomores getting some playing time for Montwood. So a developmental game for Montwood trying to play spoiler. Meanwhile, for uh, Pebble Hills, they're trying to continue their upward development as we head towards the playoffs. So still about 30 minutes away from opening kick as both teams going through their team drills here. It'll be Pebble Hills and Montwood playoff lines and even district title implications for Pebble Hills. Pebble Hills will face Franklin next week, so staying in that one-loss category will do Pebble Hills some positivity tonight. 30 minutes away from kickoff between Montwood and Pebble Hills here at the SAC. 30 minutes away for kickoff. Wow. We'll, we'll join Alex here in a little bit, but thank you so much, Alex, for that update right there and great pregame coverage as always. Uh, let's uh, let's continue. Let's uh, keep r- rolling right now. It looks like we've got Joey Panisi back on the phone lines right now. It's Hanks and Horizon, our first update from this game. Joey, take it away. Yes, gentlemen. I can't tell you how much time is on the clock because it's not working, but I can tell you that the score is Horizon 14, Hank 0. Horizon's first two possessions, as you can imagine, it was all Jacob Kihas. For some reason, Ernie Garcia was sitting down, but Kihas had four consecutive carries, four-yarder, 35-yarder, and he scored on a 21-yard quarterback draw. He's up to 69 yards already this game on his way to rushing for 2,000. So Ernie Garcia just scored from 21 yards out. I can't tell you how much time is left, but the point after touchdown was good. So the score right now, with I don't know how much time is left on the clock, is four. I know it's the first quarter, and Hanks just completes its first pass. I just found out about how come Hanks is having such a difficult season. Early in the year when a district uh, called off the mask mandate, 
several parents took their kids off the team, one including their starting quarterback. So they're left with one sophomore quarterback that had no prior experience, and they're basically depending every game on Javier Johnson. This kid is a bull. He has 155 of 195 runs, and he's carrying the ball for about 20 yards up the right sideline now. So Hanks is at the 50, probably about two minutes left in the first quarter. The score is Horizon 14, Hanks 0. Thank you so much, Joey. Appreciate the update. Uh, Horizon on top of Hanks 14-0. No surprise there. We got some hot action going on with our Cisco Movers game of the week. It's Clint and Riverside. Last time we checked, tie game for this one, but let's join Joe Rodriguez for another update of this game. Joe, take it away. 7-15 left in the opening, or in the first half, excuse me, and it is all Riverside leading the Clint Lions by a score of 21-7. So, the the Riverside Rangers took a 14-7 lead on a 10-yard touchdown run by Jose Guardado. That was on a 7-play, 73-yard drive by the Riverside Rangers. That is, or was, Jose Guardado's second rushing touchdown of the night. From there, the Clint Lions turned the ball over on downs, going for it on 4th and 13 and failing to convert. From there, the Riverside Rangers took the ball at their own 42-yard line. They All it took was four plays for them to travel. 58 yards and a touchdown play that was a 36-yard touchdown pass from Angel Munoz to Frank Luna. That is Munoz's 18th touchdown pass of the season while it was Luna's sixth touchdown uh, uh, reception on his year. The extra point was good to where it's, uh, brings us to where we're at right now. The Clinton Lions have taken over at their own 33-yard line with 7.14 to go. It is all Riverside leading the Clinton Lions by the score of 21-7. to Great job, Joe. Thank you so much for the update. Riverside with a two-touchdown lead over the Clinton Lions right there. Let's run down some other scores and let's uh, do a recap of all our scoring updates right now as we continue here on Football Friday night. Again, Riverside on top of Clint, 21-7 in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Austin on top of Jefferson, 14 to nothing. And as our Jeremy Caranco says uh, to us, it looks like there is a blocked punt by uh, by the Austin Panthers. They now have it first and goal deep in Jefferson territory. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this one to see if Austin can extend their lead. Eastwood on top of Coronado, 20 to nothing. An update right there. Uh, again for uh, for Brandon the Iceman Cone. Yeah, Michael called that a nine yard touchdown reception. One of those three receivers they really like at Eastwood. Another one to get to Parkland on top of Isleta, fourteen nothing as well. We get an update from Coach Jaime Chavez here in a little bit. Del Valle leads Bel Air seven to nothing. Also Andres all over El Paso twenty three to nothing. And then we've got another score with Horizon on top of Hanks in the first quarter fourteen to nothing. Burgess leading Irvin nineteen nothing as well. Paul, you got any other scores for us? I think that's it. I think you just about got it there, boss. Okay, good. Well, let's take a let's take our time out right now. When we come back, we'll get a we'll get more recaps, more live updates from our reporters all across the city of El Paso. Stay with us as Football Friday Night continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, the Halloween edition of Football Friday Night. 
I, I don't know what's going on here. I love it. It's uh, it's definitely the Halloween edition over here, as requested by our very own Paul McKinnon. I love it. I love it, Paul. Uh, that's that's the spirit. You're in the Halloween spirit. What are you going to be for Halloween? <laughs> uh, yeah, just the same old burnout I always am. So. <laughs> oh, man. we got a lot of great games going on across the city of El Paso. Let's do another rundown of scoring updates across the board right now. In our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, Riverside on top of Clint, 21 to seven. Austin leads Jefferson 14 to nothing. We'll get an update from Jeremy Caranco here just in a little bit. Uh, Eastwood on top of Coronado, 13 to nothing. Parkland leads Isleta. Now we're getting 21 to nothing. Is that what I'm hearing right there, Paul? A new scoring update. Yeah, that's correct from our Jaime Chavez, 21 zip. All right, we'll get to Jaime in just a little bit as well. Del Valle still leads Bel Air, 7 to nothing. And that's uh, JD Zersley. We'll get to him in a little while as well. Andrus all over El Paso, 23 zip. Horizon leads Hanks 14 to nothing and Burgess with a 19 nothing lead over Irvin. Uh, 26 to 6 now, Burgess over Irvin. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that. Let's uh, jump out to uh, a big one for tonight. It's Austin and Jefferson. Last time we checked in on this one, Austin led Jeff 14 to nothing. We're joined by Jeremy Caranco for another update. Jeremy, take it away. Five fifty-two and counting in the second quarter. It is now Austin twenty-one to zero over Jefferson. Points off turnovers—the key mark in any game—and now it's fourteen for Austin. A blocked punt, if you can call it a turnover. It was inside the thirty. Uh, it set up a play for Sean Rodriguez at the one where he scored on a fourth down and goal. Jefferson has had some good plays defensively, but they cannot finish. That has been the story of this game so far. So Sean Rodriguez, a big night already for him, filling in for Jaden Wilson, 86 yards on 13 carries and two touchdowns. Guys, get this, 116 in total yards to Jefferson's negative four yards so far. And we're almost at halftime. It's 21 to nothing, Austin over Jeff, 526 second quarter. Great job, Jeremy. Thank you so much for that update. And, Paul, we sent Jeremy to this game thinking, hey, he'd get the great game of the week. You know, he'd get a good one between Austin and Jeff. No, it's Jeremy Caranco's streak of the opponent not scoring. What is it about Jeremy at these games? He's a jinx. I think this is like three weeks in a row. One of his teams doesn't score any points, like I said, at least the last three weeks. And it has everything to do with Jeremy. He ruins perfectly good games. I guess so. Eastwood and Coronado is another big one that we're covering today. Tonight, Brandon the Iceman Cone out at this game. He'll be giving us the next update as we continue. Brandon, take it away. 7.30 left here, opening half. Eastwood 20 to nothing over Coronado. At the 11-18 mark here of the first half, Eastwood quarterback Martinez throws his third touchdown of this opening half, this time a nine-yard strike to his wideout Michael Caldera. That's Caldera's second touchdown reception of the game. Point after attempt was good, making the scores troopers. 20 to nothing over Coronado. 7.08 now left here in the opening half, and Eastwood about to strike again at the third and one at the one yard line. And here we go. It is a handoff to the running back who looks like he's uh, just maybe short. Let's see, no call yet. I think he's going to be short. It's going to bring up a fourth down. And Samuel Lopez, their running back, just running all over Coronado tonight. Lopez already is just absolutely having a heck of a night. 17 carries, 107 yards. In this opening half, six forty, opening half, and it's all Eastwood twenty to nothing over Coronado, about to go up even more. 
Great job, Brandon. Thank you so much. Wow. Eastwood on top of Coronado, 20 to nothing. No surprise there, but it looks like they're knocking on the door and might extend that lead a little bit further. Let's uh, jump out to the coach, Jaime Chavez. It's Parkland and Yasleta. Great game with uh, playoff implications on the line. Jaime, take it away. 7-14 left in the half. At Isleta's Hutchins Stadium, it is all Parkland. Parkland 21, Isleta 0. Parkland quarterback Eric Ortiz. Three touchdown passes, two of those of 39 and 28 yards to D.C. Daniels and also an 18-yard touchdown pass to Isaiah Beasley. Ortiz, big numbers tonight thus far, 6 of 8, 119 yards passing and uh, the three touchdowns, no interceptions. Isaiah Beasley, 11 carries, 61 yards rushing and looks like he's headed for 1,000 yards rushing uh, this season. The Parkland defense getting a lot of pressure on his other quarterback, Damian Contreras. He's three of six, 52 yards passing, and he lost a fumble on uh, Yusleta's first drive, which led to Parkland's first score. So at Yusleta's Hutchins Stadium, we've got uh, 7.05 left in the half. It's all Parkland. Parkland 21. Wow, Parkland making a statement right here, trying to uh, get their first win in district play. Great job, Coach. Really appreciate that. And, Paul, right there, you're just seeing a willingness from the Parkland Matadors trying to get some things going for them and uh, get a win in 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 the column. And you know, they have players, especially on the offensive side of the ball, guys you like. It's just been, uh, you know, for whatever reason, not on the same page. I think they lost a lot of confidence with their tough non-district schedule. They usually schedule a few more cupcakes and, you know, they pile up the wins. Didn't do that this year. And I think it just kind of steamrolled. But, uh, you know, they have this will be good for them if they can get past us, let a little bit of a confidence boost uh, to finish off the season. We've got another game going on right now. Del Valle taking on Bel Air. Last time we checked on this one, the Conquistadores were up 7 to nothing. Let's go out to J.D. Sursley and, uh, and get another report on this game. J.D., take it away. Two minutes left in the second quarter. Del Valle 7, Bel Air 0. It is a close game. Uh, Bel Air showing that eye of the Tiger, keeping it close. Uh, a few penalties and, you know, just fumbles on both sides. So, Obviously, Delvaya should be dominating this game, but Bel Air is putting in the fight. Um, Delvaya must have marked that counter for Chapin next week because they're definitely looking like they're looking for next week. And you know, Chapin already marked them, but Bel Air is definitely keeping and hanging tough. Uh, seven, Delvaya, Bel Air zero. Two minutes left in the second quarter. All right, appreciate it, J.D. Thanks so much. And I think whatever Franklin had, it uh, looks like Del Valle's caught it, and I think Jeremy got exactly right. Looking forward to next week. Del Valle Chapin a week from now. That could be a big game. Battle of undefeateds in that district. Franklin uh, has, has a shot at Pebble Hills to take sole possession and uh, the lone uh, district title out of uh, 16A and maybe didn't show up against America's got lucky in the 4 o'clock game uh, out at the sack to come away with a victory. I mean, they came through in the clutch, but I mean, a lot of breaks went their way in that first half just to be in touch. This one looks like it might be getting underway, uh, actually uh, out of hand. Uh, it's uh, Andrus taking on El Paso. Last time we checked on this one, uh, Andrus with a 23 to nothing lead. Let's see if they've extended it. Let's go out to Ray Adauto for another report on this one. Ray, take it away. Four minutes, 32 seconds left in this first half, and El Paso can't wait to get to halftime because the score is now Andrus 30 the El Paso High Tiger Zero. That last uh, uh, touchdown was made by number 55, Daniel Sanchez. He is 6'1", 279 listed. 
He's probably more like 325. Uh, he plays defense, but today they gave him the ball. He ran it in from two yards out. PAT was good with four minutes, 19 seconds and counting left. The score at R.R. Jones Stadium is address 30, El Paso High Tigers. Thank you so much, Ray. Appreciate the update on that one. Wow. Andrus just uh, keeping it going with a 30 to nothing lead over El Paso in this game. Uh, let's keep things moving right now. Jump out to another one. Hanks and Horizon. Joey Panisi joins us next uh, as we continue here on Football Friday Night. Joey, take it away. Yes, from Hanks Excalibur Stadium, just underway in the second quarter. It's now the Horizon Scorpions 21. The Hanks Night 7. Let me just give a little praise to Hanks. They had a real good possession. Uh, it was capped off by Javier Johnson's three-yard plunge, but he set it up with two consecutive 10-yard runs. Then sophomore Marcus Torres, quarterback from Hanks, connected on a strike. It was a perfect strike to uh, Devon, Devontae Lyle, and that's a good-looking football player. Devontae Lyle's about 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, They need to use him more. Well, that got the ball down to the three. And uh, as I said, Javier Johnson from three yards out finally got pay dirt. Uh, Back to Awesome Horizon and Jacob Kihas. Once again, he he called the number, uh, completed a 20-yard pass to, um, gosh, his favorite receiver, uh, Dominic Chaparro, uh, 25-yard BB right in the end zone. And then I know we like to give the uh, extra point kickers a little craze. So Dirk, uh, Angel Simmental uh, from last week, he was six for six, point after touchdown kicker. Um, tonight he's three for three, so that's nine for nine for Mr. Special Teams. So sending it back, like I said, we're into the second quarter. I can't give you the time. Horizon is up 21 to seven over Hanks. Thank you so much, uh, Joey. Appreciate the update as always. Uh, Horizon leading Hanks 21-7. to Let's go back out to our Cisco Movers game of the week. It's Clint and Riverside. Last time we checked in on this one, it was Riverside on top of Clint 21-7. to Let's see if things have changed and jump out to Joe Rodriguez in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Joe, take it away. Two minutes left in the first half, and it is Riverside leading Clint by the score of 21-7. to The Clint Lions are having difficulty getting anything going offensively after that opening possession where their running attack was as efficient as, they could, as it could be. Uh, the adjustments that the Riverside Rangers has uh, proven to uh, pay off dividends for them as they have stopped the Clint Lions, forcing them to a couple of three and out and one turnover on downs. Meanwhile, right now, Riverside is in the middle of a very, very efficient drive, a drive that started at their own 12-yard line. And uh, currently, uh, play number 11 of the drive is coming up, and there is a measurement probably going to be a first down at the Clint Lions 30-yard line. Yep, it sure is. First and 10 coming up for the Riverside Rangers. And uh, with two minutes left to go in this first half, the Riverside Rangers are looking to extend their lead to a three-touchdown lead with 2-12 to go. In the second quarter, it is Riverside leading Clint by the score of 21-7. And Adrian, this in from San Elizario, Mountain View, up on top of San Eli, 14 to zip that uh, second quarter score. And uh, again, uh, what we talked about previously in the uh, 158A district, 
five teams, four playoff spots, and uh, this is, uh, in effect, the elimination game. Mountain View 0 and 2 on the season. San Eli 0 and 2. Uh, a winner, the winner moves to to 1 and 2, and uh, likely grabs a playoff spot. Remember, Fabens already beat San Eli uh, head up uh, a week ago. They're 1 and 2. San Eli looking for a win. They finish with Clint. So if they don't get it tonight, uh, they just might not get it. Let's run down some scores right now in our full scoreboard update. All games are in full swing except for Montwood and Pebble Hills, which should get underway shortly. And we'll we'll check in with Alex Nicholas here in a little bit. Riverside on top of Clint, twenty-one to seven in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Austin hanging on to a twenty-one to nothing lead against Jefferson. That's late in the in the second quarter of that game. Eastwood on top of Coronado, twenty-seven to nothing. Another blowout game right there. Parkland leads. Isleta 21 to nothing. Also, Delvia still leads Bel Air 7 to nothing. That one approaching the end of the first half. Andrus all over El Paso 30 to nothing. And then Horizon with a 21 7 lead over Hanks. A couple other games to get to. Burgess leads Irvin 26 to 6. We got Santa Teresa up on Chaparral 14 to nothing. Las Cruces leads Oregon Mountain 21 to nothing. And we got Crane with a 48 to nothing lead over Tornado. Like you said, Paul, Mountain View, 14, San Eli, nothing. And Andrews just goosed that lead a little bit more, uh, 37 to nothing. Mama, there goes that man again, Malcolm Anderson. 49-yard screen pass for the score, 323 left in the first half. Andrus all over El Paso, 37-zip. We uh, would like to thank Cisco Movers for our game of the week. They can help you with packing, boxing, heavy lifting, and moving your belongings to your next destination. Cisco Movers also offers storage at their facility. Take it from a family-owned company like Cisco Movers. They will give you a great price and help you on your next move. Get started by filling out a request form at ciscomovers.com. Cisco Movers, the best move you'll make in El Paso. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more scores, more recaps as Football Friday Night continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Week 10 edition, Halloween edition of Football Friday Night. Adrian Bratis, along with Paul McKinnon, Angel Munoz, playing a little Shining theme music. Angel, I know you like The Shining. You're you're a fan of The Shining movie. Uh, I, I know that. Yeah, I, I watched it for the first time a, a couple weeks ago, and honestly, like it was, it was, it was an experience. It was like my, my, uh, it was an awakening for me because I saw it in a theater. I really wanted to go see it in a theater. There you go. I appreciate that, Angel. Yeah. When Scatman Crothers takes the axe, I think I cried. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Let's run down some scoring updates for you as we continue here. Week 10 of Football Friday Night. Then we'll ping around to some of our reporters. But a lot of blowouts across the city of El Paso right now. Games kind of getting out of hand. Riverside in our Cisco Movers in our Cisco Movers game of the week, Riverside all over Clint right now, 28-7. to We'll get an update from Joe Rod at, uh, in just a little bit. Also going on right now, Austin on top of Jefferson, 28 to nothing uh, late in the second quarter of this game. Just another scoring update that we just got in right now. Another score to get to, Eastwood on top of Coronado, 27 to nothing. Oh, Brandon the Iceman Cone will join us in a little bit. Parkland all over Isleta, 20 21 nothing. Delvia leads Bel Air 7 0 late in the second quarter of that game. And it looks like uh, you got an update from Andres El Paso, Paul. It looks like Andres on top of El Paso 44 nothing. 
Yeah, another Jeremiah Cooper interception return for a score. But, of course, that's only two in this contest. This one from 80 yards. He's making up for lost time. Horizon leads Hanks 21-7. to uh, Joey Panisi out at that game right now. Uh, we got some other scores to get to. Burgess leads Irvin 26-6. to uh, Santa Teresa on top of Chaparral 14-0. Las Cruces leads Oregon Mountain 21-0. Crane with a 48-0 lead over Tornillo. Also, Mountain View still leading San Eli 14-zip. And out at Thunderbird Stadium, Coronado finally on the board. The sophomore quarterback, Blake Randag, 24-yard toss to Harrison Tomlin Morgan. First time we've heard that name this year. But uh, the good news is Coronado avoids the shutout. Unlike any game that Jeremy Frank uh, Caranco's watched over the last month, what's uh, what's up with uh, Jeremy Caranco getting these uh, uh, blowout games? But let's uh, first before we go out to Jeremy Caranco and get an Austin Jefferson score, let's go out to our Cisco Movers game of the week. Some new action to get to from this one. Riverside leads Clint in this one. Let's go out to Joe Rod, who's got another update. Joe Rod, take it away. Twenty-two seconds left in the first half, and it. Is Riverside leading the Clint Lions by the score of 28 to 7. An 11 play, 88 yard drive ended in a 30 yard touchdown rush by running back Jose Guardado, his third touchdown of the night. The extra point was good. And right now, the Clint Lions are going for a field goal, a 40 yard field goal attempt coming up here with 22 seconds left to go. It's uh, the, the Clint Lions have fourth and two. And uh, apparently the Riverside Rangers just called a timeout. Uh, they want to discuss things. Head coach Gary Recorder wants to talk things over. Like I said, it is a fourth and two coming up for the Clint Lions at the Riverside 22-yard line with 22 seconds left. It is important to note the Clint Lions do not have any more timeouts left in this first half. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you all in the studio with 22 seconds left to go in the second quarter. It is the Riverside Rangers leading the Clint Lions by the score of 28-7. Yeah, and that game, they, they just desperately need that field goal. Yeah, I think the word you use is the correct one, desperately. It seems like Clint a little uh, out of character, a couple of gambles. Remember, fourth and 13, uh, you know, from around midfield, they went for that one as well. We're talking about a wishbone team trying to pick up fourth and 13. What are you going to do that with your passing game? How many how many times have you thrown the ball this year? Seven? Yeah. And now a 40-yard field goal attempt. You know, it's another low percentage play, but I guess they know what they have, and if he knocks it through, you know, it, it, it's a risk worth taking, I guess. Well, great job there, Joe. Appreciate the update. And uh, Clint trying to attempt a field goal. We'll check back with him at the back end of this rotation. Let's go out to Jeremy Caranco. Last time we checked, Austin led Jefferson 21 zip. Jeremy uh, joins us next. Jeremy, take it away. Yeah, we have 19 seconds left to go until halftime, and we have a big play coming up. It is fourth and five for Jefferson at the Austin five. The score is now 28 to zero. Austin is leading Jeff. It was Sebastian Morales who recovered a fumble. I mean, uh, he recovered a blocked punt inside the five in the end zone for a touchdown. They made it 28 to zero at the 312 mark, guys. Let's bring you this fourth down play. It is Nathan Alcala under center. He has the snap. He's looking to the end zone and he's got a man and it is dropped through his hands and incomplete. And it's another turnover on down for Jefferson. They had a first and goal at the one. A false start, and now four straight plays 
where they can't find the end zone, guys, and it looks like we'll head to halftime with Austin leading 28-0. I just want to mention the score of the streak for me is now 15 quarters, so let's, go, <laughs> let's, let's pray for something to happen for Jefferson in the second quarter, second half, guys. 28-0, uh, Austin over Jeff right now, 13 seconds until halftime. Yeah, mostly a momentum player there at the end. You know, you want to punch something in, feel good about yourself. But just like everything else in that first half out at uh, Fox's Stadium, you know, it, it went the other way, which, by the way, was the opposite of that 4 p.m. game where Franklin got it handed to him for about uh, 20 minutes and then found a way to stick one in the end zone with seconds left, 14-7. to 7, They go to the break and come back with a huge rally at the end, including a, a blocked field goal return, 60 yards for a score, as they uh, nip America's and stay undefeated in District 16A. Panthers all over the Silver Foxes, 28 to nothing in a key district uh, matchup for that one. Let's jump out to another key district matchup game. It's Parkland and Isleta. Coach Jaime Chavez joins us next. Coach, take it away. We've got um, well, we've got another touchdown. That's what we've got. A 35-yard touchdown pass. Eric Ortiz fires a 38-yard touchdown pass. Let's check that. To Fernando Ruan, uh, just as we started the quarter, and it is now we've got uh, 51 seconds left in the in the half. It is now Parkland 27, and it's letter eight with the extra point pending, and that is the fourth touchdown pass by Eric Ortiz tonight of the Parkland Matadors as we await the extra point here. It's a high snap, and the kick is uh, it's up, and it's good for Alexis Mata. And now the score with 51 seconds left in the in the half. It is now Parkland 28 and uh, Isleta 8. And Isleta finally got on the board with uh, quarterback Damien Contreras as he throws a 23-yard touch, touchdown pass to Andres Martinez. And uh, the two-point conversion was good. Eric Ortiz, four TD passes tonight, and he's on fire. And uh, one of those to Isaiah Beasley is uh, the senior running back, who's got the seven, uh, 12 carries and 76 yards rushing. So we've got 51 seconds left in the half at Isleta's, at Isleta's Hutchins Stadium. It is Parkland, 28, and Isleta, 8. Wow, yeah, right, right there. Uh, Isleta gets a score on the board, Paul, but now uh, you know uh, Parkland responds right away. They're up 28-8. to eight. Yeah, still going. Parkland has this thing in their hands. 51 seconds. Get to halftime. We're up three scores. If you're the Matadors, you're feeling pretty good about yourselves tonight. No, most definitely. Another game that's going on right now, probably at halftime right now, Bel Air Del Valle. Last time we checked in, a low-scoring wow. game in this one. Conquistadores were up 7 to nothing. Let's go out to J.D. Sursley and get an update for this one. J.D., take it away. Yes, sir. We're at halftime right now. It is Del Valle 14, Bel Air 0, right before halftime, under a minute, actually. Bel Air, just their offensive play just got blown up from the start, and they fumbled. Dominic Calderon with a 20-yard uh, fumble return touchdown, which made it 14-0. Um, Juan Archuleta and Nicholas Chavira for Bel Air and Del Valle are basically the players of the game right now just you know three four five yards running each each team everyone's moving down the field but penalties and fumbles and i mean it is halloween weekend right like i mean i saw a black cat i'm sure but it's just a weird game out here in del valle um where at, at halftime del valle 14 bel air zero 
All right, uh, J.D., thank you so much for that one right there. And more of it rains, it pours out at uh, Clint Lyons Stadium. Uh, We heard the 40-yard field goal coming. Carlos Adiola, 39-yard field goal attempt off the right upright. Bounces back, no good. That game remains 28-7. Riverside in charge, headed to halftime. Okay, okay. Well, so we've got Riverside up 28-7. to That's in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Want to give a big shout-out to Longhorn Distributing, the only hot seat dealer in West Texas and Southern New Mexico, your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies. Longhorn Distributing out at 5516 East Paisano Drive in El Paso. Uh, let's jump out to our next reporter right now. It is uh, Joey Panisi. He is out at Horizon and Hanks. Joey, take it away. Okay, from Hanks High School, uh, the score is now Horizon 28, Hanks 7. Uh, As I said before, the clock has given us fits, but I think there's like three minutes left before half. Horizon is taking over from the 44-yard line. Horizon scored with approximately six minutes left in the quarter on an Ernie Garcia five-yard dive. Uh, which gives Ernie 19 touchdowns for the year. Uh, That's remarkable by anybody's standards. Um, It's been, as usual, the Jacob Kihas, Ernie Garcia show. And uh, I just want to say something about this quarterback from Hanks. He's really not bad. For a sophomore that never took a snap before this season, like the running back, he doesn't get much blocking, and he takes a beating from those defensive linemen. Yet he's standing in the pocket, taking his licks, and he's got a good arm. He's going to be okay. Uh, by the way, he only weighs a buck fifty. He's five nine, one hundred and fifty. So hopefully, Hanks can come out of this game with something positive. So with approximately two minutes left to go before the half, from the forty-four yard line, Horizon will take over with a lead of twenty-eight to seven over Hanks. All right, Joey, appreciate that. Uh, Horizon with a 28-7 to lead over Hanks uh, here late in the second quarter. Uh, let's uh, continue right now with a Football Friday Night with Ray Adauto. He's out at Andrus and El Paso. Ray, take it away. Well, from R.R. Jones Stadium, it is halftime. Uh, mercifully for the El Paso High Tigers, as the Andrus Eagles have come into senior night here, and uh, currently 44 to zip. That is 44 to nada. Oh. Andres Eagles over at the El Paso High Tigers. The story of the game has been the heavy, uh, really the great offense led by number six, Elias Duncan for Andres. Uh, my my uh, partner at the, at the press table, Bill Kuhn, tells me that we have seven carries for 110 yards tonight in the first half. And, you know, you got two interceptions that are big-time interceptions by our friend Jeremiah Cooper, and those uh, total up, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, pretty close to, he had the first one at 80 yards, and the second one was at 38, so 118 yards in intercepted return for six. So the story here is ugly, and uh, unfortunately for El Paso High, going to Probably be the same during the second half. Some kids are getting hurt, unfortunately, because really the Andrus Eagles are huge compared to the El Paso High line line people. They got one lineman, the center for Andrus, is clocked in at over 300 pounds, number 74, big man. Uh, that is Juan Guzman. 
And uh, like I told you earlier, a 280-pound running back slash defensive lineman made a touchdown for Andrus as well. 25 minutes left in this halftime. Senior night here at El Paso High, and it is the Andrus Eagles. 44, El Paso High Tigers. Zero. Thank you so much, Ray. Appreciate that. Andrews all over El Paso, 44 zip. As we continue here on Football Friday Night, let's jump out to our Cisco Movers game of the week. It's Riverside on top of Clint. This one has to hit. Uh, this one has got to be at halftime right now with uh, Riverside previously leading 28 to 7. Let's go to Joe Rod, who's joining us next. Joe, take it away. Thank you very much, Adrian. Here at halftime, a little bit more than 20 minutes to go until we kick off the second half, and it is all Riverside leading the Clint Lions by the score of 28-7. to The Riverside Rangers were very, very sound statistically in the first two quarters of this game. They have 14 first downs. They rushed the ball 25 times for 257 yards. It has to be said, Angel Munoz, the quarterback, aside from getting things done with his legs, rushing the football quite efficiently, he's been extremely efficient through the air. 4 for 4 a perfect 4 for 4 for 86 yards uh, and one touchdown pass. Total offense for the Riverside Rangers, 343 yards. They do have four penalties for 45 yards. But so far right now, it has been running back Jose Guardado's game. He does have 12 carries for 87 yards and three touchdowns. Over on the Clinton Lions side of things, they only have five first downs. They ran the ball 17 times in the first half for 101 yards. Obviously, through the air, one for two. It was a pass that was completed for 48 yards for a grand total of 149 yards. When you compare those 149 yards to the 343 that the Riverside Rangers have, that might paint a clear picture as to why the score is what it is. Like I said, we're a little bit more than now. We're a little less than 20 minutes. From the start of the second half, it'll be interesting to see how Coach Gary Recorder makes uh, his team execute to close this one out and pick up a district title. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio out here at Riverside or at Riverfront Stadium on the campus of Riverside High School. It is the hosting Riverside Rangers all over the Clint Lions by the score of 28-7. Great job, Joe. Thank you so much for that update. Appreciate uh, that. Riverside at the half with a 28-7 lead over Clint in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Let's jump out to Brandon the Iceman Cone. Last time we checked on this one it was heavily favored by uh, Eastwood over Coronado let's see if that's still the case out at halftime right now Brandon take it away yeah halftime at Quarles Brook Stadium and it's uh, Eastwood 27-7 over Coronado so how we got there the 620 mark of the first half Eastwood quarterback Martinez throws his fourth touchdown of the first half this time to guess who that's right again wide receiver Michael Caldera his Third touchdown reception of the first half, a one-yard score, making it 27 nothing Eastwood over Coronado. Then Coronado's running back, Diego Retana, fumbles at the 317 mark of the second, recovered by Eastwood's quarterback, Curtis Murillo. The Troopers, though, their next possession, Murillo returns the favor, and, of course, he's a wideout as well. He fumbles it right back to Coronado, recovered by the T-Birds, Cade Little at the Troopers' 45. Then at the 48-second mark to go in the second, Coronado capitalizes on Eastwood's goof as quarterback Blake Randag throws a 24-yard touchdown to his wideout, Harrison Tomlin Morgan, making the score 27-7. Eastwood over Coronado. Halftime stats, Eastwood quarterback Andrew Martinez. What a first half. 
15 of 19, 126 yards, four touchdowns, four carries, 62 yards. Running back Samuel Lopez, 18 carries, 117 yards. Wideout Curtis Morillo, six receptions, 54 yards, a touchdown. And wideout Michael Caldera, six receptions, 45 yards, three touchdowns. Coronado's quarterback Blake Randack, three of four for 32 yards, one touchdown. And wideout Harrison Tomlin Morgan, a touchdown reception. Nine minutes and change to go at the half. All east to a 27-7 over Coronado. Thank you so much, Brandy. Great job, as always, man. And uh, Eastwood just, uh, you know, all over Coronado. Yeah, an equally great job by those uh, Murillo brothers. Uh, Curtis, uh, the receiver, uh, caught the first touchdown pass of the contest, an 18-yarder to get things rolling. And Carson on the other side of the ball, a, a real demon and a ball hawk, a guy we'll uh, likely wind up seeing in the, in the Senior Bowl. By the way, Senior Bowl because he's a senior and the younger brother, of course, a junior, the, the receiver. So I'll tell you this, Paul, senior football players have to have their SAT and ACT results submitted by December 1st to be eligible for the combine and the game. They can go to 915showcase.com and the social media page, 915showcase, Greater El Paso <laughs> Football Showcase, to see weekly top five performers, scores and stats of teams and players, and much, much more for the 915 Showcase and the Greater El Paso Football showcase for our senior player of the game that we'll award later on in the show. And they're serious about that. When you say you got to have it submitted by, they are dead serious. Some of the best players in the city over the last several years haven't been able to play in that game because why? They didn't submit their SAT scores. The all-time receiver in the, in the history of El Paso football, Michael Blanco, Ugh. not able to play in the Senior Bowl. Such a disappointment. If you guys, uh, even if you're thinking about maybe playing college football, get that stuff done and show up on the Senior Bowl. Put a show on for the city of El Paso on a bright, shiny Saturday, as they mostly are. So let's uh, run down the scoring updates across the city of El Paso right now. Uh, still awaiting to get underway out at the sack, Montwood and Pebble Hills. Hopefully, What's getting that up- about. I know. Hopefully, get an update here from uh, Alex Nicolas coming up here in just a little bit. But uh, for our Cisco Movers game of the week, Riverside on top of Clint, twenty-eight to seven. Austin leads Jefferson at the half, twenty-eight to nothing. Eastwood all over Coronado at the half. 27-7. Parkland with a 28-8 lead against Isleta. That one probably at halftime right now. We'll get an update from Coach Jaime Chavez. Del Valle on top of Bel Air. They blank them. 14-0 at the half. Andrus with a 44-0 lead over El Paso. Also, you're looking at Horizon with a 28-7 lead over Hanks. Uh, some other games to get to right now. Other scoring updates. Burgess leads Irvin 40-6. Santa Teresa on Top of Chaparral, 41 to nothing. Desert Warriors dominating that first half. Las Cruces with a 21 zip lead over Oregon Mountain right now. Also, Crane on top of Tornillo, 55 to nothing. That that game we just got a, a scoring update right now. Thursday scores uh, from yesterday. Chapin beat El Dorado 48 to 7. Eastlake with a 43-20 victory over Socorro. And as you heard from earlier today from Alex Nicolas. Franklin gets a 25-21 narrow victory over Americas in District 16A. Before we get to our break, want to give a special thanks to Taco Avocat for dropping off some great food for us. If you need a new spot to try, experience Taco Avocat for feel-good fast food. Family packs are available for the big game, or you could stop by their drive-thru and grab Taco Avocat to go. Wear your school colors and receive 10% off at Taco Avocat. Let them know Football Friday Night sent you. Dine in at 2114 
North Saragossa, or order online at tacoavocat.com. We're going to go out to more scores, more updates as we continue here on Football Friday Night. Stay with us as we continue right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Football Friday Night Week 10 continues. Our producer, Angel Munoz, running the boards, calling people up, queuing people up on the phone lines, doing it all behind the glass. Really appreciate Angel Munoz here, our fall intern of 2021. Paul McKinnon joins us as well. I'm Adrian Broadus filling in for Bo Bagley. He's off today, off next week as well. Uh, But we'll get him back in action uh, here uh, on Football Friday Night as far as playoffs go. After the show, you could check out 600ESPNElPaso.com for recaps. You can listen to the podcast. You can check out photos by Prep One and final scores for Football Friday Night. Make sure to subscribe to Football Friday Night On Demand for the replay of each show. Football Friday Night On Demand is available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's run down some scores right now, and then we'll jump out to some halftime scores as well. Riverside on top of Clint, 28-7 in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. We just heard a halftime report from Joe Rodriguez, and we'll get some more updates from him as we continue. Austin all over Jeff, 28-zip. We'll get a halftime report from Jeremy Caranco here in a bit. Uh, also right now, uh, it's uh, Eastwood all over Coronado, 27-7. Parkland leads Isleta, 28-8. Del Valle blanking Bel Air at the end of the first half, 14-zip. Andrus all over El Paso, 44-0. Horizon with a 28-7 lead over Hanks. Burgess leading Irvin, 40-6. Santa Teresa on top of uh, on top of um, Chaparral right now. It's 44-0. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Paul. Uh, and then also Las Cruces, 21. Oregon Mountain, nothing. Crane with a 55-0 lead over Tornillo. Mountain View with a 14-zip San, uh, oh, score over San Eli. That's the last score I've got. And Adrian, out-of-town scoreboard, Midland Legacy, all over San Angelo Central, 55-14 Legacy, getting ready for that finale next week with Odessa Permian. They're going to move to 5-0 in the district, 8-1 on the season Central, 4-5, and 2-3. Remember, they got that forfeit win, lost to Friendship to open the, se- the uh, district season. Central did, but because of an ineligible player, a lineman was kicked out of a uh, previous week's game and played the following week, Central got that win. So they're going to drop to 2-3, and three, but still in the play- playoff hunt. Elsewhere, Friendship uh, all over Odessa High, 49-28. to Friendship, as I said, had to forfeit their one victory, so looking for that first win here tonight. Looks like they're going to get it at Odessa to District 2-5A. Lubbock Coronado, killing brother Lubbock Monterey on a Halloween in the killing spirit, I guess. 27-7, Coronado over Monterey. Wow, Monterey, how the mighty have fallen. Looking to fall to 3-6, and 1-4 and four in that district. Coronado, 5-4, and 3-1 if they come away with a victory. Actually make that 4-1 and one in the district. Another close game, Amarillo, Paladuro, and Caprock. A battle of 1-3 and three and 1-4, and Paladuro with the 14-13 lead. And in a Thursday nighter, Amarillo, Amarillo High, their final game. Of the regular season, fifty-nine to seven, all over Lubbock High. They finish uh, eight and two, five and one in the district. Uh, probably the number two seed in that district, which means they'll get uh, th- our third place from uh, Super Five A, which will be either El Dorado or uh, uh, who am I leaving out? 
Are you thinking of Bel Air? Dorado and Bel Air, of course. Yeah, they'll play next week, and the uh, winner of that contest will likely get uh, Amarillo High. On to 3-5-A. Cooper, uh, thanks for the assist there, and then the young Mayan there, Adrian brought us. Uh, Lubbock Cooper still rolling along, 28-3, the third quarter score up on Abilene Wiley as they look to move to 8-1, 4-0 in the district. The big win over Wichita Falls Ryder a couple of weeks back as they look for their fourth straight district title. Uh, Ryder 38-20 they, on top of uh, Canyon Randall, looking to move to th- a battle of 2-1 and one teams in that district. And Wichita Falls in a Thursday nighter takes down Plainview 56-35 as they move to 2-2 two two in that district. And for the 2-4 district. Andrews got smashed a week ago by Big Spring, uh, bouncing back against Lakeview 38-16 in a battle of 0-1 teams in the, in the district as Andrew, Andrews looks to grab the three seed in District 2-4A. And remember, remember they'll get uh, our District 1-4A, which is looking at the moment to be Riverside first place, uh, Clint, Mountain View, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, Fabens as, as the other four. San Ellie struggling tonight, last we checked. Mountain View 30 to nothing leads them at halftime. 30 to nothing. Wow. Good update right there. Las Cruces actually got an update. They're leading Oregon Mountain 42 to 7 at the half. Crane on top of Tornillo, like I mentioned, 55 nothing. Santa Teresa over Chaparral, 41 zip. Let's go out to uh, Alex Nicolas. I know one game that's huh. not at halftime right now. It's out at the sack. It's Motwood and Pebble Hills. Alex, take it away. 555 in the opening quarter, and Motwood and Pebble Hills are scoreless to the halfway mark here in the opening quarter. Montwood would get the ball first after Pebble Hills would defer the opening toss. They would go three and out, and then Pebble Hills would pick up a first down on their first series, but would stall around midfield. Kyle Ochoa with a nice punt would pin Montwood inside their eight-yard line. Right now, Montwood facing a first and ten from their own 30. It was actually a 60-yard play right now on a little hitch screen. It was Isaiah Coronado going near side up the near sideline for a first down, but Blocking the back brings it back, and Montwood will be behind the chain on this next possession. 5.55 opening quarter, Montwood and Pebble Hills in a scoreless ball game here at the side. Appreciate it, Alex. Thank you so much for that update. Let's get some halftime reports all across the city of El Paso. Let's start off with Jeremy Caranco, Austin, and Jefferson. This one was a uh, big, big one for Austin in the opening half. Jeremy, take it away. 6.37 6.37 until we see second-half action here at Silver Fox Stadium. It is Austin 28-0 to over Jefferson. A little bit of a shocker right now. Austin is being led by their backup guy right now, Sean Rodriguez. It's 86 yards, two touchdowns on 13 carries. 116 total yards for the Panthers, including a trickery play that's, that opened up the scoring for Austin on a third down and goal at the 10. It was Israel Luna catching a 10-yard pass from Luis Fernandez. And... Also, a blocked punt, two blocked punts, actually, for Austin tonight. One with a touchdown. Sebastian Morales recovered that one at the 312 mark of the first half. And that has been the story for Jefferson tonight. They have been able to, unable to move the ball offensively until late in the first half where they had an opportunity, a first and goal at the one, and they were unable to cash in. They turned it over through the hands of Dylan Navarro, their main guy in the back of the end zone, and that's where we stand 72 yards for Jefferson. They want to see more. It's Nathan Alcala with 31 yards late. He got three completions to set up that first and goal that nothing happened. Roman Gomez with two catches for 37 yards. But total offensive, offensively, it's pretty even, but it's been Austin cashing in on turnovers and un, 
untimely time for Jefferson turning it over and unable to finish. So we still have a little bit of time until the second half. We'll see if Jefferson can regroup and get back in this game. It is Austin 28 and Jefferson 0. And Adrian, just a tough-minded team. You know, your best player, Jaden Wilson, he's dressed, but he's not healthy. They don't want to play him. And who knows how long he could go if they did. They don't make any excuses. They just plug in, okay, let's take the guy from the defense. Let's get that Rodriguez kid. Let's give him the ball, see what happens. And, of course, the offensive line is the same, which you know, which is a major plus for the Austin Panthers every week when they take the field. And, and it's just business as usual. No best player. Who cares? 28 to 28 nothing going to half. Great job, Jeremy. Thank you so much for that halftime update. And it's so interesting, Paul, because Jaden Wilson last week rushes for 242. He has a pair of rushing touchdowns. And then on the, on the defensive side, has eight total tackles, two quarterback hurries, and then a pair of forced fumbles on defense. I mean, this guy was the do-it-all guy last week. We expect him to be big this week. He's not in action, and yet they still don't miss a beat. In a huge game. And it, I would say in the tradition of Will Rodriguez, making plays on both sides of the football, Rodriguez graduates and they says, okay, who's, who's going to be our next guy who's going to carry us on offense and who's going to be the leader on defense and and Jaden Wilson that's your guy no most definitely thank you so much Jeremy again for that update uh Austin on top of Jefferson 28 zip that one's still at halftime about five minutes left uh before we get underway with the third quarter let's go out to another good one it's uh Parkland taking on Isleta let's go out to Jaime Chavez for a halftime update on this game Jaime take it away halftime at uh, Isleta's Hutchins Stadium and senior night, senior night for Isleta Indians, but it's all Parkland. Parkland 28, Isleta 8, Parkland quarterback Eric Ortiz. Four touchdown passes, 39, 39 and 28 yards to D.C. Daniels, a 35-yard touchdown pass to Fernando Ruan, and an 18-yard touchdown pass to Isaiah Beasley. Ortiz, he's 8 of 11, 158 yards passing, four TDs, no interceptions. And D.C. Daniels, three catches, 30, and for 77 yards, Isaiah Beasley on the ground, 12 carries, 76 yards rushing. And the only score for Yusleta, quarterback Damian Contreras, a 23-yard touchdown pass to Andres Martinez. That two-point conversion was good. Contreras trying to pick up the slack for his teammates. He's a 6 of 13, 134 yards passing. That one touchdown, one fumble lost. And he also leads uh, the Indians in rushing four carries and 14 yards on the ground, and this is Isleta's final regular season game. It looks like uh, their playoff hopes are on the line tonight as uh, Parkland is taking control of this one. So uh, we've got um, senior night and halftime festivities winding down at Isleta's Hutchins Stadium. Which halftime, Parkland 28, Isleta 8. Now, Paul, in this one, and, and really appreciate that, Coach, and uh, appreciate that update. Again, uh, Parkland on top of Isleta 28-8, to eight. but Paul... Now they might have a, a quarterback in Eric Ortiz for the future. DJ Chris Daniels is a dynamic wideout. Parkland's starting to get pieces together late in the year. I'm not talking about this year for a ton of success, but maybe for the future. And uh, I think that's a great call. I was just sitting here thinking the, the same thing. When you watch that kid, I've seen Parkland a couple of times. 
Crest Daniels looks like a specimen. That's a guy you say, okay, one-on-one coverage, throw the ball up, and that guy's going to go get it, and he definitely has the talent for it. Uh, big kid, just not relatively tall, but wide as well, and muscular and strong. I think he's uh, the, the whole package. they got to be able to get him the ball, and that was the problem we've, we talked about it. They went through four other quarterbacks before they finally settled on the sophomore, and getting Daniels the ball was, was a big part of their problem. They have him, of course, and Isaiah Beasley is a nice running back. Just a junior, he'll be coming back as well. And he's, as you said, the sophomore QB, Ortiz, he's going to be a junior next year. Uh, Parkland may be looking to, you know, lost season maybe. They're still going to sneak into the playoffs, but uh, better things to come in 2022. One correction, though. He said playoff hopes were on the line for Isleta in this game. Not the case, though, in this one, Paul. No, no again, five teams in the district, four going to the playoffs, and one of those five teams are the Hanks Knights. And repeat this exact Exactly for District 2-4A, five teams in that district, four going to the playoffs, and one of those teams, unfortunately, is San Elizario. Down years for both of those clubs. Young teams, anytime you're young, well, most of the time when you're young, Coronado can feel their pain. It's going to be a long season. Let's get another halftime report right now and jump out to J.D. Sursley. It's Del Valle and Bel Air. Last time we checked on this one, the Conquistadores were up 14-zip. Let's go out to J.D. Sursley and get a halftime report. J.D., take it away. Yeah, we just started the second half. Uh, Del Valle 14, Bel Air 0. Um Juan Archuleta with a three-yard touchdown run to start the game. And then right before halftime, a blown-up play fumble by Bel Air, one of the many fumbles of the game. Um, Dominic Calderon picked it up for 20 yards and returned it for a touchdown. So we just started the third quarter, 14, Del Valle, Bel Air, zero. Thank you so much, J.D. Give us a call if you get some hot action from that one. Again, Del Valle on top of Bel Air, 14-zip uh, in that game. And uh, not not too much of a surprise there. However, interesting that it's a low score uh, to start off this one, Paul. Yeah, without a doubt, I would say the one positive, uh, if you're Bel Air Highlanders fan, and uh, there's probably still got to be a few few out there, it's been a tough season, but they do seem to uh, come alive in the second half, and to be only down 14 points is a... Especially against Del Valle. Uh, that is uh, more than a minor victory for them. Maybe they're feeling pretty good about themselves. You know, uh, maybe they get hot. On the other end, Del Valle really needs to get past these guys so they get to Chapin at Irvin Memorial Stadium a week from now. The battle for the uh, district title in Super 5A as Del Valle looks to go back to back. And again, to reemphasize it, the Chapin Huskies have won six straight. This district, we thought, hey, maybe Del Valle would cruise through it. Not the case at all as Chapin has come alive after what dropping two of their first three games to start off the season and now reeling off six straight victories yeah, and, and a big part of it is that sophomore receiver, Anthony Rivera, who's really exploded. Uh, go back a couple of weeks, four interceptions. I say great receiver. Well, he's playing on the D side as well, shutting people down. Four picks in one contest and catching a ton of balls. Had a huge game uh, yesterday against El Dorado. Speaking of huge, a couple of weeks back, he had a 200-plus yard receiving game as well. Oh, oh, by the way, I don't know that we mentioned this, but it does uh, merit uh, a mention. Uh, El Dorado and Chapin, we talk about new head coaches in town. Well, Ryan Warner's been around for a few years, but uh, Frankie Martinez over at El Dorado, those two gents, teammates, the first senior nice. class at Chapin High School, Frankie Martinez, the one back, and Ryan Warner, one of a bevy of really good receivers for Darren Walker's 
first head coaching job. What a tree right there for Darren Ooh, Walker. No I love doubt. It. Anthony Rivera averages 97 yard, receiving yards per game. Timothy Pastron, 89 receiving yards per game. Nice uh, receivers that they have defensively. They went into last night's game with 13 sacks, seven interceptions on defense as well, Paul. So they do it on both ends. It was bombs away to Pastron last night. They were just going deep post patterns without a soul in sight, and Stanford just hanging it up there. He's got a nice arm. What I really liked was his footwork on the outs and and the the quick hitches. Let's get another halftime report right now. Andrus was all over El Paso. Back to Ray Adauto for another halftime update for this game. Ray, take it away. Yes, the uh, halftime winds down here at R.R. Jones Stadium. The score remains the Andrus Eagles 44, El Paso high zero. You know, it's been Andrus from the get-go. Although it took them six minutes and seven seconds to get their first score as the uh, in the first half, and so once they got that going, it was Katie bar the door, Jeremiah Cooper for the Andrews Eagles, a quarterback, outstanding tonight. He and his linemen have done a yeoman's job of getting the Andrews Eagles into the end zone. Doesn't help that they outweigh El Paso High by at least thirty to forty pounds, at least on the line. And even again, as I said earlier, one of the de- one of the defensive linemen uh, scored a touchdown for Andrus as well. So as we get rid of the senior night activities and halftime, uh, the Andrus Eagles are coming back out to the field with uh, a score of 44 to nothing over the El Paso High Tigers. Great job, Ray. Thank you so much for that update. Uh, appreciate that. El- Andres all over El Paso, 44 zip. Let's go out to Joey Panisi. Another game going on right now. Uh, another halftime update to get to as Horizon leads Hanks 28-7. to Joey, take it away. Okay, once again, Jacob Kihas took over, and it's now Horizon 41, Hanks 7, and we're at the half. Uh, let me give you some halftime stats really quick. 388 total yards of offense for Horizon, 89 for Hanks. That tells a story. I want to just give another praise to this Xavier Johnson from Hanks. He's a junior. He's 5'11", 205 pounds, and I've been watching closely with my binoculars. He's just not getting any help up front. I'd really like to see what this kid could do, you know, with a good line in front of him. But he's a gamer. Um, he's got he's got a hundred. Well, he's got almost every single carry uh, for the school for the season. Uh, the quarterback Marcus Porras, a sophomore, he's getting better as the game goes along. And I'm surprised that Hanks hasn't utilized. They have three six foot three inch receivers: Devontae Lyle, Adalius Coleman, and Eric Folkadol, and they've all caught big passes over the middle because they jump up like frisbee dogs and get them. I think if they can get that line short up, Hanks will be tougher next year. Now to Horizon, Kihas, uh, five, five passes, 93 yards. He's got 959 yards for the year. He should go over 1,000 by the end of this game. He's passed for his 13th touchdown of the year. Um, Ernie Garcia, eight carries, 148 yards, three TDs, um, which gives him 20 on the year. And... Uh, He's over 1,500 yards of rushing. And then they have a surprise tonight, little Jesus Santana. I say little. He's five foot six inches tall, 150. He's carried six times for 79 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's what's been keeping Hanks honest when they double up on Ernie Garcia. So 
Let's see what happens this second half. It's senior night. Hanks has not won a ball game here all season. Uh, so I'm sure they'd love to pull this one out. But we'll see what happens. They've got a lot of work to do. So at the half, from Hanks High School, it's Horizon 41, Hanks 7. Appreciate it, Joey. Thank you so much for the update. 41-7, Horizon is the lead right now. Uh, let's get another update as we continue here on Football Friday Night, uh, as we continue right now. Uh, next up, we got Brandon the Iceman Cone. Some hot action out with Eastwood and Coronado. Brandon, take it away. 7-13, third quarter, Eastwood 34-13 over Coronado. Coronado gets the opening kickoff to begin the second half. Great field position all the way to the east with 38 is quarterback slash defensive back Blake Randag takes that kickoff 47 yards to get them in great field position. Two plays later at the 10-26 mark of the third T-Birds running back Diego Rentana takes it 29 yards to the house on the touchdown run. The PAT is blocked. Eastwood 27-13, Coronado making it a game. But then at the 954 mark of the third, a trooper answer right back and say, anything you can do, we can do a heck of a lot better. As quarterback Martinez throws his fifth touchdown of the game, 11 touchdown tosses for this kid. In the last two games, he had five last week against the Coro. He finds wide out Curtis Morillo for the 42-yard strike. Eastwood 34-13. 6.43 here, third quarter. Eastwood, 34-13 over Coronado. Great job, Brandon. Thank you so much for that update. A uh, pair of scores early on for this Eastwood-Coronado performance. And, Paul, uh, we, we, we've been talking about this Eastwood team for a while now. Last week they breezed through an easy game against Socorro. Uh, next week it's the big game against Americas to try to keep a playoff hope alive. Uh, they've got to keep it up, though, in this game, and it's their quarterback, Andrew Martinez, who's doing it all. Yeah, it got a little close for a second, a little, little interesting. Uh, got my interest, but uh, as Brandon said, Eastwood just struck right back. The reason if Coronado finds a way to beat Eastwood here, uh, Eastwood's 2-3, and three, Coronado's 1-4 and four in the district. Those two could fall into a flat-footed tie at 2-4 uh, and four for fifth place. Of course, Eastwood finishes next week with Americas. If Eastwood could pull off a win there, that'd bring Americas down to 3-4. and four. If Coronado's able to win their finale, uh, pretty big if, that'd be three teams tied at 3-4 and four for the uh, fourth and final final playoff spot and boy would that ever be fun let's see what would that look like eastwood will have beaten would have beaten americas coronado would have beaten eastwood americas would have beaten coronado and you know how they solve those things in the el paso independent school districts Break out your coins, fellas, and give them a flip. So here's here's the thing. This is some breaking news and and not and just breaking news to, uh, to some, but I was told that they got away from the coin toss just this year, and they're going to what they do for the East Texas schools. And it's because, and the only reason I know this, Paul, is because uh, me and Alex were talking about this earlier in the week on our podcast, no. and I got uh, some feedback from one of our friends, Matt Stepp of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, told me that the coin toss is out the window. Instead, EPISD will go to the net points uh, scoring system. Boy, I sure hope that's true, because for the, the entire remainder of the state, that's the way they do things. But EPISD has always been the uh, stubborn holdout, and they control 6A, and, of course, they control uh, District 25A. Uh, news to me, but, uh, you know, we, we just had uh, athletic directors 
running for the doors. We've had a couple, uh, Mike Williams, of course, of YSD, and uh, Maria Kennedy, and EPISD. So, you know, nothing would surprise me. Well, whether it's points, a coin flip, or what, we might see that out of 2-5-A either way. So, mm. I, I hear you on that. Hey, we've got another one going out right now. It's out at the sack. It's Montwood and Pebble Hills. End of the first quarter of this one. Let's jump out to Alex Nicolas for some coverage of this one. Alex, take it away. 9.48 and running left until halftime. Pebble Hills and Montwood still scoreless. Montwood had the best opportunity or the first opportunity at points on their last possession. They would miss a 46-yard field goal from the far hash. That was actually just short, a really good boot that just fell just short for Montwood's kicker, Diego Savalos. Right now, Pebble Hills is driving in Montwood territory at the 43-yard line, facing a second down and 11, as it's the first time that Pebble Hills has crossed the 50-yard line. 9-17 and running left here in the opening half, and Pebble Hills and Mawood remain scoreless here at the stat. Appreciate it so much there, Alex. Give us a call if you get some hot action or a scoring update for this one right now. But scoreless after one, it just seems like no one is uh, willing to score here in this one so far. And I think, you know, we talked about this earlier, and I, I think we hit on it, and, and I think... Uh, we saw what Franklin did with America as they came out and laid an egg for almost the entire first half. And now we see Pebble Hills not getting off to their customary start against a team that's you know pretty much done in Mawood, especially without their, their best uh, player, Yamil Ohaka, the terrific wide receiver. A matter of Pebble Hills and Franklin and uh, you know whoever else, I, I guess we're putting Del Valle in that boat, all looking to big games in a week. You know, Del Valle may be looking at Chapin, overlooking uh, the Bel Air Islanders. Uh, Pebble Hills, they have a chance at their first district title ever uh, going up against undefeated Franklin a week from now. And Franklin, looking at that game as well, maybe underperformed and almost uh, paid the price for it against Americas in the 4 o'clock kickoff at the sack. So many storylines in that game, Paul. You have Mark Torres from the Darren Walker coaching tree mm-hmm. going up against his old mentor and, and boss, Darren Walker, and the, and the Franklin Cougars, who are unbeaten in district play. Yeah, always a fun one. I'm not sure it, <laughs> yeah, if they're as happy with these, each other in the past. I remember uh, Pebble Hills a couple of years ago, uh, 2019, making Franklin go out to the sack at like, uh, I don't know, 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning to play, play a contest. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe just a, a hint of uh, bad blood into that, into that rosy relationship. I love it. I love it so much. Hey, I uh, want to give a special thanks to Real Texas Builders. Real High School Football Action is brought to you by Real Texas Builders, you can ask your home builder if they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders, the home of Real Texas Builders. Learn more online at ElPasoBuilders.com. Let's run down some scores before we hit a break right now. Uh, last time we checked, it was half out at our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Riverside led uh, Clint 28-7. to Also, Austin all over Jefferson at the break, 28-0. Eastwood leads Coronado 34-13 third quarter action for that game. New scoring update. Parkland on top of Isleta 35-8. Still scoreless out at the sack. No score between Montwood and Pebble Hill. Zeros across the board for that game. Del Valle leads Bel Air 
14 to zip. Uh, also, Andrus all over El Paso, 44 nothing. Last time we checked with Joey Panisi, uh, it was Horizon who had a 41-7 lead over Hanks. Burgess with a 40-6 lead over Irvin. Also, uh, some more scoring updates to get to. Santa Teresa on top of Chaparral, 41 to nothing. Las Cruces with a 42-7 lead over Oregon Mountain. Crane leads Tornillo, 55 to nothing. Also, Mountain View with a 30 to nothing lead over San Ellie. Correct me if I'm wrong there on that one, Paul, but I'm pretty sure Mountain View on top of San Ellie, 30 to nothing. Uh, also, another one to get to from yesterday, some final scores. Chapin beats El Dorado 48 to 7. Eastlake with a 43 20 victory over Socorro. And from earlier today out at the sack, you heard uh, from Alex Nicolas. Franklin beats America's 25-21. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more scoring updates to get to across the city of El Paso as week 10 of the high school football schedule continues. Football, You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, Football Friday Night continues. Halloween edition. I guess we got the Jason theme song now going on. Yeah, name that slasher flick, absolutely, and put a number on it. <laughs> Where's your, what's your power rankings of slasher films? <laughs> you I'm know, curveballs at you. Have you noticed there's a new Halloween movie in the theaters? Yes. You know, uh, spoiler alert. I hear that that Michael no, no, Myers. No, 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 don't say anything. Please don't say anything. I hear Michael Myers dies in this one. <sighs> of course, he dies in all of them. I think he was shot in the first one. <laughs> Burned in the second one. In fact, he was burned so badly it took him a couple of films to come back, I think. Uh, one, when he got uh, decapitated, I use that word in case young years are there, incapacitated, that's what I just said. And, and in this one, he dies as well, but this time it's from a new thing, Natural Causes. When was oh, the first Halloween on. movie? 1978? Or at the very least, Michael Myers has to have arthritis by now, does he not? I, I'm with you on that. I think our, our film buff, Angel Munoz, would be able to help answer some of these questions that we have about Michael Myers uh, surviving. What do you think, Angel? Are you in on this, too? What What are your slasher films? Okay. I have to make a confession. Um, I wasn't born. I've <laughs> Well, first, I wasn't born. Right. Uh, but second, I've only seen the first Halloween movie from 1978. Okay. Not like, bad. And only then, I had only... I've... I, I, I only caught up on it, like, this month. Okay. So, like, I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll just watch it for the first time this month. And I did, and it was pretty good. Through his fingers. It. Yeah, he picked the right one, at least, so. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of down, downhill from there, boss, so. That's, that's what I've heard. Yeah. That's ha- what I've heard. Halloween edition of Football Friday Night continues <laughs> across the city of El Paso. We're having way too much fun back here. Mm-hmm. In our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, Riverside leads Clint 28-7. to More scoring updates to get to before we get out to our reporters. Austin leads Jefferson 28-zip. Eastwood on top of Coronado, 34-13. We'll get an update from Brandon the Iceman Cone to see if there's been any. Actually, I just got an update. It looks like uh, Eastwood leads Coronado now, 34-19. Coronado gets a score uh, just recently. Also, another update to get to, Parkland leads Isleta, 35-8. No score between Montwood and Pebble Hills. We'll get another update from Alex Nicholas and see if that has changed. Del Valle led Bel Air 14-0 at the half. We'll see if that's changed as well. Andrus all over El Paso, 44 nothing, And also Horizon with a 41-7 lead over Hanks. Uh, let's go out to some of our games right now. First off with our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. It's Clint and Riverside. Let's go out to Joe Rodriguez, who's got this one. Clint 
Riverside. Joe, take it away. 11.50 left in the ball game, and it is Riverside Rangers beating the Clint Lions by the score of 28 to 7. The Riverside Rangers took the opening possession of the second half or of the third quarter, excuse me, and they went 10 yard or 10 plays. Uh, they had a fourth down, fourth and four, and they went for a 25-yard field goal attempt that was no good by Jonathan Reyes, a, a rare miss by the Riverside Rangers keeper. And right now, as I came off the air, uh, quarterback for the Clint Lions, Isaiah Gonzalez, threw an interception to a Fredo Sigala, who was uh, on the blitz, lifted up his hands, jumped to try and block down the pass, and it was uh, intercepted by Sigala. The Clint Lions were on the 16th play of a drive that began at their own 20-yard line. And right now, as I'm bringing you this report, there is a flag on the play. Um, and it's going to be half the distance on uh, uh, half the distance on the spot foul for the Riverside Rangers. Nonetheless, they will be taking over at their own 13-yard line. The Riverside Rangers with 11:50 to go in the ball game. We're going to go ahead and send it back to you in the studio with 11:50 to go in the ball game. It is Riverside has the ball at their own 13-yard line, and they are leading the Clint Lions by the score of 28 to seven. Uh, city best 28 takeaways now for that Riverside defense. And, and Clint should just be happy that Sagala didn't score off it. I think he's got a couple of scooping scores on the season. So Great job there by Joe Rod for our Cisco Movers game of the week. Riverside on top of Clint 28-7. to I came in leading it off with Riverside's uh, averaging 66 points over the past three games. Paul, it's their defense. Let, let's be honest. It's the defense of the Rangers that is ke- that's keeping them in all these games. Hats off to Gary Ricoder and staff for this stout defense. And when you look at some some of the teams they've, I mean, uh, hot, uh, Junior Salcedo out in Mountain View, you know, they d- d- destroyed that Mountain View passing game, and, and they've turned that trick uh, a few times this season. As you said, the defense is stout, uh, penetrating, gapping, attacking. But, uh, you know, let's not sleep on the uh, on the offense either. You know, what other team in the city has 2,000-yard rushers in their backfield? Quarterback Angel Munoz and the running back Jose Guardado, who, by the way, has done that while, while missing uh, time, been nursing injuries throughout the season. We've talked about significant streaks uh, in recent memory. One of the current streaks that I'm looking at, Chapin winning uh, six straight. Franklin also winning six straight. How about Jeremy Caranco? 15 ah. straight quarters of score of scoreless action mm-hmm. when it comes to the opponents. Let's see if that has changed. Austin and Jefferson, another interesting game with a lot of uh, district uh, title implications yeah. in this one. Let's go to Jeremy Caranco to see if things have changed. Jeremy, take it away. 155 third quarter and mercifully it is over 28 to 7 Jefferson has scored Austin still leading 28-7 Nathan Alcala a 12-yard touchdown run on a turnover guys Angel Cabrera with a huge fumble recovery before that score and Jefferson has just recovered another fumble inside the Austin 20 this could get interesting wow. Jefferson in the red zone and it was Jesse Chavez with the recovery for this one Jefferson heading back onto the field for a first down and 10 at the Austin 20 is 155, third quarter, 28-7, Austin leading Jefferson. And I was all prepped to tell you what this Jefferson loss was going to mean to District 25A, but I guess we'll just hold that one for another report. 
Wow. I'm so, so impressed. Mm. It's a comeback. Don't call it a comeback <laughs> there, Paul McKinnon. I love it. Hey, Silky Sullivan. We've got a real-time update right now. Out at the sack, it's uh, Montwood and Pebble Hills. Let's see if anything has changed. Let's go to Alex Nikolas, who's joining us on the phone lines right now. Alex, take it away. 4.59 left here until halftime, and Montwood strikes first. It would be a nine-play, 83-yard drive. But here's the kicker. Montwood didn't drive all 83 yards. They were actually aided by three personal foul penalties that were after the play. They were dead ball personal fouls, which aided Montwood to drive. It would be a Oaxaca catching a touchdown pass, Diego Oaxaca. That is a three-yard pass from Kevin Melendez. Melendez his 16th touchdown pass of the season. That would be at the 505 mark here until halftime. So a little bit of a upset alert brewing in Far East El Paso. Once again, 459 left until halftime. Motwood 7, Pebble Hills nothing. Great job, Alex. Thank you so much for that update. So one Ohaka goes down, Yamil Ohaka, and the other Ohaka, Diego Ohaka, comes back off the injured list. Remember, he went down, what was it, week two, week three, uh, when Burgess came calling, hasn't played since. So, yeah, you know, good news, bad news. You miss Yamil, but it's uh, nice to have little brother uh, back in the fold. No, most definitely. So, again, the Rams on top of the Spartans, 7 to nothing, trying to play spoiler in District 1-6A right now, mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. You just heard a real-time uh, update right now. Real high school football action is brought to you by Real Texas Builders. You can ask your home builder if they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders, the home of Real Texas Builders. Visit ElPasoBuilders.com for more information. Let's go out to another game that's going on right now. Parkland and Isleta. That's uh it's let's go out to Jaime Chavez for an update on this one. Jaime, take it away. Five fifty seven left in the third quarter. It is Parkland forty nine. Isleta eight. Isaiah Beasley, he's got two touchdown runs this quarter of seventy three and forty three yards. He's got eighteen carries thus far. 238 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He also caught an 18-yard touchdown pass from Eric Ortiz, the Parkland quarterback, who has thrown five touchdowns tonight. He just threw a 23-yard touchdown pass to D.C. Daniels, and he's thrown three to Daniels for 38, 28, and 23 yards. And tonight, Ortiz, 10 of 13, 210 yards passing and five touchdowns. So we've got... Okay, let's see. The, the clock is out momentarily, but we've got five minutes left in the third quarter. Parkland, 49. Isleta, 8. Great job, Jaime. Thank you so much there. Parkland's starting to run away with this one uh, and really starting to put it on uh, Isleta even more so than they had at the half. Great job there, Jaime, as we continue here on Football Friday Night. Uh, another game to get to right now. It is, uh, it, let's, uh, let's jump out back to the phone lines right now and welcome on Brandon the Iceman Cone. It is Eastwood and Coronado. Brandon, take it away. 11.56 left in this one. Eastwood just went up 41-19 to over Coronado. How about this at the 4.44 mark of the third? Coronado QB Randag, he throws a six-yard touchdown to Cade Little, but the PAT was no good, making the score Eastwood 34-19 to over Coronado. Coronado hanging around in this game, you know, holding their own, to say the least. But then Eastwood, of course, so powerful. They come right back just a few seconds into the fourth quarter, 11.56 to be exact. Troopers running back Samuel Lopez scores on a six-yard touchdown run. PAT was good, making the score. Eastwood, 41-19. Worth noting, Andrew Martinez 
uh, just a great game so far for this kid as he's got six touchdowns on the evening. Five, or pardon me, six touchdowns last week against the Crow. Twelve touchdowns for this kid within the last two weeks. We got 11.48 left in this contest. Eastwood 41 to 19 over Coronado. Great job there, Brandon. Thank you so much for that update as we continue. Uh, Eastwood leading Coronado right now 41 to 19 as we continue here. We got a real time update right now. It's our Cisco Movers game of the week, Riverside and Clint. Let's go out to Joe Rod, who's got an update for this one. Joe, take it away. 10:38 left in the ball game, and the Riverside Rangers have extended their lead over the Clint Lions by the score of 35 to seven. A six-play, 87-yard drive was capped off with a Frank Luna 33-yard touchdown run on a beautifully executed reverse. The quarterback for the Riverside Rangers, Angel Munoz, made an amazing block to get Frank Luna into the end zone, and with that, the extra point was good. And with that, like I said, I think this puts this game out of reach for the Clint Lions. They have 10 minutes and 30 seconds left in the ballgame, and they are behind by four touchdowns. Looks like uh, we could start uh, announcing it and calling it the way it is, that the Riverside Rangers are going to win a district title. We're going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio. With 10.30 left in the ballgame, it is Riverside Rangers leading the Clint Lions by the score of 35-7. to Rangers finishing with a flourish, and Joe Rod got it right. Riverside's going to win his game. They're going to move to 9-1 and on the season, 4-0 in the district, and they're going to win their first district title since 2005. It's a big night to be a Riverside Ranger. Let's go out to another game that's going on right now. Hot action out at Del Valle and Bel Air. J.D. Sursley joins us next. J.D., take it away. A minute and 40 left in the third quarter. Delvaya waking up a little. It is Delvaya 28, Bel Air 0. Still, still a little bit of sloppy around here. Flags, banana peels, fumbles, interceptions. Um, Jesse Ramos with the one-yard touchdown uh, five minutes ago to make it 21-0. And then a Diego Modell interception put them back in their own side. And then a Christian Martinez three-yard run touchdown would have made it 28 so Juan Archuleta, Jesse Ramos, Christian Martinez, and then the fumble recovery. So now it makes it 28, Del Valle, Bel Air 0, a minute and 20 left in the third quarter. Thank you, J.D. Appreciate the update on that one. We got some real-time update going on right now. Austin and Jeff, it's a game now, Paul. <laughs> it's a game. Let's go out to Jeremy Caranco, who joins us next. Jeremy, take it away. 133rd quarter, Nathan Alcala has found Dylan Navarro. This time he catches it. It's a 20-yard touchdown, 28-13. The misfortune of blocked kicks continues for Jeff. They missed the PAT there. So 28-13, Dylan Navarro, guys, drops a big-time pass at the end of the first half in the end zone. He makes up for it there, a 20-yard catch wide open on the right hash for the score, finding his way in on the cross route. And then now Austin is... The running game back. Gabriel Lugo, another guy, backup guy, just carried the ball for 20 yards. So he's up, up to the 44 of Austin. So let's see if Austin will can answer. But Jefferson back in this game, a big play. Two turnovers has changed this game. It's 28 to 13. Austin leading Jeff, 41 seconds, third quarter. 
Wow. I love it. Hey, we got a great game out there. Jeremy, give us a call uh, if uh, if you get another scoring update. Appreciate that one right there. Jefferson trying to make this one a game. 28-13 uh, in the third quarter, as you just heard from Jeremy Caranco. And as that one uh, draws nearer, Horizon starting to flex out at uh, Excalibur Stadium. Ernie Garcia, 22-yard touchdown run. That knocked the lead to 47-7. And Angel Simmental just returned an interception, 44 yards. The pick six moves the lead up to 54-7 now. Horizon all over Hanks as they look forward to the matchup next week against undefeated in the district, Kenya Tio. Two undefeateds. In the district, Kenny Teal just one loss on the season and a pretty darn good team since Jump Street. That one's going to be played out at Horizon and uh, should be a fun one. So LJ Martin, he has a bye week along with the Kenny Teal Eagles. Last week, 377 on the ground, five oh. rushing touchdowns. In about, a, in about a half and uh, five minutes. Right. Like he plays a little bit of chi- you know a little bit in the second half. He gets nominated for the Build Ford Tough uh, High School Football Player of the Week. But do you have to play four quarters for that? I think that's how it <laughs> works, Paul. So I, I guess that's the case. Hey, we got another game going on right now. It's out at the Sack, Montwood, and Pebble Hills. Alex Nicholas joins us next for another update. Alex, take it away. 2.32 left until halftime. Montwood 10, Pebble Hills nothing. When you last left me, Montwood had just scored a touchdown. The ensuing possession on a third down play, Devin Rojas would pick off Gail Ochoa. That would set up a 42-yard field goal by Diego Sabalos. Remember, he missed a 46-yarder earlier. Bangs a 42-yarder into the south end zone. Cleared it by about three to, five, three to five yards after that as he cleared the field goal post with 2.32 left here until halftime. Montwood upsetting Pebble Hills and nothing. Wow, great stuff there, Alex. 10 nothing Montwood trying to play spoiler in one 6A. And a nice leg, 42 yards out. Uh, you know, it's 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 nice. The field goal kicking in, the, in, the, in this town is uh, is 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 good. There's a few guys out there, and of course, you know the Malucci kid. I knew you're going to say it. Yeah, yeah. How could I you not? Uh, the guy knocks in a 45 yarder to beat Eastwood as a freshman on the final snap of the game. You got to love a kid like that. Plus, he comes from a long line of Maluchis. I've told you this before. I used to call him the kicking Maluchis. I think the first one was Aldo Malucci at Del Valle, maybe around 89. Sorry, I can't remember the other gents, but uh, the kicking Malucci brothers, all at Del Valle, and I'm sure Julian Malucci comes from that line of uh, great uh, South Southern El Paso kickers. Are you sure you want to praise kickers today after that, uh, uh, what was it, America's missed field goal and then uh, Franklin takes it back, wins the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I, I, didn't, I didn't say it was perfect. I just said it's, it's better than usual. I, I hear you. Let's run down some scoring updates right now all across the city of El Paso. Uh, this one just about over in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Riverside all over Clint, 35-7. to Austin, uh, Austin leading Jefferson, 28-13, to late in the third quarter of that game. Eastwood all over Coronado, 41-19. Parkland with a 49-8 lead over Isla. Letta, Montwood hanging on to a 10 nothing lead over Pebble Hills. Upset alert out at the sack. And um, Del Valle just getting another update from J.D. Zersley. They're up 28 to nothing over Bel Air. Andrus on top of El Paso, 57-2. And speaking of 50s, how about Horizon with a 54-7 lead against Hanks? Other scores to get to across the city of El Paso. Burgess with a 47-6 lead against uh, Irvin. Santa Teresa 
it's a final right now, it looks like, uh, and they defeat Chaparral 41-zip. Las Cruces leading Oregon Mountain 49-7. to Some other out-of-town scores to get to from today. It uh, looks like Crane and Tornillo is final. Crane beats Tornillo 62-zip. to Any other scores to get to, Paul, from out-of-town? No, just looking at uh, at a note from that uh, Mountain View game, uh, thirty to nothing halftime. Uh, Mountain View over San Eli. That one's in the third quarter now. But Junior Salcedo, remember he got knocked out a, a week ago. A, a Riverside uh, worked him over pretty well. But uh, back in the contest tonight, going a little slower maybe than usual, but uh, entered the night with uh, just at two thousand yards throwing on the season. The Mountain View all time record. For a season, 21-25 yards, and Salcedo in the first half has uh, surpassed that. So for a season, Junior Salcedo becomes the all-time leading uh, Mountain View thrower. And that's coming off the heels of a pretty good uh, two-year quarterback, I think it was, in Chris Gamboa. I love it right there. Hey, we're going to take a timeout right now. Actually, we've got some real-time updates that, that are coming in here on the show. And while we do, let's pay some bills uh, as, as we continue here on Football Friday Night. I want to give a big shout-out to Cisco Movers. They can help with packing, boxing, heavy lifting, and moving your belongings to your next destination. When we're talking about our game of the week, it's Cisco Movers who brings it to you every week. They also offer storage at their facility. Take it from me. I've, I've worked with this family-owned company like Cisco Movers. They'll give you a great price, just like they gave me a great price, and they'll help you on your next big move. Get started by filling out a request form online at ciscomovers.com. Cisco Movers, the best move you'll make in El Paso. Uh, let's go out to Alex Nicolas. We've got some real-time updates uh, to get to right now. Montwood and Pebble Hills. Alex, take it away. 2.08 left until halftime. Montwood, 17. Pebble Hills, nothing. Three straight possessions by Pebble Hills, three straight turnovers. Two of them end up in the hands of Cameron Harrelson. The latest one, Harrelson, a 29-yard pick six. He jumped right in front of a screen here on the near side or the 30-yard line. So we'll give him that 29-yard pick six. That would be at the 150 mark of the opening half. Harrelson also recovered a fumble, which started the string of three straight turnovers by the Pebble Hills Spartans. So 92 seconds left until halftime. Montwood leading Pebble Hills 17 to nothing. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I just can't. I, what, this 17 zip, the Rams over the Spartans? What happened, Paul? Uh, great. I'll tell you what will happen if this score holds up. And what will happen is Pebble Hills will have no shot at the district title. Franklin's at 5-0. and Hills, if they lose this one, drop to four and two. East Lake is at uh, four and one, and of course, if they finish uh, finish out, that means the seeding: Franklin number one, East Lake number two, Pebble Hills number three, and uh, America's slash Eastwood, uh, the likely four seed coming out of uh, District One Six A. Game starting to heat up right now all across the city of El Paso. We'll take a timeout right now. When we come back, more recaps, more live scores, and more football Friday night right here on Six Hundred ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. As we continue, it's week number 10. It's Halloween edition. As we continue here on Football Friday Night, Angel Munoz, our producer, back in the booth. He's he's uh, 
he's getting these calls to come in. He's also screening everything here on the show. Paul McKinnon, Adrian Bratis, as we continue here on the show. Let's run down the scoreboard. Riverside on top of Clint, 35-7 late in that game. Austin on top of Jefferson, 28-13. Eastwood leads Coronado, 41-19. Parkland all over Isleta, 49-8. Montwood, so upset alert. They lead Pebble Hill, 17-0 in the first half. Delvia with a 28-zip lead over over Bel Air and Andrus all over El Paso 57 to 2. We've got Horizon with a 54-7 lead over Hanks. Burgess leads Irvin 54-13 and also uh, one other score to get to out of town. It's Las Cruces with a 49-7 lead over Oregon Mountain. And in that Burgess game, uh, Mustangs have emptied the bench. Uh, the backup quarterback Alex Reels, 4-yard quarterback keeper. Uh, to get it to 54-13, set up by uh, another backup, Andrew Armandaris, getting a little time, 70-yard kickoff return to get him in plus territory. Uh, Burgess Mustangs all over this one, going to run away with it. And uh, if they're, they're able to get past El Paso High a week from now, for the third consecutive year, they're going to have a share of the district 2-5A title. Nope, that's exactly right. Hey, let's uh, go out to Austin Jefferson. We got a great one boiling up right now in the fourth quarter. Jeremy Caranco with the coverage of this game. Jeremy, go right on ahead. 9-29, fourth quarter, Austin 28, Jefferson 19. Another touchdown for the Silver Foxes off a turnover of three straight fumbles for the Austin Panthers, if you can believe it. And guess who this one comes off of? Jaden Wilson comes into the game, guys. Here, Austin awake. Hello, let's put in Jaden Wilson. We're tra- we're, we got a ball game now. Wow. And on the handoff, on the second one, he fumbles the football. Can you believe that? And then <laughs> Jefferson is cooking right now offensively. An 18-yard touchdown pass. Alcala finds Roman Gomez. They try the two. Unfortunately, it, it is incomplete to the right side to Navarro. Again, a little bit of a short pass. Doesn't reach him. And right now... Uh, Austin will receive the football back, but they have been shut down in the second half. 9-26, fourth quarter. It is Austin 28 and Jefferson 19. A lot of missed opportunities here by the Jefferson Silver Foxes. It was first a drop pass in the end zone that negated a touchdown. Now it's a holding call that brings back a 62-yard rushing touchdown by quarterback Nathan Alcala. This game should have been tied right now, Paul. It's a difference between winning and losing. That's uh, right. This is this has not been Jefferson twenty twenty one. This is you know maybe a little bit of Jefferson uh, twenty twenty, but uh, you know game still going on. They're still in. Uh, that's the good part of it. They're still fighting the good fight. Uh, you know somebody's making a play. Unfortunately, the laundry's bringing it back. Great job, Jeremy. We'll keep uh, keep us posted if there's any hot action. Give us a call right away. Let's keep it moving right now as uh, we continue here on Football Friday Night. It's Eastwood and Coronado. Last time we checked in on this one, the Troopers were on top of the Thunderbirds, forty-one nineteen. Let's see if anything has changed and go back out to Brandon the Iceman Cone. Brandon, take it away. Yeah, just south of three minutes to go in this one, 302 to be exact. Still the same score, Troopers 41-19 over Coronado. Worth noting that Eastwood quarterback Martinez is actually human after all. He throws an interception picked by wide receiver slash DB Cade Little at the Coronado three as they were going for the end zone. But Coronado couldn't do anything with it, gives it right back to Eastwood. So the Troopers trying to run this thing out. little under three minutes to go in the contest. It's all Eastwood, 41-19 over Coronado. Great job, Brandon. Thank you so much for that report as we continue here on Football Friday Night. And Adrian, this one in from uh, Riverfront Stadium and our Joe Rodriguez. 
Angel Munoz, 15-yard keeper, his first touchdown of the ninth. Riverside now leads Clint 42-7 in the uh, district title game. Uh, we'll get out to Joe Rod in just a little bit for our Cisco Movers game of the week. But before we do, let's go back out to the phone lines right now. Welcome on J.D. Sursley. It's Del Valle and Bel Air. J.D., take it away. 7.20 left in the fourth quarter. Del Valle 35, Bel Air 7. No player really flashy today. Like, it's all player by committee. Um, every Both teams, you know, everyone is just struggling and fighting. Uh, Dominic Calderon with a fumble return touchdown. Juan Archuleta with a running touchdown. That was, give me one second, a three-yard scamper. Uh, Christian Martinez, three-yard touchdown. Jesse Ramos with a one-yard touchdown. And then... Recently, Eli Molina with a five-yard touch, five-yard touchdown from Jesse Ramos, and then Bel Air recently just drove it down methodically, like I said, team by committee, and then Jason Smith with a five-yard touchdown. So it's been a complete team commitment game between both sides, but obviously Del Valle is supposed to be dominating, and that's what they started to do in the second half. Uh, 7.09 left in the fourth quarter. Del Valle, 35. Bel Air, 7. Thank you so much, J.D. 35-7 for the Del Valle Conquistadores as they get ready to take on Chapin, which will be that eventual uh, district uh, finale, district title finale. Uh, it looks like we've got some real-time updates right now. Uh, our producer, Angel Munoz, is on it right now as we continue here on Football Friday Night. Looks like we've got a big one going on with Austin and Jefferson, hoping to bring on Jeremy Caranco here in just a second. Uh, some other scores to get to, just like Paul mentioned, Riverside up 42-7 in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. We'll get to Joe Rod in just a bit, but first let's go out to Jeremy Caranco, who joins us. Austin and Jefferson, hot action going on. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, 8-3-1, fourth quarter. Well, we mentioned uh, Austin got the ball back, and Israel Luna, the savior for the Panthers the last couple weeks, a great game. He just broke free for a 64-yard touchdown, deflating Jefferson's comeback effort. They still have some time left. 831, fourth quarter. It is Austin now up 35 to 19 over Jefferson. Great stuff there, Jeremy. Give us a call if you get any other hot action uh, as we continue. Wow. So Jefferson scores. It's 28 to 19. Makes it a game. However, uh, Austin's able to answer just right away and get a touchdown uh, to give them that two score lead. After the penalty that takes away a long touchdown run of your own, uh, you talk about deflating. Uh, that's it right there. That it really is. Let's go back to our Cisco Movers game of the week. It's Clint and Riverside. Joe Rod on the call for this one. Joe, take it away. 220 left in the ball game, and it is Riverside leading the Clint Lions by the score of 42-7. to A six-play, 51-yard drive ended in a 15-yard quarterback keeper touchdown run by Angel Munoz spinning his way into the end zone, one of the best runs of the night by the Riverside uh, Riverside quarterback who has run for 156 yards this game. Uh, and that's uh, pretty much going to do it right now. The Clint Lions are second and one at the Riverside 23-yard line looking to 
get one more score before the night is over. With 145 left in the ballgame, it is Riverside leading Clint by the score of 42-7. to Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate that. Give us a call when your game is wrapped up, and we'll uh, we'll get right back out to you. And this one from Sanelli, 10-25 left in that contest. Mountain View shutting out Sanelli, 42 to nothing as they look for their first win in District 2-4A play. Let's go back out to Coach Jaime Chavez. He has uh, Isleta and Parkland. Last time we checked in on this one, it was uh, the Matadors who led 49-8. Coach, give us the latest. 7-13 left in the fourth quarter. It is Parkland 49 and Isleta 8. Quarterback, Parkland quarterback. Eric Ortiz, five touchdown passes, three of those to D.C. Daniels. Ortiz is 12 of 16, 215 yards passing, the five TDs and no interception. For Parkland, 18 carries, 238 yards rushing, touchdown runs of 73 and 43 yards. He also has an 18-yard touchdown reception, so we've got... 6.42 left in the fourth quarter at Yisleta's Hutchins Stadium. It's all Parkland. Parkland 49. Yisleta 8. Thank you so much, Jaime. Thanks for that update as we continue right here. Halftime out of the sack. Our Alex Nicholas tells us uh, 17 to nothing. Mawood leading Pebble Hills. Well, let's Halfway a- through that one. Let's talk to him right now as he joins us for a halftime update. Alex Nicholas on the call. Mawood on top of Pebble Hills. A uh, little bit of upset brewing out at the sack. Alex, give us the latest. Yes, the Montwood defense was well-prepared, probably had a great week of practice, and we're seeing the execution tonight as Montwood has forced three first-half turnovers. The first was a fumble recovery by Cameron Harrelson, then Devin Rojas with an interception, and then Harrelson, his second interception of the season. This one, a 29-yard pick six. That would happen at the 221 mark of the second quarter. He would step in front of a bubble pass here on the near side. Gail Ochoa struggling this evening, at least throwing the ball, that is. Let's look at some halftime stats. Not much to talk about in terms of the stats. Uh, looking at Montwood, eight first-half first downs. Montwood with 145 total yards of offense. Kevin Melendez, six of nine passing, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Melendez on the ground, nine carries, 52 yards. It's a by-committee approach in the running back game for Montwood and Montwood having some success, at least efficiently, 20 carries, 115 rushing yards for the Rams, who've really been aided by their defense and also some positive uh, field position for the offense. For Pebble Hills, just 106 yards of total offense, six first-half first downs. Gael Ochoa, two of seven passing, seven yards of passing. Wow. But he has been able to move the ball at, at least during the rushing game. 14 carries, 54 yards, but it has not been easy for this Pebble Hills offense. Tons of adjustments need to be made, particularly keeping the ball out of the hands of the Montwood defense, who again has three first-half turnovers. Also of note for that Pebble Hills offense, after one of Montwood's scores, uh, Pebble Hills leading receiver Jaleel Bost went down. It appeared from my angle as he was running on a kickoff return, one of his teammates inadvertently ran into him, knocked him down. It was a left leg injury that I was looking through the binoculars here on the near sideline. He has yet to return, which is really a big micro, a big cause of why you see just seven passing yards for Pebble Hills in the first half. Halftime here at the sack, and it's Montwood putting the upset alert siren on mm-hmm. as they lead Pebble Hills 
17 to nothing. Great stuff, Alex. Appreciate that as always. Seems like Gael Ochoa's biggest problem right now is just getting anything going through the air. They're getting stuff going on the ground, Paul, but just through the air is just not where it's happening. Yeah, but really for them, the air game is, has been gravy. The, the, you know, the, the roast beef has been Gael Ochoa from under center. I talked about them in, in America's a you know, week or so back. It looked like a throwback to a 1930s game, like the old single wing, just direct snap and whoever catches it, you know, goes over the right side or over the left side. That's been their offense and it's been successful. Ochoa, like his brother Sebastian, a pretty good runner, but actually a little bit quicker. Um, Sebastian was shifty. This guy just has some some speed, some quick, hard cutting speed, and he's been difficult to bring down. So that's that's been uh, the, the the major uh, uh, weapon in their arsenal offensively. But um, you know, it looks like none of it is available to him tonight. Uh, as flat as a pancake, Pebble Hills is. We got another real time update right now from Austin and Jefferson. Jeremy Caranco joins us to give us the latest. Jeremy, go right on ahead. 727 fourth quarter, Austin now 42 and Jefferson 19 in the blink of an eye, two touchdowns for Austin. On We mentioned the 64-yard Israel Luna run, and then, hey, defensively on the first play, he picks off a pitch in midair. I have not seen that. I, mean, I saw a viral video of a similar play, guys. Same thing, speed off the left end, up and over Alcala, and he gets it. Runs it in for the 30-yard killer. Cherry on top, touchdown. Austin, 42-19. Some news to bring to you. Alcala was coming off the sidelines and limping with his left leg, hurdled by two guys around him. So, what, just moments ago, Jefferson in this ball game, riling high, and then unfortunately now it seems like all of the momentum is gone. Austin will pull this out, and Nathan Alcala will see if he can come back uh, next week and get the tough game against Andres. But he does appear injured as of now. So 6:53 fourth quarter. It is now Austin 42 and Jefferson 19. And Adrian, remember uh, the top weapon for the Austin Panthers, Jaden Wilson, suited up but injured uh, hip issues, not not playing in this one. And we mentioned it uh, in pregame. Remember the last time this happened, uh, third quarter against El Dorado, he couldn't play. Who rode to the rescue? Izzy Luna with a touchdown uh, run with about six seconds left in the contest to beat El Dorado. And now who who is it here putting the game away tonight? Izzy Luna this time on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, interception return and a scoop and score. It's an early favorite right now for a Taco Avocat top performer of the week. Uh, just seeing what, that, what kind of impact Izzy Luna mm. has in this one. Let's go out to Joey Panisi right now. Horizon and Hanks. It was a pretty lopsided game with the Scorpions uh, heavily you know, beating uh, the Hanks Knights in this one. 54-7 was the last score we got. Let's see if anything has changed. Joey, take it away. <laughs> Yeah, let's wrap it up from over here at Hank Stadium, Excalibur Stadium. Uh, Jacob Kihas just took a knee around the clock out. Final score, Horizon 54, Hanks 14. Um, just summarizing it, once again, Jacob Kihas, uh, the, the straw that stirs the drink, seven passes, 105 yards, scoring his 13th TD. Um, Ernie Garcia, what can we say, 13 carries, 192 yards, Four touchdowns tonight. Uh, that gives him 22 touchdowns on the year. Uh, just an amazing kid. Um, just some humor. Uh, I bragged to Paul about uh, uh, the, the kicker, Angel Simmental, um, uh, from Horizon making 11 in a row. And no sooner did I said that, he missed two in a row after that. 
so I shouldn't have said it. But what makes it so funny is that in the middle of the second quarter, he winds up coming out of nowhere and picking off a pass and running it back 40 yards for a pick six. So he made up for those two PATs that he missed. Uh, bright spot for Hanks. Their final score was a 42-yard t- uh, touchdown strike from Marcus Porras um, to James Montoya with 435 in the fourth quarter. Um, next week's the big showdown. Uh, Horizon goes into the game undefeated in district, as is Kenya Teo. Uh, they will face off at Horizon for the district championship. Hanks, winless in district, and one win on the year, will travel to Parkland. Uh, to face the Parkland Matadors. So from I'm wrapping it up here from Hank Stadium, final score, Horizon 54, Hanks 14. And Adrian, I think the only thing that makes missing field goals funny is having a 54-14 lead and a 54-14 victory and being undefeated in your district and having Kenya Tio circled on your calendar next week at Horizon for the district championship. That's going to be a great game, Paul. I mean, I was, I've was counted out the Scorpions in many games week after week. They've proven me wrong. Paulo Melendez, uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Quijas, uh, and now Ernie Garcia. I mean, they, they've just got you know, some, some great players out there for Horizon. They've stubbed their toe a few times. Uh, Esleta beat these guys 35-34, like week three, week four, and you figured, okay, that's who Horizon is. But but somewhere about uh, four weeks ago, they just flipped the switch. And uh, we've talked about it, you know, uh, these last several weeks. It's the Kihos kid, the quarterback. He's stepped up his game. Ernie Garcia, he's been a constant. Long runs, lots of touchdowns, 400-yard game to beat Bowie. Who knows how many touchdowns, 6, 7, 8, 9, 12, I don't know. Uh, let's say 6. He's been there, but Kihos has turned up his game about 60%, and he's become the performer that his uh, older brother was a few years ago when he carried this horizon team into the playoffs. As Kihas goes, I think this uh, Horizon team goes. Joey said it tonight, and I think he's right. Yeah, you're, you're most definitely right on that. Hey, uh, we've got a wrap-up out at our Cisco Movers Game of the Week with Riverside and Clint. Joe Rod joins us next to give us a wrap on this one. Joe, take it away. All done from Riverfront Stadium at the on the campus of Riverside High School, where the Riverside Rangers have defeated the Clint Lions by the score of forty-two to seven, picking up a District One Four A championship. Um, it was all Rangers in this one um, as they just kind of uh, maintained and monitored the lead in the second half, adding a couple of touchdowns to their efforts. The Riverside Rangers had 22 first downs in this game. They carried the ball 35 times for 335 yards. Um, Meanwhile, quarterback Angel Munoz was a very efficient 12 for 16, 192 yards, and he did have one touchdown pass for a grand total of 527 offensive yards for the Riverside Rangers. They did have eight penalties for 85 yards over the course of the entire game. It's going to be a difficult choice here to see who was the, 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 the man of the match or the player of the game for this game as Jose Guardado, he carried the ball 14 times for 95 yards. He did have three touchdowns tonight, but 
Angel Munoz, like I said, not only did he have 192 yards through the air, 12 of 16 and a touchdown pass, but he also carried the ball 15 times for 156 yards and a touchdown. Angel Munoz definitely getting it done in all of the aspects offensively for the Riverside Rangers. What's next for this team? Well, how about a little rest as next week, uh, the final week of the regular season is their bye week. This team has played for 10 consecutive weeks in a row, a rather impressive um, wow. streak for Gary Recorder and his team that have not had a bye week over the course of the regular season. Meanwhile, the Clint Lions will host the San Elisario Eagles in their regular season finale. That's all I got for you out here at uh, Riverfront Stadium on the campus of Riverside High School. It was a uh, it was a, quite a performance by the Riverside Rangers. They showed why they are the champions in District 14A tonight, defeating the Clint Lions by the score of 42-7. Fantastic stuff, Joe. Appreciate the stuff, and we will see you out at Union Draft House coming up next. Best player in the best best player in the best game, uh, Angel Munoz, no doubt about that. You you heard his stats. Uh, your buddy Steve Kaplowitz, he was talking about uh, possible Coach of the Year nominees. Uh, on the season, well, uh, you know, Gary Ricotta, Riverside, 9-1, first district title since 2005. Yeah, he's got a pretty good shot, <laughs> good shot at uh, consideration. And how about our man Joe Rod out there letting his uh, soccer roots come out? Man of, the, <laughs> man of the match? Is that what I heard? Yes. Yes, he man did. Man of the match, Angel Munoz. <laughs> hey, a uh, big shout-out to Union Draft House, our post-game location after every edition of Football Friday Night. They've got three locations across El Paso, west at the Cimarron Plaza, east at Tierra Este, and now their newest location near Sunland Park Mall, and that's the Union Draft House. Come join us after the game, and we'll talk some high school football with you here at the uh, Sunland Park location. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more recaps, more final scores to get to, and a score rundown as well as we continue here for Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night Halloween Edition. We're throwing some Conjuring 2, the Crooked Man Rhyme. Angel Munoz, have you ever seen the Conjuring 2? Our Angel I've Munoz. I've seen the first Conjuring. Okay. Uh, it's not the second one. Yeah, I, I can't say this one rings a bell for me right here, but I, I remember the song. This is uh, was, cryptic. Was that the one with the witch and the flying houses and the house lands on that lady? You're the horror buff, not not our film buff, Angel Munoz. It's no, Paul no. McKinnon. No, no, I was doing I was doing Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. 1940s, <laughs> I think. I was gonna say, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog. Oh man, I can't. I can't do this. This is great. Uh, the final scores across the board across the city of El Paso. Let's get. Let's run it down. Chapin defeats El Dorado yesterday, forty-eight to seven. Eastlake also beats out Socorro, forty-three to twenty in one six A. Speaking of one six A, earlier today out at the sack, Franklin beat out America's twenty-five twenty-one in a uh, come from behind victory for the Cougars to maintain a perfect district record. Horizon beat out. 
Hanks, 54-14. to You just heard that from Joey Panisi. That one went final. Our Cisco Movers game of the week. Riverside topping Clint, 42-7. to Also, Andrus with a 72-8 to victory over El Paso. That one just went final. Speaking of just went final, Burgess beating out Irvin, 54-20. to In that same district, Las Cruces beating out Oregon Mountain, 49-13. to Santa Teresa with a 41-zip victory over Chaparral. And Crane beating Tornillo, 62-zip. Let's get over to some other scores that are going on right now. Austin with a 42-19 lead over Jefferson. Parkland all over Isleta, 49-8 at the half out at the sack. Motwood, upset alert. Motwood up 17-0 against Pebble Hills. We'll get uh, an update from Alex Nicolas coming up here in a little bit. J.D. Sursley has Del Valle and Bel Air. And last we checked, uh, the Conquistadores were up 35-7. to We'll get an update from J.D. as well. Uh, more scoring updates to get to uh, from right now. Actually, I'll just throw it to you, Paul. Our out-of-town scores, any other scoring updates to get to as well? I love it when you ask me questions that I don't have an answer to. I can give you the same Great. scores I gave you about uh, 20 minutes ago. If, if it makes you feel better, I'm actually looking at the moment. Those, a lot of those scores are going to be important, important when we start t- talking uh, playoffs. I think we're going to be talking a lot of playoffs with that uh, sack game uh, just starting to enter the third quarter. Our out-of-town scoreboard is brought to you by Longhorn <laughs> Distributing, the only hot seat dealer in West Texas and Southern New Mexico, your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies. Longhorn Distributing located at 5516 East Paisano Drive in El Paso. Let's go out to Brandon the Iceman Cone, a final out at, for Eastwood and Coronado. Brandon, give us the wrap. I don't know what's scarier. Are you guys talking about horror movies or somebody doing that horrible impression of the Wicked Witch of the West or whoever it is? We, we have a final at Quarles Brook Stadium here. Uh, Eastwood 41 to 19. Eastwood moves to 5-4 and four in the year, 3-3 three and three in District 1, 6A. They'll conclude their season against America's big game on the 5th of November. Quarterback Andrew Martinez, talk about big games, 19 of 28, 200 yards, five touchdowns. He did it on an interception and a fumble. Also six carries, 107 yards on the ground. Running back Samuel Lopez, 27 carries, 172 yards, one touchdown. Wide out Curtis Murillo, eight receptions, 109 yards, two touchdowns. And wide out Michael Caldera, seven receptions, 62 yards. Three touchdowns. Coronado falls to one and eight, one and five now in District One Six A. They'll conclude their season at the Sacks next week at East Lake on the fourth of November. Quarterback Blake Randack, sixteen of twenty-seven, hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Running back Diego Rentana, nine carries, forty-four yards, one touchdown. Wideout Cade Little, six receptions, twenty-eight yards, a touchdown and an interception as a defensive back. Great game all around for him. Running back slash wideout Ricky Lozano. Six carries, 26 yards. And finally, wide receiver Harrison Tomlin Morgan had a touchdown reception. It's a final from far west El Paso as Coronado falls to Eastwood. It's Eastwood 41-19 to over the T-Birds. Great stuff, Brandon. We'll see you out at the Union Draft House, and I appreciate the coverage as always, Brandon, uh, as we continue here on Football Friday Night. Eastwood winning this week. They've got the big 1-6-A matchup next week against America's, Paul. That's a big thing. Yeah, it will be for that fourth and final playoff spot. And, and you know, the, the game next week looked like 
Franklin Pebble Hills, if Pebble Hills can't hold up their end of the bargain and find a way to, uh, you know, rally against Mawood, looked like defeated Mawood from a week ago. They looked hapless and ready for the season end. Wow, they, they really showed up tonight. Pebble Hills apparently is not. And that Franklin Pebble Hills game, I mean, disappears. It's, it's just another game if Pebble Hills is, uh, is not 5-1 uh, and one in the dis- district going into that one. As you said, the game that'll be the game, America's at Eastwood for the fourth and final playoff spot. Right now, we've got another game in the books. It's Parkland and Isleta. Let's go out to Jaime Chavez to give us one last game of wrap-up. Uh, again, the Matadors defeated the Indians. Jaime, take it away. It's a final from Hutchins Stadium. Parkland, 49, Isleta, 8. Parkland quarterback Eric Ortiz. Five touchdown passes, three of those to D.C. Daniels for 38-28. Correction, 39, 28, and 23 yards. He also threw a 35-yard touchdown pass to Fernando Ruan and an 18-yard touchdown pass to Isaiah Beasley. Ortiz, 12 of 16 tonight. And for 12 of 16, 215 yards passing and no interceptions. Isaiah Beasley, strong on the ground this evening. 238 yards rushing, 18 carries, and touchdown runs of 73 and 43 yards in the third quarter. And the teammate, Anthony Carrillo, had nine carries for 80 yards rushing. He started a quarterback, Damien Contreras. He struggled tonight. He was uh, he threw a 23-yard touchdown pass to Andres Martinez, and that was uh, Estrada's only score, Contreras. 12 of 36, 229 yards passing, one touchdown, and no interceptions. Parkland, they're 2-7. and seven. Overall in one and two in district, and they'll host Hanks next week in their season finale. Isleta, they'll finish their, their regular season tonight at four and six and one and three in district. So the final once again from Isleta's Hutchins Stadium. Parkland, 49. Isleta, eight. Appreciate it, Jaime. We'll see you out at the Union Draft House after the game, our post-game hangout stop, and that is Union Draft House near Sunland Park. Again, uh, that was a finale. Parkland beating out Isleta 49-8. to Let's jump out to Jeremy Caranco, get a wrap for Austin and Jefferson. This one had, uh, you know, this one got interesting in the second half, but the Panthers able to separate themselves and get the victory. Jeremy, give us the, the wrap-up and let us know how this this one uh, ended up. Yeah, final here at Silver Fox Stadium. Austin finishes off Jeff 42-19, to 19, and the score does not really reflect how close this game was late. Uh, it was a 28-0 to zero Austin lead at halftime. Jefferson missed an opportunity to, before the half, but they found some more magic late in the third quarter and early fourth quarter. Sebast- uh, Nathan Alcala started to light up a 12-yard touchdown run and a 20-yard touchdown pass to Dylan Navarro. That brought us to the end of the third quarter. They trailed 28-13, and then that was off two fumbles. How about another t- touchdown off a fumble? Nathan Alcala finds Roman Gomez for an 18-yard touchdown. It's 28-19. to And then Austin, one play later, Israel Luna, the hero for the Panthers. It's such a story for this team right now. Finding magic late from him, a 64-yard touchdown run and then the cherry on top an interception return 30 yards off a pitch from Alcala and that's where we ended up 42 to 19 the final total yardage for the Austin Panthers 290 not really explosive but just plays um, after turnovers plays at big moments 
led this team to a win. Reinforcements is also the name of this team right now. Israel Luna and Sean Rodriguez taking over. Israel Luna, 102 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Sean Rodriguez, 121 and two touchdowns that came in the first half. And then for Jefferson, led by Alcala, three touchdowns in total, one through the air, two Roman Gomez, and one on the ground. Two on the ground, should I say, for 76 yards on seven carries. But, guys, he was limping off the field at the end of this game, and they do face probably, I think, the best team in District 2-5A next week against Andrews. We'll see if they can make up some magic there. So, guys, it's a final 20-42-19. Austin defeats Jeff, and next week it's a big game for Austin. They will host Bowie to see if they can stay atop the district with Anders and Burgess, all 4-1 and one guys in district. It's going to be a great finish in this one. Jefferson is at Anders. That'll be an interesting game, see if they can find other options and make it a close one. So a final here at Silver Fox Stadium. It is a final Austin, 42, and Jefferson, 19. And Adrian, here's the good news for the Jefferson Silver Foxes. Of course, the bad is you were in a four-way tie, and you lost to one of those people you were tied with, and you dropped to three and two. So they go from first place to fourth place in a matter of about two and a, two and a half hours. The good news is because El Paso was hammered tonight by the Andrus Eagles, they fall to two and three. The Jefferson Silver Foxes, with their loss, actually clinched the fourth and final playoff spot in District 25A. Those four teams, Andrus, Burgess, Austin, and Jeff, not necessarily in that order, are all set. I love it. Hey, we'll talk some playoff implications in just a little bit. We're going to go to Alex Nikolas. Then we're going to go and get a wrap from J.D. Sursley from Del Valle and Bel Air. Alex will then stay on hold with us. We'll, we'll keep him on with us just in case things get hot out at the sack. Uh, it is Motwood and Pebble Hills. Last time we checked, the Rams were all over the Spartans, 17 to nothing. Let's see if things have changed. Second half is underway out at the sack. Alex, take it away. did <laughs> uh, it looks like uh we got uh actually that probably was jd let's go back to alex <laughs> that was uh that's my my fault on that one alex take it away my man Ten thirty-two left here in the third quarter and the narrative remains the same score remains the same 17 nothing actually hot action we have a pass in the end zone tipped incomplete sorry about that i thought that may be a touch on the receiver broke behind the defense but a great recovery there so 10 27 left in the third quarter montwood leading pebble hill 17 nothing pebble hills would start with the ball in the second half. But on a third down play, Gael Ochoa would be sacked. He would fumble. And then another big play. We've seen two big players make two big plays. And uh, Devin Rojas with a fumble recovery. And Montwood starts at 17-yard line. And now Montwood appears to fumble. The ball is loose. And it's going to be no word yet. But we have another fumble. And it's going to be Montwood football. So the team's trade turnovers to start the third quarter. 10-18. Left in the third quarter, Montwood 17, Pebble Hills nothing. Stay with us, Alex, as we uh, hang on with you. We're going we're gonna to run down some scores after J.D., and then we'll pitch it back out to you to see how this one uh, continues. But let's go out to J.D. Sursley. It's a final out with Del Valle and Bel Air. J.D., take it away. Yeah, uh, game over. Uh, Del Valle 42, Bel Air 7. Uh, it was definitely a, a team commitment game today no one flashy no one really over 100 yards but you know Bel Air's turnovers and penalties always set them back so Delvaya actually 
they didn't have to go very far at the start of their drives most of the time. Um, it started off sluggish, 14-0 at halftime, but Del Valle, you know, pulled things together, and Jesse Ramos, Sean Ramos, Eli Molina, Dominic Calderon, Juan Archuleta, and Christian Martinez definitely carried that team. Uh, to make it 42-7, to have to give kudos to Jason Smith with Bellers' only uh, touchdown. It was a five-yard run. Um, but, you know, Devite kept chipping and chopping, and, you know, great thing about a lumberjack get to the thickest tree if it's not going your way you keep chipping and chopping and that's what they did and eventually they broke through and they started taking dominating this game uh you know football fans alike you know lick your chops because next week you got del Valle and chapin and chapin marked that counter because uh del Valle bested them last year in the in the you know division so they're definitely ready for that one Delvalle 42, Bel Air 7. Appreciate it, J.D. We'll see you out at the Union Draft House. Again, uh, Delvalle defeating Bel Air 42-7. It sets up a district showdown next week against the Chapin Huskies. Appreciate that, J.D. Thanks for all the coverage today. Let's run down some final scores as we got them right now. Earlier today out at the SAC, the Franklin Cougars maintained their unbeaten streak in district play with a 25-21 victory over Americas. Horizon gets a 54-14 victory over Hanks, which sets up an amazing showdown next week against Canyon Tio. They host them at home next week. The Scorpions do. Uh, Riverside with a 42-7 victory over Clint in our Cisco Movers game of the week out of 1-4A to uh, win that district as well. Uh, Andrus defeating El Paso 72-8. Burgess with a 54-20 victory over Irvin. You got Eastwood beating Coronado today, 41-19. Parkland getting a 49-8 victory over Isleta. Austin beating out Jefferson, 42-19. Also a final, Del Valle beating Bel Air, just like you heard from J.D. Sursley, 42-7. Let's go over to some out-of-town scores. Las Cruces beating out Oregon Mountain, uh, 49-13. Santa Teresa beating out uh, Chaparral, 41-zip. Crane with a 62-0 victory over Tornillo. And one other game going on right now, it's Mountain View with a 55-14 lead over San Eli. Let's go over over to our out-of-town scores right now. Paul, take it away. On to Central Texas in District 26A, Midland Legacy, 55-14. All over San Angelo Central, Legacy moves to 5-0 in the district, 8-1 on the season. First place, just a game ahead of Odessa Permian, who they finish up with in a week that will be at uh, Grande Communications. Permian going to Midland for that big finale. Uh, Central falls to 4-5, and 2-3 and three in the district. Remember, one of those wins was a forfeit. Abilene beats Midland 42-28. to Abilene also in the hunt for that uh, two-seed if, if Legacy knocks off Permian. Abilene, remember, Abilene beat, per, beat Permian to open the uh, District 2-6A season. Well, they win again tonight. 42-28, they take out uh, Midland High. Moved to 6-3, and 4-1 and in, in the district. Midland not going to make the playoffs this year. 2-7, and 1-4. And four mentioned friendship get their first win of the season 60 of the district season 63 41 over Odessa High. They moved to four and five, one and four in the district. Of course, could have been two and three if not for that uh, forfeit to Central, and it'd still be in this playoff on Odessa. Falls to three and seven. They're done for the year one and five in the district season. To Super 25A. 
Lubbock Coronado takes down Lubbock Monterey. 41-27. They moved to 5-4. and 4-1 four. Four in that district. Second place Lubbock Coronado is Monterey. A disappointing 2021. 3-6, 1-4. and four. No playoffs for uh, Lubbock Monterey. Uh, Amarillo Paladuro, last score we had. This is the only non-final. Paladuro Caprock, 14-13. That was a uh, third quarter score. Paladuro looking to get to 2-3. and three. Caprock at 1-4. and four. And Amarillo High all over. Lubbock in a Thursday nighter, 59-7. Amarillo finishes the season at 8-2, 5-1 in the district. Remember the one idle team, the beast, Amarillo-Tascosa, undefeated, and they'll finish up uh, next week. So you have them sitting at... Uh, at 5 and 0 looking to go to 6 and 0 next week Amarillo's at 5 and 1 looking a lot like the 2 seed Lubbock Coronado 1 tonight sitting at 4 and 1 they could be the 3 and um, you know maybe I eliminated Monterey prematurely because there's a, a bunch of 1 and 4 1 and 4 possibly 2 and 4 yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. But anyway, I think we have our three seeds coming out of uh, Super District 25A, and they are super, especially uh, compared to our Super 15A this year. Uh, District 35A, Lubbock Cooper, they're going to win their, I think it's third straight District 35A title. 38 to 10, they beat Abilene Wiley tonight, moved 8 and 1 on the year, 4 0 on the season. Elsewhere, uh, Wichita Falls Ryder, their lone stumble was to that Cooper team. 45 23, they take Kirk Canyon Randall in a battle of two and one district teams. Ryder, of course, moves to three and one. Second seed in that district. Randall falls to two and two. Still good enough to hold the three seed. Wiley falls to one and three. Elsewhere, Wichita Falls moves into the four spot with a 56 35 win over Plainview. Plainview, one and eight on the year. Wichita Falls now three and six, two and two in the district. And now to District 2 4 A, where there's always hot action. The top seed and defending district champs, Fort Stockton, went to Big Spring. The Steers, a nice team this this uh, season, and boy, they proved it tonight, but not as much as they'd like. 29-28, Fort Stockton holds them off, moves to 8-1 on the year, 2-0 in the district. They'll have a chance to claim their second straight title uh, next week when they finish up with Andrews. Andrews got their first win in the district, 45-24, they take care of Lakeview. Uh, they moved to two, two and seven, one and one. So Fort Stockton, your one seed. Big Springs still can be considered the two seed over uh, how they hammered Andrews a week ago. Andrews goes into the three seed, and the Lakeview will be the four. And of course, they'll be playing our one four A's: Riverside, Clint, Fabens. And uh, whoever I'm leaving out, not necessarily in that order. I, I love it. I love it, Paul. Great stuff right there. Hey, uh, again, thanks to Longhorn Distributing for uh, bringing us our out-of-town scoreboard each and every week. The only hot seat dealer in West Texas and southern New Mexico and your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies. Longhorn Distributing, located at 5516 East Paisano Drive, right here in the city of El Paso. We've got just one game going on right now. Maltwood on top of Pebble Hill, 17 to nothing. Montwood's defense has been impressive with some takeaways, also some takeaways on the Pebble Hill side in the second half. We'll bring Alex Nikolas up after our break. Let's take a timeout right now. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Halloween edition of Football Friday Night. Looks like we've got some hot action out at the sack. Let's join Alex Nikolas for another update. Montwood and Pebble Hills. Man, this one's starting to get out of hand. Let's join Alex as we continue here on Football Friday Night. Alex, give us the latest. 
4-12 left in the third quarter. Montwood 24, Pebble Hills nothing. Our latest score became, it came through the air. It would cap off a six-play, 75-yard drive with, uh, with Kevin Melendez finding Isaiah Coronado from 35 yards out. Next possession here, we almost had a second pick six by Cameron Harrison. Harrison dropped the money here on the near side, and Pebble Hills on the second down picks up seven yards here with 405 left in the third quarter and Pebble Hills trailing Montwood 24 to nothing and they will face a third down and short here on a very very crucial possession here for the Spartans. Wow Alex I appreciate that I appreciate that right there man uh hang with us as we continue let's see if we can pop right back out to you uh but Montwood all over Pebble Hills in this one I didn't see this one coming at all Paul. Uh, (laughs) I've seen Montwood a couple of times in the last month I really didn't see this one coming. And the biggest takeaway from this is for those Franklin Cougars, uh, they're going to automatically clinch the one seed if, able, if Montwood is able to uh, hold up Pebble Hills. The reason, Franklin's 5-0, and Eastlake is 4-1, and but head-to-head Franklin uh, did beat Eastlake, so they would be the one seed, and, and uh, they will be the w- big school one seed. Uh, remember, District 6A is different than all the other districts. You take the four top teams going to the playoffs, the two uh, most densely Attended schools, the ones with the most attendance, they go to the big school playoffs, regardless of what place they finish, one through four. And the other two go to the small school. Franklin will go to the big, and they will be the one seed if Mont was able to hold up Pebble Hills here tonight. And by the way, we'll get to host uh, a bi-district playoff game. Wow, that's that's amazing right there. Uh, appreciate that, Paul. And uh, we'll get back to Alex in just a little bit. Let's go down, run down our scores from today. Chapin beats uh, El Dorado yesterday, forty-eight to seven. Eastlake with a forty-three twenty victory over Socorro last night. From earlier today, out at the sack, Franklin beating out Americas twenty-five twenty-one in a come from behind victory. Victory for the Cougars. Horizon topping Hanks 54-14. No trouble there for the Scorpions. Riverside, speaking of no trouble in our Cisco Movers game of the week, no trouble trouble for the Riverside Rangers. They defeat Clint 42-7 to get that 1-4-A district title. Uh, Andres beating out El Paso 72-8 from earlier today. Also, Burgess topping Irvin 54-20. Eastwood all over Coronado 41-19. Park Parkland with a 49-8 victory over Isleta for their first win in district play. Austin beating out Jefferson 42-19 despite no Jaden Wilson or limited Jaden Wilson, as I should say. Mm. Delvia beats out uh, Bel Air 42-7. And then Mountain View topping San Eli 55-14. That's a final as well. A couple fi- uh, final scores from out of town. Cruces, Las Cruces beating out Oregon Mountain 49-13. Santa Teresa with a 41-0 victory over Chaparral and Crane beating out Torneo 62 zip. Uh, Paul, let's talk some playoff outlook. Let's start off with 1-6-A. It all boils down to next week. We know Franklin's in there. We we just talked about the Cougars right now as they improved to 7-2 and on the year, 6-0 and in 1-6-A. Eastlake right behind them in second place. Uh, they are uh, right now, now correct me, no, actually they are 7-1, and 
four and one in uh, in district play. I, I should be. I, I think I'm wrong on that. I think it's five and one in district play. Eight and one overall for the Falcons. Uh, Pebble Hills right behind them in third place, along with Americas and Eastwood following. So you're really looking at the Trailblazers and Troopers next week as that big one uh, to solidify that final spot in this uh, in this district. Yeah, and with uh, Eastwood beating Coronado tonight, uh, as we predicted, well, not predicted. Uh, we we saw this coming at, at least a couple of weeks ago. It's going to come down to Americas and Eastwood for that fourth and final playoff spot at Eastwood Trooper Stadium. Winner take all. Both teams three and three in the district. Uh, Americas now three and six on the season. Eastwood just improved to five and four with uh, the. Uh, Corn- yeah, Coronado's a, a final. I don't, I don't want to call it a win if it's not a win yet. That's a final. Eastwood beat Coronado, so they're 5-4 and four on the season. And this is what it means to the district. And it has to do with the big school, small school stuff we were just speaking about. Eastwood is what you would consider a small school. Uh, not as highly attended as a Franklin. Uh, Eastlake is also considered a small school. Americas would be considered a big school. So if Americas beats Eastwood... They will become the second big school, so they will follow Franklin to the big school playoffs, and that would allow Pebble Hills and Eastlake to compete as small school participants. If Eastwood beats Americas, which uh, teams like Pebble Hills are probably rooting against, although they they have all they can worry about right now with the Montwood Rams out at Socorro, but if Eastwood gets into the playoffs— they would be a small school participant, so as Franklin would still be the one seed in the big school, then Pebble Hills would also go to the big school playoffs, as opposed to if America's goes, they would go to the small school. Pebble Hills would be the two seed in the big school playoffs. Eastlake, of course, would still be the one seed in the small school. I believe they're the smallest attended school. They just barely crept into 6A uh, this last uh, redistricting. So Eastlake would be the number one in the small, and Eastwood would then be the number two in the small. So, you know, a little thing, America's in Eastwood. Okay, one of them's going to get in the playoffs, one of them's not, but uh, causes a little bit of turmoil for some of the other teams in the playoff hunt. How important is it? Now, switching over to Super 5A, we'll talk Del Valle Chapin, Chapin in just a second, but how important is it for El Dorado to get that victory over Bel Air when, it talks, when we're talking about playoff implications? That is such a great question. It is supremely important because the loser of that contest gets the beast, Amarillo Tascosa. Yeah, they made it all the way to the regional finals a couple of years back, but they are just manhandling teams this year. Although I'm not sure Amarillo is is, is that much of a of a better go. Uh, gave Tascosa a pretty good game. The only only team in that district that did. But boy, you really not only do you get Tascosa, but you get ta- Tascosa. Uh, you know, assuming they win, I would put my money on that one if I were a gambling man. But not only do you get Tascosa, but you get them at their place. That's a double jeopardy if I ever heard it. Let's talk Delvia Chapin. Give me the case for Chapin, Paul. I mean, I, I feel like the Huskies have the momentum right now. Uh, Delvia is still a very stout team. I'm not I'm not discounting them at all in this one. I just feel like it's a great clash. We thought this was a singular district with just uh, Delvia and everybody else, but no, that's not the case. Chapin, the Chapin Huskies, they're in this. 
Yeah, I, th- I think you've made the case, and I think you've made it well tonight. You keep talking about the six straight wins and, and how they're playing. The offense has exploded, and more specifically, the passing game has exploded. The Rivera kid, the sophomore, has really come to life. You know, he was a second banana for a while behind uh, Pastron, Timothy Pastron, but uh, really come into his own, had a huge game a couple of weeks ago. And even last week, I said on the defensive side, four interceptions. Nobody's had more than that in a, in a game this season uh, in El Paso. So they really are playing their best ball at the right time. If I was going to find a negative, I would point to the running game. Jacob Williamson, you know, he's the, he's the pounder, but really a pounder in a different style of attack. They were they were trying to ground the football. They're not. That's not what they do best now. Williamson, I think, almost an afterthought uh, coming back from his injury, uh, the 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 foot injury, but. Uh, the, uh, Mason Standifer, terrific quarterback, nice footwork, really throwing a good ball, but not really a threat uh, in the running game as opposed to a guy like you know Riverside's Angel Munoz who ran for more than 1,000 yards this year. You're not worried about Standifer as a runner. I don't know if you're really worried about the, uh, the, the Chapin running game at all. So if there's a negative... Maybe you could say of a dimension. Uh, you know, a lot of good receivers running around, including uh, Standifer's little brother, Hunter. Before we get to 1-5-A, we got a scoring update out at the sack. Let's rejoin Alex Nikolas. It seems like Pebble Hills is now on the board. Let's get the latest from Alex Nikolas out at the sack. Alex, take it away. One minute and running left here in the third quarter, and it's Montwood 24, Pebble Hills 8. After that lengthy drive by Montwood, Pebble Hills would get one going. It'd be a seven-play, 75-yard drive, Gail Ochoa. With a seven-yard touchdown run, sevens are abundance on that one. He would run into two-point conversion on the very next play, and that is where we are at now. 45 seconds to go. Montwood's actually behind the sticks. I know they were behind the sticks, but Kevin Melendez is able to scramble and face a third down and seven. Just like Paul mentioned, Pebble Hills on that last drive kind of went with old wing, single wing. Ochoa left. They would run a little bit of jet sweep motion. Ochoa right off of that. Ochoa left. He has 27 carries, 90 yards. A touchdown on the ground, but he's two of nine passing for seven yards. As Melendez here in a third down play, swings it out to his back to the far side, and he's going to be brought down short of the first down, maybe about a five, six yard pickup. So Pebble Hills with an opportunity to get the ball here. The third quarter should run down. That should be the final play of the third quarter with Montwood leading Pebble Hills 24 to 8. And Adrian, after the Pebble Hill score, they smartly go for two. Mark Torres, the head coach out there, and of course, uh, because eight, eight, and eight is twenty-four. You're now back within two scores, two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, and we're knotted and going into overtime and going maybe past midnight in this one. I hope you're ready out there, Alex. I, I uh, I'm referring to you for the math because uh, I, I graduated with a journalism degree, so I can't do any of that math. But uh, good, good stuff there, Alex. Appreciate that. We got a game, 24-8, uh, approaching the start of the fourth quarter. We'll stay with Alex for that one. Now moving over, uh, we're talking some playoff implications right now. Moving over to one five a. Canyon Tio, Horizon, Isleta, Parkland, and Hanks. Let's start at the bottom of this one again. Next week we have Hanks and Parkland. What does this game mean for Isleta, Paul? Because I I feel like after losing tonight uh, to Parkland and dropping three in a row, uh, um, are the Indians right now? Parkland, by the way, snapping a four-game losing streak with the victory today. Uh, What does the Parkland-Hanks game mean for Isleta? Yeah, you're right, Uh Hanks pulling an upset over Parkland would be the worst thing that could happen to us, <laughs> to Asleta. Because at one and three, 
Uh, Hanks Parkland, I'm, I'm going by what Hanks Parkland is the finisher next week, right? That's exactly right, yes. Okay, thanks Thanks so much. Uh, not looking at the schedule. Yeah, if, if Hanks finds a way to come back and be uh, surprise Parkland, then boy, it would be a surprise. All of a sudden, you would have Hanks at 1-3, and three, Parkland at 1-3, and three, and uh, Esleta at the same 1-3. Uh, and three. They're done for the season. Uh, four and six on the year. Esleta uh, winds up. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're done. That's right. Okay, good. Not looking at the at the schedule. So then you would have a three way tie, and you would go to the point differential. Esleta uh, uh, would have beaten Hanks. How much did they beat them by? With a maximum of, of fourteen points, of course. If you beat a team by twenty eight, you only get credit for a fourteen point win. But how much did Esleta beat Hanks by? How much did Hanks Hanks beat Parkland by? Then you'd use the point differential to break that tie. As things sit, as long as Parkland takes care of business, and if they play anything like uh, they did tonight in handling the Indians, uh, Parkland will take care of business. That's the best thing Asleta could hope for, because that's their ticket into the playoffs. They have their one win. They beat the Hanks Knights, and that's all they're going to need to find the fourth and final playoff spot in District 1-5A. What about the second place and first place spots in this one? Now, Canyon T.O. has been amazing with an 8-1 and record, unbeaten in district play. They take on Horizon on the road next week, who is now unbeaten as well. Paul, they have not lost a game in this district. This sets up for the 1-5A district finale and showdown out in Horizon. Uh, the Scorpions right now, they are 5-4 and four on the year, 3-0 and oh in district play. What does uh, second or, you know, first and second place mean in this district uh well yeah it it uh it means who are you going to face in in the other district and of course we talked about uh the big dog being uh uh tascosa out of that bunch but uh oh excuse me uh we're in we're in small 5a now I think what it is is bragging rights. Candy Teo had one of those has one of those special teams that they get every three or four years, and I, I think they're ready to uh, wrap it up and finish it off. Horizon is the young comer. I think the Horizon argument is the same argument you made for Chapin. Chapin's hot. Horizon's hot. They're winning, and they're winning handily, and they're feeling good about themselves. You know, the one X factor is the venue. Canyon Teo's going out to Horizon. Of course, they're in the same district, so they make that trip every other year. But so maybe not such a big thing. But you know, I always think back on on the Burgess Horizon by district game. Uh, Aaron Jones's junior season, a double overtimer. Mustangs found a way to pull it out, but just a team that seemed supremely more talented. And as we said, Aaron Jones, Alvin Jones really hadn't made his mark yet, but the brothers was, were still on that club. But uh, as I said, double OT, and uh, the Mustangs barely came out of that one with their lives. And I think the venue and the surroundings and the fan base had a lot to do with that. And I think it will, uh, will again on Friday. The Kenya Tio defense is what really impresses me. I mean, they have seven sacks on the year, 22 quarterback hurries. They have 14 interceptions on the year, four fumbles that they've uh, forced and uh, and recovered, all, along with nine total forced fumbles on the year. So that defense is stout. And then, of course, offensively, uh, you could just uh, – it starts and, fit and ends uh, with L.J. Martin. I mean, he, on the year right now, 1,823 uh, rushing yards. He has 20. 20 touchdowns on the season. Next week has a chance to eclipse 2,000 rushing yep. yards. And hey, Paul, he would join, uh, you know, a really nice territory. Last time we see uh, 2,000 plus rushing rushers, you, you look at Aaron Dumas in uh, 2019 with right. a 3,000 plus yard campaign. You look Josh at, Fields. Yep, Josh back Fields. Back to back years. Well, Deion Hankins. I was going to say Deion Hankins for Absolutely. three straight seasons. Oof. 
right? I mean, 2016 Absolutely. through 2019. Yep. So he joins an elite company if he's able to eclipse that 2,000-yard mark next week. Absolutely right. And again, as a junior, you mentioned, uh, well, wow, it's a big deal to go for 2,000. How many guys have done it back-to-back seasons? Well, the, re- the, the only way you get there is by getting the first one, L.J. Martin, as you said. 170-something yards away from uh, 2,000. And, oh, by the way, these guys are going to be in the playoffs anyway. So I think you can book that, uh, that double bill for L.J. Martin, whether it's next week or uh, the week after that. Uh, look at the playoff hunt, though. You mentioned uh, what would a Canyon Teal win or a Horizon uh, win mean. Well, after what happened tonight, uh, Austin taking out Jefferson. It looks like Jefferson's going to wind up. It's not set in stone yet, but uh, Jefferson at the moment, currently the four seed in uh, District 2-5A. And, again, we know the district champs uh, have a chance to host. So a win for Canyon Teal or Horizon means we get to host a playoff game and wow. we're most likely hosting the Jefferson Silver Foxes. Uh, that's, that's great stuff right there. Uh, let's, let's keep it moving right now. Uh, now let's go into the crazy one. Let, should, we, should we save it? Should we save it for the the last one? Should we go one four a first? Let's start there. Let's let's start one four a. We'll finish out with the crazy one. One four a. It's claimed by the Riverside Rangers. We knew that after today. Uh, let's go, let's start at the bottom of this district again. After the victory today by Mountain View over San Eli, you might punch that. They might punch their ticket into the playoffs. Now Fabens right now one and two on the season in district play. You have the Clint Lions who are two and one on the year, and of course the unbeaten. Riverside Rangers at four and zero. What what are your what are your takeaways from this district right here, Paul? Well, I always work from uh, the bottom to the top, and uh, with the San Eli loss tonight, uh, they're actually eliminated from the playoffs. And uh, let me tell you why they are zero and three now in the district. Fabens and Mountain View only game up at one and two, but the problem is both Fabens and Mountain View. Beat San Elizario. San Eli finishes next week with Clint. That's going to be that's going to be a, a, you know a, a tough road to hoe all in itself. Oh, yeah. But even if San Eli finds a way to surprise Clint next week, and Fabens and Mountain View uh, drop to each drop, well, no, they finish with each other, so that's impossible anyway. Uh, back to what I originally said, San Eli. Yeah. Go ahead and beat Clint next week. Still don't have a chance. Not in the playoffs in 2020, but you were there in 2020. Knocked Fabens out of the playoff hunt. So, you know, take take joy in that and look forward to 2022. Riverside, uh, obviously the one seed in the district. Clint currently sits uh, as the two with Mountain View and Fabens behind. And as I said, they finish with each other uh, next week. And what does that mean? Well, Riverside as the number one seed. In 4A, you don't get the host. These are all going to be new neutral sites, but Riverside will likely get uh, Lakeview, who sits at 0-2. As I said, Big Spring is the two-seed Fort Stockton, the one. So the bad news for the loser, that's what we always want to look at. Why do you not want to lose that Fabens-Mountain View game? Well, if I'm Fabens or Mountain View, the reason I don't want to lose is because I don't want to see Big Spring. I believe it was Mountain View that already ran into them early in the season, and I think that was probably enough. Big Spring is tough. Andrews is a little softer this year. We're not used to seeing that. Andrews has usually been the beast, and in fact, when they were in 1-4-A, they were the beast. Clint couldn't get past them. Why does Clint have three straight district titles? Well, until tonight, Riverside claiming the 1-4-A crown because it's been four seasons since Andrews was in District 1-4-A. But uh, Andrews a down year there, 2-6, and six, actually 3-6, uh, and six, 
after the win tonight and tied for the second seed in that 2 4 eight district. But uh, you don't want to see Fort Stockton. You don't want to see Andrews, or, uh, Big Spring. And I think that Andrews is uh, the lesser of those two evils. And, of course, Lakeview fourth place is already ticketed, I think, for Riverside. Let's go back out to the sack and join Alex Nikolas. Then we'll take a break. We'll wrap things up talking some 2-5A and uh, a crazy maddening district out there. But first, let's go out to Montwood and Pebble Hills. It's Alex Nikolas on the call. Alex, take it away. What, what's the latest? 847 left in the ball game. Montwood leading Pebble Hills 24 to 8. When you guys last left me, Montwood uh, Montwood drive stalled. Pebble Hills would take over, but Pebble Hills just getting in their own way. They would actually get they would penetrate across the 50 yard line, but a two penalties would bring them back plus a pre-snap penalty. So Mont- Pebble Hills was facing a third down and 32 right now, but then it would be a big completion for Gail Ochoa. And that would put them at the 37-yard line, facing a fourth down and seven. They're in plus territory with 8:47 left in the ball game, and Montwood leading Pebble Hills 24 to eight. But a key fourth down coming up here for Pebble Hills to try to keep their hopes alive late here in the fourth quarter. Alex, let's stay with you right here. Let's do some play-by uh, with this one. It seems like a huge fourth down right here. If Pebble Hills were to convert, uh, maybe we've got a, a close ball game here late in this one possible as we did have a injury timeout but the Montwood players being helped to the far sideline so again fourth down and seven eight forty seven left here in the ball game Montwood leading Pebble Hills 24 to 8 it'll be a third or fourth down and seven ball will be on the near hash at the Montwood 37 yard line as uh, Pebble Hills is driving from right to left on your radio dial they'll come out of an empty formation Gail Ochoa the quarterback four of 11 passing 34 yards, but 28 carries for 78 yards. In motion comes Eric Marin. Montwood jumped offside. It's a free play. Ochoa rolls to his left, throws in the middle of the field, and it's a dangerous pass, and it's going to be caught inside the 15-yard line, waiting for an official call on that one, as it appeared that Diego Contreras made the catch. They're marking it at the 13-yard line of Montwood, so they are going to give him a first down. Wow, what a catch. It was like a bunch of white jerseys in the middle, and on the backside of that, Diego Contreras was just sitting there waiting, and they'll decline the penalty, and it'll be a first down and 10. They'll mark it at the 14-yard line, so Gal Ochoa with a big completion there. That puts Ochoa with his fifth completion of the ballgame. First down and 10-4. Pebble Hills at the 14-yard line. Marina in motion again. Ochoa fakes to him, keeps left side, has space at the 5, and he's going to go in for a Pebble Hills touchdown from 14 yards out. That's the second touchdown of the ballgame for Gael Ochoa. On the season for Ochoa, that would be his 17th rushing touchdown of the season as he came in tied second in the district. Four rushing touchdowns, and now Pebble Hills will go for two. 8.32 left here in the fourth quarter. Montwood 24, Pebble Hills 14, and a very key two-point conversion coming up. And I think if we were guessing right, this is probably going to be a Gale Ochoa run. They've been running that action with a run jet sweep motion, fake the read option. They know it's not coming off of that. And it's just a direct snap here to Ochoa going to the left side, but he's going to be trailed. Still fighting for it, lunges for it, and that's effort. Gael Ochoa wow. putting the squad on his back up the left side. Looked <laughs> like he was dead meat in the backfield looking for a number there for the Montwood player. It was Victor Flores, the nose guard, who shot the gap. And Ochoa 
been in that weight room, you could tell as he powers his way into the end zone. 8.32 left in the ballgame. Motwood, 24. Pebble Hill, 16. All right, Alex, you stay with us on the line. Uh, We will let you collect yourself with some stats and catch up uh, as well. But, Paul... I'm glad we stayed up. This is at this past ten thirty over here, but we got a great ball game. Yeah, good things come to those who wait. And uh, you know, uh, Alex talking about uh, Gallo Choi in, in the pile. You know how things are these days. Pushing is legal. Once when somebody's held up, just those linemen get in there and start pushing and pushing and pushing. Not always that way. I can remember uh, Reggie Bush getting in trouble for for giving a little shove to the back of a uh, Matt Liner and getting him into the end zone. Hey, he's cheating. He's cheating. He's helping the runner. That's a flag. Well, not anymore, my friends. Well, the the interesting thing for me is Gael Ochoa, six foot one sophomore for Pebble Hills, has been pretty stout all year long. They use him in the passing game sometimes, but when he's not hot through the air, they'll just run him. They'll they'll, they'll sell out on the run and they'll just keep pounding it uh, left and right. So I, I think that's a, a really good one right there. We've got Montwood leading Pebble Hills late in the fourth quarter, twenty four to sixteen. Pebble Hills down by just one score. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll join, we'll rejoin Alex Nicholas out at the sack. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Football Friday Night after dark. It's the sack after dark, and it's another good game. First game was great. Franklin come from behind victory, 25-21 victory against America's. This one is getting intense. An onside kick was uh, was um, you know attempted by Pebble Hills. Let's see if they were able to convert. Let's join Alex Nicholas live at the sack. Last time we checked, Montwood led Pebble Hills twenty four to sixteen. Let's see what happened here. Alex, take it away. Seven thirty one left in the ball game. Montwood twenty four, Pebble Hills twenty two. Two point conversion by Gallo Choi comes up just short of the goal line let's give you a reset on the after that pebble hills touchdown to get within eight points they would attempt an onside and i was taking adrian's advice i had my head down trying to gather some stats and some thoughts and pebble hills would recover at the 27 yard line three plays later or two yeah three plays later it would be a 16 yard run by gail Cho that would set up a five yard run by Eric Eric Marine, and then the two-point conversion, they would go Ochoa up the right side, and he was just short of the goal line. So 7.31 left here in the fourth quarter. Montwood 24, Pebble Hills 22, and we do have an injury timeout on the field, fellas. Wow. Let's let's hang with you, Alex. Hold on just with us for a second while we gather our thoughts. So, Paul, Pebble Hills gets the onside recovery, and then they score right away. Uh, they did. They didn't make the extra point, the two point conversion. But it might not matter because there's huh. over seven minutes to go left lot in this of game. A lot of time left. They might score and win this one. And your defense is trying to get a stop against a Mamba team that hasn't had a lot of weapons. I don't know how they controlled this game through three quarters, but uh, you know, last couple of times I've seen them. Well, all you got to do is look at the quarterback, Kevin Melendez. He's running with the ball. And does he have anybody to throw to? Well, not really. Now that, uh, you know, the Oaxaca kid, Yamil, is not there. I know little brother Diego's on the field now. I'm not sure he's the same caliber of threat that uh, big brother Diego is. But, uh, you know, not a lot of options for Mawood. But, boy, if they can put a drive together, a couple, few first downs, they can really save their season and walk away with a huge win that can, you know, make them feel good about, uh, you know, not going to the playoffs. I'm not trying to be, you know, the guy who says everybody gets a trophy, but we're talking coach of the year, 
Mark Torres? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, look at this turnaround for the Spartans and, and what they've been able to do. I'm not saying he's the, he's the guy at number one for this this uh, award, but he's definitely in the, you know, in the top five, maybe top seven of this list. Yeah, with a, without a doubt. I don't know, you know, who thought Pebble Hills was going to make the playoffs this year. Not a playoff team a year ago, but uh, actually a few more vets around. This is a young club. We're talking about Guy Ochoa, sophomore quarterback. Remember, he got snaps last year as a freshman. In fact, uh, he was battling with Jacob Ledesma for the, the starting quarterback job as early as the first couple of weeks of this season. I think by game three or game four, you know, they finally, and I say gave it to him, but they didn't really give it to him. Right. He, he earned it and by making plays, and I think the Eastwood game was the big one. That's the one where they came back, drove the field late in the game. Gallo Choa stuck it in, went for two when they could have kicked and tied it with seconds on the clock. And he uh, knocked it into the end zone, and they came away with a big one-point victory. And they've been off to the races ever since until tonight for about three quarters. But uh, someone has relit that fuse, and uh, Montwood has about six more minutes to put it out. We've got a great one out at the sack. Montwood leads Pebble Hills narrow margin, 24-22, less than seven to go. Let's go back to Alex Nicholas live at the sack. Alex, take it away. 719 left in the second quarter, and the Pebble Hills defense is juiced. On a first down play, we'd have a pass breakup. Then on the second down play, they try to run sort of a wide quarterback keeper to the near side, and Pebble Hills was all over that one. That's going to be a loss of one for Kevin Melendez. I have Melendez 12 carries, 66 yards. He's 10 of 14 passing, 94 yards and two touchdowns. But the senior faces a key third down 11 from his own 35-yard line ball on the near hash. Montwood driving left to right, going towards the south. Trips up top on the far side. Melendez back to pass. Three-step drop. Sets up in the pocket. Delivers in the middle. Field and it's Diego Oaxaca at the 45. And then he fumbles. The ball is loose. And we have a scrum inside the 40-yard line. And it looks like the official is going to give it to Diego Oaxaca. Another big catch for Oaxaca. Wow. Big Montwood first down inside. They're going to mark it at the 37-yard line of Pebble Hills with 638 and a huge completion there for Kevin Melendez. Another big catch for Diego Oaxaca. It's going to be his third catch of the ball game. If I get my stats here right, that would be three catches for 41 yards and a first down and 10 for Montwood in the middle of the field at the Pebble Hills 37-yard line. They go pistol formation. They're going to give it away right. This is Juan Macias Amora. Bounces outside, trying to turn the corner and does. 30, near side, 25, 20. Pushed out of bounds at the 15-yard line. And another Montwood first down. And how about this kid, Juan Macias Zamora? Nine carries, 33 tough yards. Add some there. And a huge gain. That's going to be 22 yards. So update on him would be 10 carries, 55 yards. First down for Montwood at the Pebble Hills 15-yard line, 6-12 left in the ballgame, and Montwood holding on to a 24-22 lead over Pebble Hills, who's trying to keep their district title hopes alive, but it's first down and 10, Montwood four wide. They give it again to Macias Zamora going left side, pushing his way forward. He's going to, well, I thought they would give him the 10, but it looks like they're just going to give him the 13-yard line, so a three-yard pickup, or excuse me, the 12-yard line, so a three-yard pickup there for Juan Macias Zamora, and it'll bring up a second down and seven here for Montwood. Under six minutes left here in the ballgame. Right now, Montwood is 28 rushes, 161 yards on the ground. That's 5.7 yards per, per carry. Melendez is going to keep a uh, – they ran a jet sweep action. Melendez held it as long as he could. Gets four. Not a bad pickup there. They're actually going to give him four there 
on the flow, and that'll bring up a third down, very manageable third down and three coming up for Mont with the line to gain is the Pebble Hills five-yard line. Looking at that Pebble Hills defensive line, starting to see some hands on the hips as this drive has really been extended here in Montwood. That was interesting how they started the drive with that incomplete pass, and then they went back to what's been working. Pretty much Melendez left, Melendez right, running that jet sweep action, very similar to what we're seeing from Pebble Hills. It's going to be a third down and three. Ball on the near hash at the eight-yard line. Receiver in motion to the left. They're going to sprint out Melendez to the left. Drops back. Going to reverse field. Now throws a ball in the corner of the far side end zone. Incomplete. Diego Oaxaca was there trying to do his best impression to get two feet down, but just out of his reach. And now a fourth down and three. And Montwood probably, and they are, they're going to roll out Diego Sabalos to knock down a 42-yarder earlier in this game. If my math is correct, this will be about a 25-yarder from the near hash. And 4.55 to go here in the ballgame as the holder on this one will be Cesar Ramos, a senior cornerback, and will be off the right foot of Savalos from 25 yards out. No, oh no, we're losing Alex. Oh, man, I think we lost Alex right there. Let's see if uh, we can get him right back. Alex, uh, Alex, are you with us still? Ah, uh, we dropped him. He'll get. He'll call back in. Uh, Adrian Montwood opting for the field goal here, and, and there's. Pro- I don't know. There's probably some people saying, "Ah, come on, you got to go for this." Now, I, I think they're making the right choice. Make or miss. I mean, that's part of it. What kind of field goal kicker do you have? Well, Montwood has one of the better ones uh, in in the city. I no, I think Alex said uh, Sabalos. That's not. Uh, I, I believe that's Pebbles' kicker. I get those guys confused myself. But uh, if you have a decent kicker, I think this, this is the move to make. What you're doing is forcing the other guys to score a touchdown as opposed to if you go for this and you give it up deep in your own territory, that would be the positive. But if they drive the field, all they need is a field goal. And Pebble does have a nice uh, field goal kicker that can knock one through and beat you by a point. Let's go back to Alex out at the sack. Uh, give us the latest, Alex. Not sure if you guys caught the field goal call on that one, but Diego Zavalos did hit a 25 wow. field goal. Wow, there it is. So 4.52 left here in the ballgame. Montwood 27, Pebble Hills 22, and Ruby Zavalos to put it in the air. Very deep kickoff as we're going to get a fair catch inside the five. Learned that this year that's actually a touchback, so Pebble Hills will start at their own 25-yard line. Hate it. 452 left in the ballgame. Montwood 27, Pebble Hills 22, and Pebble Hills with all three timeouts left. All right, Alex, we're gonna keep. We're gonna take it back from you just for for a little bit. Uh, we'll send it right back out to you in just a second. But what a game! What a game here, Paul. Uh, we had a. Interesting first game out at the sack huh. where uh, America's should have held on to that win mm. and beat uh, Franklin. The Cougars come from behind and they win, they win in that and game. And now we have the exact same thing. In game two. Yeah, same thing. Late kickoff. We were wondering, oh, is this game going to go You know, all Montwood's way? No, not so fast. Uh, it's Pebble Hills who marches back into this one. They cut it to two points. They had a chance to tie it. Uh, I don't agree with the field goal. I'm sorry. Yeah, there I, you I go. just don't. I, Different I don't. strokes. I think that you could you could try to punch it away and actually try to you know convert on fourth down. If you don't make that, you give it to Pebble Hills deep in their own territory. Make them march down the field instead of uh, kicking it off to them with a five-point lead. And the real plus side is is if you succeed and punch it into the end zone, all of a sudden you're up two scores again, and it's a, a whole, 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 whole different ball game. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Back out to Alex. Uh, as right now, Montwood leads Pebble Hills 27-22 with under five to go. Go ahead, Alex. And on a first down play, first play of the series, Ochoa goes to the left side for 16 yards, comes to the left side again, crosses the 45-yard line, his own 45, and he's hit out of bounds pretty hard at the 46 to see if the far side official does. I'll give him five more on that one. So second down and five coming up for Pebble Hills and Gail Ochoa. Gael, 33 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. He's 5 of 12 passing, 52 or 57 yards, excuse me, and two interceptions. Second down and five from his own 46-yard line. Ball in the near hash. They run the jet sweep action again, but it's Ochoa up the middle of the field, crosses the 50, gets the first down, and he's going to be brought down at the 45-yard line, pickup of nine, and now Pebble Hills is in Montwood territory as the clock ticks or stops with 4.28 left here in the fourth quarter. Montwood leading Pebble Hills 27-22. Pebble Hills with all three timeouts, and they have a first down and 10 on the near hash, driving right to left at their own 45-yard line. Empty formation with a ring, wing to the right. That's Jacob Ledesma. Ledesma. Ochoa out of the shotgun. It's going to be a quarterback design draw. Runs into the line of scrimmage. Maybe a yard. Generous spot there. Stop to the line of scrimmage is 6-2 frame, I believe. Uh, was able to kind of push his way there. Just a sophomore. We've seen kind of the muscle in this one. So a second down and nine coming up for the Pebble Hill Spartans who come into this game 5-3, and 4-1, and one, pretty much all alone in second place. Or it's actually not all alone in second place. Tied with uh, Eastlake for that spot in the playoffs as they come out of a empty formation. The Desmond motion from right to left and then a pre-snap penalty. Hadn't seen that. This was something that Pebble Hills was really struggling with early on in the game, and it's going to be another false start. So now Pebble Hills will be behind the sticks. They'll mark this one at the 40, at their own 49-yard line. So a second down and 14 coming up for the Spartans. 3.36 left in the fourth quarter. Montwood leading Pebble Hills 27-22. And Gael Ochoa facing a second down and 14 from his own 49-yard line. They go empty again. Uh, excuse me, this is the backup quarterback. Ledesma is the wing to the left. Two receivers on each side of the formation. Receiver spread out on the far side. Marin comes in motion from right to left. Actually, that's what is. They fake it to him, and Ochoa goes right up the gut, and he gets the 45-yard line, which would be the original line of scrimmage. So a four-yard pickup, and now a third down and 10 coming up for Pebble Hills at their own 45-yard line. The Montwood defense, one of their biggest playmakers, Devin Rojas, is putting his arms up to the far side, wants some noise, a huge Third down play coming up for both teams as we are under three minutes left here in the fourth quarter and Montwood holding on to a 27-22 lead. Fourth down and 10, wing to the right. Ochoa out of the backfield, out of the shotgun. They send Marin in motion from left to right, back to pass. Ochoa's going to bail, throws left, throws in the middle of the field. It's going to be intercepted, intercepted on the near side, looking for a number there. What a catch, and there goes that man again. It's going to be... Cameron Harrelson, his second interception of the ballgame, third of the season, another dagger by Montwood, 240 left in the fourth quarter. Wow. Leading Pebble Hills, 27 what a game. What a doubleheader out at the sack tonight. Uh, thank you so much for that, Alex. Hang on with us. We'll, we'll send it right back out to you to see what's going on here. Wow. What a defensive play there by the Mawwood Rams. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you know, if they hang on to this thing, we know who our defensive player of the night is. And, Easily. And uh, Alex didn't mention it there, but uh, don't forget to Harrelson also with a fumble recovery. So uh, three turnovers from uh, Cam the man.
That's exactly right. Hey, uh, Paul, let's ping back over uh, as we wait for uh, Alex over here. Let's ping back over to 25A, uh, the crazy district as we're talking playoff outlooks right now. Uh, in this district right now, we've got three teams that are tied and locked in for that first place spot. It's Burgess, Austin, and Andrus. This one is going per sources, based on point differential instead of coin flips in uh, this district right now. Paul, how does this one shake up? Man, I'm glad you heard that. That's that's news to me. Otherwise, I would have already worked out the point differentials. Austin handled Burgess pretty easily. That was at least a couple of scores, so let's just ballpark guess at that one. I have it somewhere, but I'm not going to dig it out, at least uh, not not live at the moment. So let's let's say that that was a 14-point game for Austin. We know that Burgess beat Andrus by just a point. That was 35-34, and Andrus handled Austin pretty easily as well. Yeah. Let's let's call that one a 14-point we're, we're guessing at the moment. So Andrews would have been plus 14 off the Austin win, and they would have lost a point on the Burgess loss, so Andrews would be plus 13. Burgess would have lost by 14, so they're minus 14, and they got one point on the Andrews uh, victory, so they would be minus 13. Austin beat Burgess by, let's say, 14, so they're plus 14, Andrus hammered Austin by 14 or more. They would be a net zero. So uh, going point differential, you would say Andrus comes out of that three-way. Assuming it finishes that way, they all win next week, finish 5-1. and one. Andrus would be the one seed. Then with the two remaining teams, Burgess and Austin, you would throw out the points and say, who beat who? And the answer to that would be, well, the Austin Panthers beat those Burgess Mustangs, of course, and Austin would be the two seed, and the Burgess Mustangs would be the three. I don't know how you did that in your head, but that was very impressive. Let's go yeah, right back. And probably all wrong. but <laughs> Let's go right back out to Alex out at the sack. Alex, take it away. 222 left in the fourth quarter. Montwood leading Pebble Hills 27-22 in the Pebble Hills defense with a big stop. First down play, Montwood would try to run. It would get stopped for a minus loss. Second play, Pebble Hills, or excuse me, Montwood tried to extend the field. They would throw a deep pass in the middle of the field looking for Diego Oaxaca. It would be broken up. And then on a third down play, they would run a jet sweep on a third down and 11. They would pick up about five yards on the play. So we have a timeout on the field. It's going to be a fourth down and six on the far hash for Montwood's own 42-yard line. Got to feel these, that there's going to be field position here. I don't know if Montwood is going to go for it as they're lining up. It looks like Melendez will come out of the shotgun. Uh, they're going to line up with four wide receivers. Montbar, Pebble Hills is not dropping anyone back. Could see a quick pooch kick here. Let's see what Melendez does. He'll slide the running back Juan Macias Zamora to the left side. Running down the play clock, it's at 16. And then Coach Fama leaves you once a timeout. Kind of a, wanted to see how they were going to line up there. So Coach Fama playing with a little bit of matchups here. 222 left in the fourth quarter. Montwood 27, Pebble Hills 22. Pebble Hills with one timeout left. Montwood just burned their second timeout. Scoreboards to change, so each team should have one timeout. Over the final 222 of this ballgame, and it's been Gael Ochoa, three straight drives, uh, ending in a touchdown run before the last one where they stopped. So Ochoa is at... 36 carries, 148 yards, two touchdowns, 5 of 13 passing, uh, three interceptions, five total turnovers for Montwood. So after the timeout, Montwood didn't really take the whole 30 seconds. They just ran out their punt team there. Not sure if it was a freeze play to get a fourth and short or just trying to see what Pebble Hills would do. So we'll have a punt as back to receive the punt for Pebble Hills is Robert Deal. He's in his own 25-yard line. This is a high punt. 
They're going to get away from it. It takes a Montwood bounce at the 35, rolls inside the 30, still rolling. Montwood players trying to fan the ball as it's still rolling inside the 25-yard line, and then it'll rest at the 24-yard line. 2.08 left here in the fourth quarter. Pebble Hills trailing Montwood 27-22. And for Gael Ochoa, he's been in this situation before. It takes me back a couple of weeks, uh, maybe a month ago, Paul McKinnon, on that Eastwood game where he throws an interception, stops the guy at the two-yard line, chases him down, and then the game-winning drive here. So even though it hasn't been a spot-clean game for Gael Ochoa, a chance for redemption here as he starts his drive at his own 29-yard line, 2.08 left in the ballgame. Pebble Hills with one timeout left, and Coach Mark Torres taking a little bit of extra time on the huddle here in the near side. They haven't blown the play, or they haven't wound the playcock yet. So some words of encouragement there for Mark Torres and his club as they come out with that single wing. It's to the right. That's Jacob Ledesma. Ochoa in the backfield by himself. Takes a snap. Five-step drop. He's going to bail. Scrambles to his left. Throws a bomb near side. Eric Marin's there. Oh, and he's tackled. That's an easy call for the official. Joseph Cepeda was there in coverage. And Cepeda surprised he didn't turn around and play the ball. Marin was behind him, but the throw was a little bit short. He could have just turned around, maybe even picked it and batted it down. But instead, he immediately grabbed Eric Marin, who was, like I said, just behind him by maybe a yard or two. So a P.I. on that one. Big, big break here for Pebble Hills. Wow, that is that is insane right there, and, and they're still in this. They're still in this, Paul. Yeah, the key, though, is this is high school football. This is not the NFL. It's not a spot foul. It doesn't matter if he threw a bomb. Pass interference is still 15 yards. You enjoy the 15 yards, but it's not 40. All right, back to you, Alex. I think I missed a flag in the backfield. We may have what appears to be a hold, so we could have offsetting penalties here. Didn't see it. It was done by the young Yes, we do have a holding on Pebble Hills and then a pass interference. So those will offset and will, re- will replay first down there. So both teams didn't, didn't see the flag, was looking at it downfield. But like I mentioned, Ochoa sort of bailed to his left, so I'm sure it happened as he was bailing to his left. And then he did a good job of noticing where he was at, right at the line of scrimmage he fired. He actually had space to maybe get seven close to the first down on the near side, but he decided to throw downfield. And nonetheless, it's first down and 10 for Pebble Hills. Marin in motion from left to right. Ochoa keeps it up the middle, gets the 25-yard line. Then he's tripped up to see if they're going to give him the 28, and they do. So a four-yard pickup there for Gael Ochoa on first down as we are under two minutes to go, 148 and running here in the fourth quarter. Montwood holding on to a 27-22 lead over Pebble Hills. Ochoa out of the shotgun, fakes the uh, read option on the jet sweep. Gets to the 30-yard line, then he stood up and brought back. Oh, who is that Montwood defender? That kid's been getting the weight room. That was uh, the kid that's had two interceptions this ball game. Devin Rojas. Wow. From his Another play. Linebacker stop. As there was space there for Ochoa, and this is going to bring up a third down and two, a very, very close to or a very short two-yard line or two-yard gain. As Ochoa keeps it near side, he's going to be wrapped up, maybe short of the first down. As that, again, that was uh, going to be uh, Cameron Harrelson, the safety who stepped up. They're going to actually give a minus one on that one. So here's the ball game here. Four down and about three from Pebble Hills' own 32-and-a-half-yard line. Surprised the official put it at the half mark here. Under a minute to go. Ball in the near hash. They bring a running back in the backfield. They fake it. Ochoa back to pass. Looking to throw. Has time. Scrambles to his right. Throws far side. And it's going to be complete. And out of bounds, just shy of the 45-yard line. And a big catch there 
for Brandon Sazenas of Pebble Hills, and that gives the Spartans a huge, huge first down and some breathing room there. And it's going to be a 13-yard pickup. They'll mark it at the 44-yard line. 12-yard pickup, excuse me. So first down and 10. Clock stops momentarily. 41 seconds left. Actually, the clock stopped because he got out of bounds there on the far side. Excuse me. So 41 seconds ball on the far hash at Pebble Hills' own 44-yard line. Wing to the left. Two receivers on each side of the formation. Receiver comes in motion. That's Torres. He's going to keep it. Does Ochoa get midfield? It's going to be brought down right at midfield. I thought he'd maybe give him the plus 49, but then they stop him at the 50-yard line, and immediately Mark Torres will call a timeout after that six-yard pickup by Gael Ochoa. 33 seconds left here in the ballgame. Montwood 27, Pebble Hills 22. Pebble Hills out of timeouts, gentlemen, so we're going to see them throw the ball. And like I mentioned, one of the biggest losses of this game, Jaleel Boss, one of their – Field stretchers, if you will, 23 catches, 449 yards, was out in the ball. He's out with an injury on a special teams play late in the second quarter. So decision time here for Mark Torres facing a second down and four. you got to take a couple of shots here, guys. And, and like I said, they really don't have anybody to stretch the field. We're going to be looking at Marcus Torres. We saw Diego Contreras on this one. Uh, decision time here for Mark Torres, guys. Wow, this is a huge one right here. And when you're making this kind of decision, game on the line, I love it. I love that we're talking about a game like this, Paul. Yeah, that's why high school football is just so much fun, and just just sports in general. This that's what makes you know movies. Uh, oh, oh, what a sweet ending! You can always. You don't have a clue what's going. You think you know, and a lot of times what you think is going to happen happens, but then it's nights like this where nothing happens like the, the way you think it's going to, and that's what makes sports so special. Back to Alex out here at the sack. Four, Ochoa back to pass, has plenty of time, throws on the middle field, has a receiver wide open. It's got Dennis again across the 30. They're going to give him the 29-yard line. That's a 32-yard pickup. Clock will stop. 26 seconds to go. It looks like Ochoa is running up to the line to clock it. He's going to take an under center snap, and then he cocks it first down and 10 Pebble Hills at the 28-yard line. Oh, man, Brandon Cardenas, two huge, huge guys. I can't emphasize that enough. A fourth down catch on the far sideline and gets out of bounds, and then he just gets in between the zone here. Looks like they were running maybe a covered Four, I believe, Couldn't, wasn't really paying attention to the coverage, but he just went right in the middle of that zone, and Ochoa delivered a strike. 7 of 15 passing, that's 105 yards. Ochoa has completed five out of his last six. First and 10 of his own, are the Bontwood 28-yard line. Ochoa, another bullet across the middle, right at the first down marker. It's caught, and is that Cardenas again? Yep, it is Cardenas again. They're going to mark it. Let's see the far side officials right at the first down marker, so he will give him a first down. 21 seconds to go. Ball at the 18-yard line, and Ochoa will clock it again. Let me update those last two passing completions there. So first, or second down, and 10-4. Pebble Hills at the 17-yard line is where they'll mark it. Ball on the far hash. 20 seconds left in the ball game. Montwood 27, Pebble Hills 20. Let's see if the Spartans have one last prayer in them. First and 10 on the far sideline. Should be second and 10, I believe. Uh, the box didn't change. Receiver comes in motion from right to left. Ochoa with a sprint out across his body. Throws. Has a receiver in the back of the end zone. Oh, it's tipped and broken up. Cameron Harrelson almost intercepted it. He, who Ochoa was looking for was uh, Eric Marin, who was in the back of the end zone. That was underthrown. He was in the corner of the near side end zone. Marin was wide open, but Ochoa throwing that sprint out was across his body, just couldn't get the air underneath it to get it to Marin in the back of the end zone. So 
going to need a check here. The box is second down and 10. The scoreboard has it right, I believe. It is third down and 10. The first down play was a, was a, where they clocked it. And I think maybe that's what Montwood's talking about. The coaches there on the sideline, we have a stoppage in play. And I think that may be the correction on that one. Because like I said, the scoreboard says third and 10. The box says second and 10. After, Montwood, after that completion to Cardenas to pick up the first down, they clocked it there, even though they really didn't have to because the clock stopped with the first down. So let's see. Now Ochoa is going to run over to the near sideline to get some instruction from Mark Torres. White hat kind of looking around, walking around, looking confused there in the middle of the field. Ten seconds left in the ballgame. Montwood 27, Pebble Hills 22. So they are not going to wind it. Ten seconds to go. Ochoa out of the shotgun from his own seven or from the Montwood 17. Scroll rolls, throws to the end zone. It's caught. It's caught. Touchdown, Pebble Hills. Wow. Marcus from 17 yards out. Guy L. Ochoa with the late night magic. Four seconds left. Pebble Hills 28. Montwood 27. Oh, my gentlemen. Mr. Paul McKinnon, we have a last second at the buzzer victory by the Pebble Hill Spartans. And do you go for two or do you even bother try to kick it? Because if you kick it. That's what they're doing. Mount Pebble Hills is going crazy, but Mark Torres is trying to wrangle his troops here. You've got to go for two here. Still four seconds left. So they will line up for the conversion here. Wow, what a throw. Ochoa, you, you saw that route. It, it was sort of a backyard play. Torres extended his his route in towards the end zone for that catch. What a beautiful catch. It's a two-point conversion. It's going to be a sprint out to the right. Ochoa's going to keep it, throws, and it's going to be caught on the far side. And you can put two more on the board. And why not? Brandon Cardenas, who had two huge catches on that drive, Puts Pebble Hills up 30 to 27. Four seconds to go. Montwood has two timeouts left. What a comeback by the Pebble Hills Spartans, who at one point in this game were down 24 nothing with 414 left in the third quarter. Wow, guys, what a finish here. And we still have four seconds left. And it's what we talked about, Adrian. You never know what's going to happen in a game. Brandon Cardenas. The guy on the drive coming into this contest, five catches on the season for 98 yards. I think he got those five catches just on that last drive. Man. And some incredibly clutch ones. When Pebble Hills came back against Eastwood about a month ago, it was on the ground, ground and pound and stuff it in. They didn't have time for that tonight. A totally different way. There's just something about these guys. They find a way to win. Good for them, and they're still young. That's the scary part. Mawood led 17 to nothing at the half. They built on that lead with a 24 nothing. Uh, it was a you know, they, they had a 24. I believe it was 24. 24 nothing. zip. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So mm-hmm. and then Pebble Hills marches back. And they beat them. At least is what we're seeing right now. Four seconds left, pending, uh, barring any disaster right here. Let's go back to Alex to see how this one wraps up. Here comes the ensuing kickoff. It's a dribbling kick. It's fumbled at the 30, and then the up back is able to fall on it. Uh, They didn't run any time off the clock there. Lucky for Montwood as they kicked it right at one of the up backs there, trying to get his number here. Somebody's blocking him there as that was actually been calling his name all night, Devin Rojas, 
with the recovery. So it's at his own 28-yard line, four seconds to go. Montwood still has two timeouts left, but four seconds to go. This is going to be the last play of the game. Maybe a hook and ladder, maybe a reverse. We're going to see Coach Fama maybe pull out all the stops here. And Mark Torres is seeing what I'm seeing. They didn't run a second off of that clock. Like I mentioned, they kicked it to Rojas, who fumbled it at first, didn't field it cleanly, and then fell on it. And there we go. The official's going to clear that up. So they're going to take two seconds off the clock, rightfully so there. So two seconds left. Pebble Hills 30, Montwood 27. One last gasp of air here for Montwood, trying to play spoiler here in the sack. Five defensive backs, excuse me, four defensive backs are way back here for Pebble Hills, and Montwood's going to call a timeout. Two seconds left here in the ballgame. Pebble Hills 30, Montwood 27. I mean, are we going to bet on that? Well, I don't know if we could bet on high school football, guys, but I mean, <laughs> what, what, what's, your, what's your play call here, Paul? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for maybe some trickery on this. No, yeah, yeah, it's the one with all the laterals, and you just keep lateraling it until you get tackled and they take you to the ground and you just lateral it anyway. When you've heard of Cal Stanford, what if we have a Montwood Pebble Hill, something I'll never forget, but I know that was on a kickoff, so a little bit different scenario. A little bit. Two two seconds to go. Montwood will have it at their own 28-yard line. Both teams huddle on their respective sideline. Pebble Hills, if you're a Franklin fan, you're on edge right now to be able to see how what next week is going to lead as Pebble Hills trying to hold on to it. Now they'll – Montwood War, excuse me, Pebble Hills will put five defensive backs uh, back deep inside the inside their own 30-yard line here. Montwood still huddling on the far sideline. See what the Rams bring out here. Kevin Melendez on the evening, 11, seven, 11 of 17 passing, 124 yards, 292 total yards for Montwood, 397 for uh, Pebble Hills, who had just about, I think, a buck 20 at halftime. So major adjustments, like I mentioned, uh, that needed to be happening. So here we go. Trips to the near side. Melendez out of the shotgun. Back to throw. Throws left, and it's going to be errant pass, and it's going to be incomplete behind his receiver. Time runs out. That is the ball. There it is. Pebble Hills has defeated Montwood 30-27. to Quick stat rundown for you guys here. Gael Ochoa, 40 carries, 160 yards, 161 yards, two touchdowns, unofficially passing 9 of 19, 140 yards. He started the game 2 of 7 for 7 yards in this ballgame, and he would go on with a hot finish. And, again, that touchdown pass to Marcus Torres from 17 yards out. Pebble Hill, 397 total yards of offense. They ran 80 plays to just 50 for Montwood and Pebble Hill survives. They improved to six and three on the season, five and one overall, and they will set up a de facto, I guess you could say, district title matchup to see if they can share that district title with Franklin, who has currently has the upper hand on that share. So all final from the sack. Texas high school football after dark, gentlemen, and it's Pebble Hills <laughs> knocking off Montwood thirty to twenty seven. I love it. Wow. Great job there, Alex. Great stuff out there at the sack. That's how we're going to wrap things up, Paul. What a come-from-behind victory by the Pebble Hill Spartans. Yeah, crazy night. So much for, for protecting your quarterback, right? Did I hear right? Gallo Ochoa, 40 carries. I'm not sure I've heard that before. A quarterback with 40 carries. And Ochoa's not a, not a big guy. I mean, he's tall, but he's not big. 
Yeah, I know you're exactly right. Hey, before we wrap things up, let's go over next, next week. week. You betcha. Uh, yeah, we have to, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what we get paid to do. Uh, let's check it out. It's America's taking on Eastwood. That should be a very interesting game next week. Playoff elimination game in 1-6-A. El Dorado taking on Bel Air. Not a lot of playoff hopes right there, although both teams already uh, you know, de facto making it into the playoffs. I'm trying to avoid Tascosa. That's what they had to call that one. Pebble Hills Franklin. It's for the district title in 1-6-A. Yeah. Our, our, our week 11 just got a little bit better. I mean, selfishly, I appreciate the effort from Montwood. They could have just mailed it in. But as far as uh, what's good for us and our listeners, Pebble Hills Franklin for the district title next week. And, of course, Eastlake in that picture as well. Hoping and praying for a three-way tie if Pebble Hills can pull off another miracle. How about Delvi Chapin? What about it, man? That's going to be a fantastic one. Uh, I'll, I'll take Delvi. You want Chapin? I'll take Chapin. I'll Attaboy. stay on the standard for a train. Okay. Uh, Canitio Horizon. That's another big game that's next week. Jaime Chavez will be out at that one. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I like Candy T. I like him a lot, but boy, Horizon's been hot. I'll take Candy T on that one. Jefferson Andrus, Jeremy Caranco will be out at that one. Uh, and, uh, the way that things are going right now, I think Andrus still, uh, you know, after hanging 70-plus p- points today against uh, at, you know, El Paso High, it's going to be tough for Jefferson. And Jeremiah Cooper back on the field. A couple of pick sixes tonight. It seems like that was about eight years ago, but it really was uh, tonight, the same night couple other games. El Paso Burgess, Bowie Austin. Those are a couple other games that we'll be covering next week. J.D. Sursley out at Burgess, El Paso, and Joey Panisi out at Bowie Austin. Yeah, and uh, remember that all four of the uh, teams in 2-5A have been set. What place they're in hasn't been decided, but Andrews, Burgess, Austin, and those Jefferson Silver Foxes for the first time in in a few years. Those are going to be your four playoff teams. So, Paul, as we wrap things up here on the show, any uh, highlight players for tonight that you want to mention? Oh, wow. Well, how about about that Montwood safety who made play after play, uh, Cam Harrelson, couple of interceptions, a 29 interception return for a score. I believe there was a fumble recovery in there as well. A huge interception. The problem is his team didn't get the win. Yep. It was those dang Pebble Hills Spartans. Let's run down the final scoreboard one last time, uh, get you the final scores across town. Uh, again, Franklin beats America's 25-21. Horizon with a 54-14 victory over Hanks. Riverside and Narcisco Mover Game of the Week. They beat out a Clint 42-7. Andrus with a 72-8 victory over El Paso. Burgess defeating Irvin 54-20. Eastwood top in Coronado 41-19. And how about Parkland beating out Isleta 49-8. Austin beating out uh, Jefferson 42-19. Del Valle with a 42-7 victory over Bel Air. Mountain View taking it on to San Elizario. 55-14 is the final for that game, and we just got it. It, it was Alex Nicholas with the call. It is a final. Pebble Hills defeating Montwood 30-27. to That's how we're going to wrap things up here for Football Friday Night. For Paul McKinnon, Angel Munoz, our producer, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long, and thanks so much for listening to Football Friday Night, only on 600 ESPN El Paso.